Survivor 41 is right around the corner, and it's a great time to become a patron of Rob Has a Podcast because in addition to supporting all of the great reality TV content that we are creating, you'll get access to our patron podcast feed, which includes the brand new Survivor 41 patron Q&A, a brand new weekly show where you can call in and ask your questions to me and guests as we talk through everything in the Survivor 41 uh, preseason and regular season, just one of the many shows in our patron podcast feed. Get it all and access to our patron community at robhasawebsite.com slash patron. That's robhasawebsite.com slash patron. Coming to you live from my spy shack, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now here's the guy that you could just call Chaos Sesternino. I am uh, Rob Sesternino. Welcome back to the top 40 all-time rankings of Survivor. And today... We're talking about season number two. That would be Survivor Kagiyan, Survivor season 28. And I'm very excited to talk about a season that was huge. We needed it. And we've got a great panel here with us today. Of course, uh, first, uh, let me bring in a man who is uh, making his third appearance here on the all-time top 40 rankings. Of course, you could hear him talk about uh, the uh, Masked Singer you know him as uh, Mr. 90 Day Fiance, star of uh, Puya Fridays. Here he is. Don't call him Wooya. It's Puya Zavakili. Puya, how are you? I am doing delightful, Rob. Thank you so much for having me here. Getting to talk about the second best season here, as voted by you, of course, the audience. I'm very stoked, Rob. I'm stoked, and I got to thank you up front for... Um, getting me to watch another Survivor season right before the new season 41 starts because I feel like I'm rekindled. I'm ready. Ooh. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. I'm feeling it all. I'm very happy to be here. Okay. All right. We are excited to have you back here, and we have another great member here on the panel, of course, that uh, I don't know uh, what he's doing uh, slumming it here with us to talk about uh, Survivor Kagiyan. Of course, uh, this is really going to be the antithesis of his uh, chosen format, uh, which is uh, TikTok. Please welcome uh, Survivor Superfan and a Washington Post TikTok guy, Dave Jorgensen. Dave, Hello. how are you? I'm great. This is an upgrade from my TikTok slum. This is this is the slum I want to be in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, a TikTok is an audio first app in a way. That's what someone said to me once. So, you know, this is not that different. This is just, uh, you know, this will so, just that's get true. Yeah, uh, I'm going to prove my my audio, uh, whatever that is on this <laughs> clearly it needs a lot of work for TikTok. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to be more than a pretty face. I got to start practicing for five hours at a time with you all. OK, Dave, uh, for the uninitiated, uh, could you give us a little bit of your background? Sure. Uh, well, first and foremost, I am a huge Survivor fan way before I was making TikToks for the Washington Post. Uh, and I'm a, I'm a, like a day one RHAP fan, I should, like 2010. Uh, this is technically my you second appearance. Yes, I'm the very first. That was me. That was the guy. I was the one emailing you. Um, my first actual appearance on this, technically speaking, was a voicemail. I called in and like, this is like 2013. And I said to you, uh, something along the lines of what if they started editing Survivor like they do Lost and there's flashbacks and flash forwards. And then they started doing that. So I think we, uh, you and I, Rob, can take full credit for, for the little flashback editing they started doing. Let's um, do it. 
Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You're welcome listeners. Uh, so yeah. And I, uh, I live in DC and I've, I've been making Washington post TikToks for the last couple of years. And that's been my, uh, I guess recent claim to fame. Uh, I wrote a TikTok book. I know that I heard Mike mention that in the last podcast, yes. Mike, Yes, Mike the Pirate. Uh, uh, actually, no, he was back to his normal self by then. But mm-hmm. uh, I prefer I prefer Mike yeah. Blue the Pirate for sure. Uh, and yeah, it's uh, just a big time Survivor fan, and all the TikTok stuff comes second. This is where I want to be. This is everything led to this moment. Yes, Dave. Let me go back into my archives here. That uh, so I have uh, a email for uh, a voicemail from Dust in the Wind, Dave from Kansas City. Is that you? That could be. I let me see if it's a voicemail. That'd be wild. Hey, Rob, this is Dave, otherwise known as Dust in the Wind in the Stealth R Us Alliance. Um, up until this week, you know, we didn't really see much of Brenda. We now know that she has uh, remarkable snorkeling skills. Other than that, she's been very quiet, as you know. I was wondering if you think the producers or editors would ever consider actually editing out everything she's doing and then show us in a series of flashbacks that she yeah. actually has been working behind the scenes the whole time. Uh, the best way to compare it is Lost Season 2 when Michael just comes in suddenly and shoots on Lucia and Libby. And then the next episode we see all the flashbacks which led him to do this. Mm-hmm. Do you think even with Brenda or just in general, the editors and producers would ever consider doing something like that? Where she's doing some behind the scenes and we find out later on what she's doing? Uh, thanks to love your show. Bye. Yeah. This is, yeah, this is that was great. That's wild. Why did I say dust? Did you did you say call in with your stealth arrest name? I hope that's why. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> this is I my Kellen moment where I'm like, that. Uh, what was I doing? You, you invented that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, all right, Dave, uh, we have the backstory on, on Survivor. Uh, how did you get into uh, creating uh, TikToks for the Washington Post? Uh, it, you know, I got really lucky in, in one sense in that. Basically, like early, early 2019, I found TikTok and this is it's hard to believe this now, but at the time, no one knew what TikTok was. Now it's very, you know, in the back of your head. But I said, this app has a billion downloads already. And I was already working at the post. And I said, I really think what I'm doing right now, which is making YouTube videos that get 800 views, uh, I could put that into TikTok and get uh, Mm -hmm. a much wider audience. And that was like instantly true. So luck and a little bit of, uh, I guess, hustle, but uh, it ended up working out and you know, over two years later now, we have a million followers and uh, there's a bunch of other newspapers on TikTok now. Um, I like to th- think that we're the best ones still. But, uh, you know, it's it's I, I have credit this to you, Rob, before in terms of just uh, the hustle aspect of like no one had a Survivor podcast. Then you just you filled that gap and a lot of people followed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was that was a lot in the back of my head as well when I was doing this, which is, you know, this is here. We might as well do it. There's an audience for it. So uh, that that's kind of how that came to be. Okay. Uh, well, that's a great, great story. I'd love to uh, pick your brain a little bit more. Uh, what yeah. another time when we don't have uh, you know hours and hours of Survivor Kagi on to get yeah, Tyson does all the time. Yeah, <laughs> messages course. me. Does this work? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we will be uh, back, uh, I believe, on Wednesday with our Survivor Kagi on uh, feedback show. Hope you can uh, join us then in the Patreon podcast feed. Of course, that uh, we will get to some questions here tonight, but sometimes uh, it's hours and hours into these podcasts so we will uh, reconvene in our patron uh, podcast feed at robinsonwebsite.com slash patron for our patron feedback show coming up on Wednesday we'll also have our Survivor Q&A podcast Puya joined me last week for uh, the maiden voyage I will be back with Matt Scott for week two of the patron Q&A talking all about uh, Survivor 41 Dave you pumped up for Survivor 41 
I am excited. Uh, I'm, I'm really pumped. I have a lot of things to say about the, the, the shortened monster. days and, and the news today. <laughs> the monster. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited overall. I mean, it's been it'll it'll have been, what, 15 months. So we're ready. OK, well, the last time we saw Survivor in action uh, it was Tony Vlachos running around an island like a crazy <laughs> man. So uh, that's a good segue to get to this conversation. But yeah, had you gone back and ever watched Survivor Kageon uh since its original airing? Yes, yes. So any so with Kageon, it's a very unique place for me to be because um the first time I watched it, I was watching it to catch up with and then watch the finale live. So that is around when my whole love for all of this was built. Because I watched the finale of Kageon and then I was looking for content to listen to about this. Then I found you. Mm-hmm. Then from there on, I've watched every season live. But when it comes to the seasons between 27 and like 31 with Cambodia, I've watched those like five seasons multiple times, multiple, multiple times. So Cam- Kakion is almost like second nature. I just had to get a little refresher before this podcast. So definitely I have put some dents into it. Dave, do you have a real strong connection to Kagian? It's definitely my favorite season. What's interesting about it was this was probably, I mean, it is. It was the first time I rewatched the whole thing all the way through since the original viewing. But I think it's the peak of my Survivor fandom. I really remember that it was like I was watching it, then I was listening to know-it-alls, then I was going to the secret scenes, and then I was going mm-hmm. on the subreddit. I was doing like putting in like six hours a week of just... <laughs> Not survivor everything. So I think that was the peak of everything there. So that I have that sort of shiny feel about it. But on the rewatch, it, for me, it held up. I, I think for me, it's, you know, Jeff even says it in the live reunion show, which, you know, he, he says a lot of things. But I think this was true, that it's one of the best casts uh, in terms of it just kind of seemed to mesh together. And for me, I think it's because I watched it so avidly but i think every person is memorable in a way and i don't think you get that with a lot of seasons so that that to me is my survivor kagan i just think it's the best season in terms of casting and end result yeah it is a really great season and of course um it was one of those seasons chosen uh by survivor or the powers that be to be on netflix Uh, and i think that certainly helped the uh raise the popularity puya yeah, one of two seasons on Netflix, the only non-returning season on Netflix. And I mean it wasn't it, you can it's very easy to see why. Right? It's very easy to see why and when, there's a reason why when a lot of people um are asked the question, "Hey, I know someone who's trying to get into Survivor, what season should I show them?" More more people will tell you to show them 28 than anything because some of the other seasons that might be highly regarded, you need a lot more history to know um, who's playing, what's going on with the backstories. Mm-hmm. You can just jump right into episode one of this and be captivated, and then that'll push you to go through the whole journey like the rest of us have. Yeah, and I did uh, convince my son, who is going to be eight this month, to uh, get on board and watch this season. He's been watching Big Brother uh, this summer. He's very into it. I said, hey, come on, uh, let's just watch some of this Survivor. And we were uh, watching along, and... He was uh, very, very, very much into it. And he said, Dad, when this is over, can we watch all the Survivor seasons? I'm like, are you kidding me? I just watched them. But it finally happened. I feel like that's got to be like 
in your world, that's the best thing your kid can no, say. Uh, sure, poor, but I'm 39 times. seasons into watching all the seasons. <laughs> it's a double-edged sword for you by the sounds of it. <laughs> I really don't want to start back at one. All, all right. right. Island of the Idols. Put it in. Back to Island of the Idols. <laughs> start it over again. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, iconic season uh dave was it different for you going back and watching tony after now we've seen him win the second time yeah you know i couldn't quite put a finger on it i think it's it's really hard to remember what it was like watching it the first time and i think you know just the coverage of tony since understandably is like this guy's chaotic and and we just kind of accepted that his gameplay works and you know it worked twice but it's like i tried to put myself back in the position of watching it for the first time and week to week going there's no way everything he does is just, he's going to self implode. Um, I, I remember like after rewatching now, I was like, Oh, I really thought LJ was going to win the whole time until he was voted out. That's what I really remember. Yeah. I was positive. I was looking and and this is something I do. uh, And I know you all do, but I do it more than I should is just reading the edit. And Mm -hmm. I think partially it's because all I do is edit video. So I just, I see everything. Um, Jamal, when he was on, he was talking to you about like those close-ups they do at tribal council that that that's all in this season. They do a lot of that this season. Whenever people are reacting to, especially things cast say, they make cast to be quite the villain. When I and I'm not entirely sure that she was perceived that way the whole time. So uh, anyway, that was a rambling answer. But uh, I think you know I like Tony just as much. That's the basic thing. And I, I think you just like him the more you get to know him. You never feel like he never really sours on you. So watching Tony win here after watching him win in Survivor Winners at War, I did feel like I had a little bit of a different reaction to Tony Kagi on Tony. And it's almost like uh, the opposite of Sandra. I felt like it was a little less special watching Tony win the first time because it seemed like it was such a miracle. That it was, uh, I've called Tony Vlachos a unicorn so many times. Mm -hmm. I was like, this was a million to one shot. How did this this happen? But the fact that he did it a second time to me, almost, uh, I feel like that took something away from watching it this time. Well, yeah, it's one of those things where when the least likely thing to happen happens, and you're like, that should have never happened. That had no business happening. It's well worth going back again and again and again and just seeing that play out. But then when it happens again and it happens amongst a probably stronger cast, then you're like, okay, maybe maybe this wasn't as unique. This wasn't as much of a unicorn. I think it's still a unicorn game, especially I would say you look at that first game and uh, in the rewatch it was like, it was a lot more sloppy than I might have remembered, mm-hmm. but it still it still has happened twice. And the only other person that has had that result is Sandra. So it does put them on another level than everyone else. And it does take that unicornness away from it just a little bit. What do you think, Dave? Am I being a negative Nalia here? You are, but I understand why. <laughs> I don't I don't like I, I just think it's so hard to to really erase your memory and rewatch it with, you know, like if if somehow we were able to erase your memory right now and maybe erase your memory when it was at war and say, this is season 41 and you were to go and watch it. Mm-hmm. I think you would still have the same reaction to being complete awe and mm-hmm. shock. And it, you would still say it's a million to one. I think all that would happen. And I think what really the exclamation point on that for the season is really when he convinces Wu to take him. I mean, it's just, 
that I think even on the rewatch, you have to go, how is this happening? I mean, you get, especially sure. on the rewatch, you see that point in the beginning of the, of right after they voted out um, Spencer, uh, he, he says, I'd be an idiot. Like I would, he says it right to Cass and he says, how stupid would it be if I took Tony? And then he takes him 24 hours later. So um, it's just, I think you have to somehow erase your memory a little bit to kind of believe it because not even since, except for when he played again, have we seen someone so chaotic and with such a, a weird edit where mm-hmm. you, he really kind of got the, the sort of like, this guy's a little bit nuts. I mean, I think maybe the closest thing is Adam in a way, mm-hmm. but we, even then, like you don't really get the same, like, Oh, there's no way he's going to win. Mm-hmm. And he plays uh, such a better game the second time around. I wonder yeah. if it's like, because he played a perfect game the second time he played, like, uh, do you really see like the rough edges more this time around? I wonder if he kind of it's what's the saying where you you play to the your competition. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a little bit of that where he his competition. Not to say that you know Spencer and Cass and that they weren't really they were good, but I think he played to that level. Whereas a bunch of gets gets a bunch of winners, he played to that level. That's how I felt watching it. That he was just adjusting, and it, it certainly helped that game changers happen. And, and I know you've said this in the past, but like I don't think he wins winners at war without yeah. just just it's tanking the there. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, another thing that I felt like that uh, I, I didn't necessarily love on the rewatch here was the Tyler Perry idol. Of course, Tyler Perry is going to make his appearance uh, back on the show at the finale or on the show uh, at the finale. And so uh, Tony has the Tyler Perry idol and it's fine. Uh, you know, it doesn't really play a factor up until the point when the idol expires and I really feel like that um, I don't like how the show handled Tony being able to use the idol at the final four to make it to the next round. I, I do feel like, and if anybody hasn't watched the season recently, Tony's idol expires at the final five. He doesn't use it. He has a real idol and the super idol, and he doesn't use the super idol. He plays his idol for himself at the final five. And then at the final four, he tells everybody, Okay, look, I've got the idol. The last night is going to uh, that, uh, so you you can't vote me out. And so he is able to then, uh, you know, they vote for Spencer, and then he reveals uh, like, uh, actually, the, the idol is a uh, null and void. I cannot use it. You know, if you vote for me, I'm going to go home tonight. And then he ends up uh, moving moving on to the next round. But I really feel like that. This seems like using uh, a loophole of production to be able to like like. That they should be able to ask production, like, hey, what round do the idols expire? Right. Well, and I think this is your your summer of Big Brother watching coming out where you're like, yeah, you can't use production as a strategy. Stop this. Mm-hmm. It's no good. I mean, that's the thing, right, is that I think um, we've talked about this before. I've definitely thought about this where if they lay out some of these facts out of the season this is the structure the idols will go all the way to final five and that's it that might add a layer to it because i mean ultimately um tony was able to hide behind this for no reason and make it through but also he was able to the credit where credit is due he was able to convince a student of the game that this was mm-hmm. what was happening and hey spencer ate it he was like yeah okay cool it's, it's a, you're at final three now that's fine i do think and in watching this, maybe I just thought I, I felt this, but because they realized it was final two, I think that helped put validity to it being a final four idol working because 
there's still one round before the final tribal. And then once they realized, oh, most likely it's a final two, I feel like that gave it credibility even, which is wild to think about. Dave, the thing that does save it for me is what you mentioned about uh, Tony then convincing Wu to take him to the final two. So it's not like uh, some of the earlier seasons where, you know, uh, like uh, Terry and and Yule never have to uh, play their idol. Um, That Tony does have to like then make it through a round. Yeah, uh, to draw a weird comparison here, it's sort of like Chris in Edge of Extinction and that he does everything right in those last three votes to convince me as a viewer. Okay. I think he deserves it. Well, me, not other viewers, but me. Um, the, the one thing though, I would say um, that, and this might be a little bit galaxy brain, but I feel like if you can lie about the, what the clue says on the super, or what the super idol says, then production can also work against you. Meaning if I'm Spencer and I go, okay, this is what Tony's telling me. I should be able to ask Jeff Probst to tribal council. Hey, does his idol work until the final four? I feel like, if Tony can do that, then you should be able to use Jeff against him in mm-hmm. that moment. That might be a little bit. I, I don't know if that's like a hot take, but I, I just think there has to be some balance to no, be I able agree. to do that. Okay. Um, all right. But uh, enough with my complaints here about the season. Let's talk about what's uh, great about the season. Uh, the brains versus beauty versus Braun. I'm not sure if that's the right order that you're supposed to say them in. But Puya, I feel like that the three tribe uh, format here of the branded three tribes, it works so well here. Survivor's going to chase this now for like the next five years also. It worked so well that they decided we need to find a new sequel for this and they've not been able to hit gold again the way they did with this. I thought this was a great uh, theme for the season. I think that's another reason why it's very easy for newcomers to jump in. You can tell what the divides are the minute they tell you Brain Braum Beauty. You're like, okay, cool. If this was a new season for someone and you're hearing heroes, healers, hustlers, you're like, what does this mean? Uh, What's a hustler? You're like, just you wait. There's also a season with collars, white collar, no collar, blue collar. So... This is the best recipe for the three tribe uh, themed format, I do think. Yeah, Dave, uh, how fun was uh, brains versus beauty versus brawn? I I love it. I, I I'm curious about. I, I like. Uh, is it South Africa or an Australian Survivor? The, whoever's doing brawn versus brains, I feel like. Australia, yeah, yeah, I think that is the. I think that's a little better. The beauty just gets. I mean, it's fine, and I appreciate that. Morgan kind of owns it. Like, that's cool. But I just feel like they're all kind of beautiful people. That's why you cast them. So mm-hmm. why not just make it right. Ron versus brain? I'd rather simplify it to that. But for this purpose, I think it, it works really well, especially in my view. If it, there's going to be a theme, I feel like if it's kind of dead by the merge, then that's great. And that's kind of what happened here. You didn't really hear a lot of people talking about it after the merge. Yeah. And the tribe divisions work so well. And, you know, it's interesting for the viewers. And then also, I do think uh, we get a lot of like organic story out of uh, like how the three tribes operate, even after they are swapped into other tribes. Yeah, I do agree. And I think that the interesting part of it with this season, too, was that there, it wasn't three tribes that stuck with each other the whole way through. Because of the divides within the tribes, it made it so that the divisions added more layers to it, more interesting stuff to it. I feel like 
The Brains made it pretty far when you think about it, the remaining three. But at no point were they really like, okay, the Brains tribe is going to stick together. That wasn't a part of it. In, and like the th- other thing I like about this, um, these tribe divisions is that it's like, okay, so they're all the Brains. Who's the smartest of the Brains? They're all the bronze. Who's the brawniest? And then with Beauty, it's like, who is the most underrated? Who is the most, un? you know, because I think with Beauty to what Dave is saying, it kind of makes them seem one dimensional. Whereas with the other two, you know what skills they have to like win the game or make an impact that's pretty on the surface. But with Beauty, it's like, okay, who's underestimated? Who's actually smart? Who's actually brawny? So that does add more intrigue for me as well. The cast is also uh, that uh, I think it was Dave who mentioned uh, really on point, uh, really strong cast. Uh, I was going to say maybe a little, maybe a little uh, uh, top heavy. I think that we had some uh, like a few people like uh, uh, like specifically, I think uh, I'm not sure everybody on the beauty tribe uh, landed. Yeah, I they didn't mesh the same way. They weren't as um, I mean, the brain, it just you get the story. It's a disaster. And that's like clear from the beginning. So you, you mm-hmm. follow that you track it. Braun is, is I mean, they even kind of play into it themselves. We're like, well, we're going to work hard and that's what we do. <laughs> Great mm-hmm. uh, beauty. It's kind of OK. I get the gimmick on day one. They're all pretty and they know it. And then that's it. There's nothing like maybe that's the point, but there's just nothing else after that. And I feel like when we get to the, the Bryce boot episode, I mean, you don't even see Bryce talk until two thirds into the episode and then he's great, but I'm just left thinking, well, where was that? Why didn't we see more of that dynamic? Um, mm-hmm. So I, I just felt like you don't really have as much understanding of them until yeah. the merge, basically. And it's not like uh, Bryce isn't great. So I don't know uh, exactly why, uh, yeah. why they uh, uh, d- didn't lean on him more. Of course, uh, you know, hearing, Oofed. you know, uh, so much about Bryce's experience over the years uh, from the Purple Pants podcast. Definitely like I'm uh, it's it's hard for me to not be angry also at this beauty tribe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very much so. No, Bryce is incredible. We already knew this, but we'll say it again so that everyone else knows that we mean it. Mm-hmm. No, seriously, I think that honestly, and I do think, Rob, with regards to the cast, beauty being in the worst of the three spots for memorability, I think it has to do with the storylines. Where obviously Brain was just on TV because they yeah. stayed getting in trouble, right? So they had to be on TV with Braun. Not only does the eventual winner and runner-up come from that tribe, but also you have R.I.P. Cliff Robinson. He's a basketball player, so he's automatically remembered. And then Sarah calling out Tony's occupation becomes such a main part of the story that, of course, you're going to remember that as well. But then with Beauty, they really focused on Morgan a lot and... LJ, and then they started yeah. us off with the whole LJ, you know, hot versus cute. And that kind of became the driver there, which kind of meant everyone else kind of got yada yada at the beginning here. Morgan gave them such good television. From the oh, beginning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for the, and I, I did, I don't know, I think someone in production must have said the word conceded to her because she, you got to do a, a like a, a montage or whatever. She said conceded about seven times and it would always start with, I don't want to be conceded, but now it's like, here it comes. Whatever you're going to say, <laughs> I can't wait. Yeah. 
And, uh, I mean, she has some great lines. I think that uh, Heidi from Survivor the Amazon would blush at some of the things that Morgan says in this season about how, you know, uh, Cass doesn't like me because she's ugly. And and she gets asked at, like, one point, like, uh, would you rather be, uh, like, if somebody would rather be cute or ugly, like, uh, they'd rather be cute. Come on. Not not true. I mean, you know, there's a there's a subreddit called technically the truth and that lives there. That's I, I yeah. guess. I mean, but, uh, you know, Morgan just gave them gold all season long. Yeah. It, you know what I thought was strange? And I remember this in the real time, too, that uh, maybe it doesn't matter at all. But I, I feel like there's a perfect scene where Tasha could be like. I was an NFL cheerleader too. Like, and that's in her bio that she was an ex Rams mm-hmm. cheerleader. I was waiting for the moment where I just felt like Tasha was the person to confront Morgan. I don't know why I have that in my head. Maybe it's just the cheerleader aspect, but I just, every time Morgan spoke, they would, they would often cut to Tasha just kind of like this. And I was like, just say something. I want to see this conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Chaos cast, Puyo. Uh, we haven't talked uh, too much about her uh, just yet. Uh, she is a force in this season. Oh, yeah. So good that she gets brought back a second time. Sure. No, Chaos Cast was, I mean, we talk about Tony being the unicorn. How did every week, how did Tony get further? How did Tony, how did Cast survive that entire pre, pre-merge? How did Cast survive the merge vote? How does Cast survive the vote after? That was also amazing to watch as we went along. And then the feud with Tony Second to none. Great stuff there. Uh, she just never backed down from any argument. And it was pretty wild in this rewatch. It really reminded me just how blunt she was for no reason. She'd be like, yeah, so you're on my short list tonight. Like, why? Why are you saying this? I don't understand why you're doing this. It was very compelling to watch. I, I have a cast hot take that uh, will probably be in conflict with what you said, Puya. I, I think... On the rewatch, and I, I just love Cass, so maybe there's, I'm certain there's bias in here, but I felt like the only really, really bad move she made was when she went after Tony when he wasn't really talking about her and she just made a whole mm. meal out of it. And like, oh, and right. obviously. So, so that's, I, I think, is, is that at the final six or the final seven? There's a morning where like Tony is like telling Spencer like all of his mm-hmm. cop stories and uh, Cass is like, you hear that? He's talking about me. Yeah. Nice. And, and again, to Tasha, every time this happens, Tasha goes, yeah, man, it's bad. And Tasha just has to nod her head and encourage it. Uh, but I, I think that to Cass's, I, again, I, I think this was, that was terrible how she blew up on him. But then I think once she realized that Tony was going, blowing up, she just kind of let it happen. And I, so I, I don't know. I, I think I just really like Cass. I might be a Cass apologist, but I just really liked how anytime someone just was starting to get mad, she just kind of, blew on the flames a little bit and let them keep going. That's why Spencer and her are like one of the all-time pairs on Survivor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, She has a confessional at one point in the season where she talks about how uh, she uh, says that she loves uh, the ambush. Uh, She's, she's all about the ambush. Uh, She says, uh, I do it in the courtroom too. I do trial by ambush as well. It's not a recommended uh, strategy, but, but I do it. Puya, uh, could you imagine uh, the trial by ambush? Like, uh, Your Honor, I'd, I'd like to call uh, the defendant's ex-wife to the stand. Come on out. <laughs> yeah, I feel like nothing will get me worse than me getting surprised and then stumbling over everything. Because I'm someone who I need to mentally prepare. I need to pick the pieces up. I need to, you know, come in with like the mental of, like, okay, I'm ready. Mentally, I'm ready. I'm here to go. She would get me every time with the ambush. Mm-hmm. So I kind of understand the whole 
just come up like, yes, I'm thinking your name tonight. If it works, if the ambush works, you've got the other side completely at a loss and they're going to scramble and you kind of get to walk away. They might resent you for doing that to them, but, you know, you, your job is done. Yeah. Right, cool. Yeah. It's not good jury management. Like, I, I think that's kind of what and I and I agree. But again, me as a viewer and I think I'd like to think. I don't know why I'd like to think this, but I feel like I would enjoy Cass on the island. I don't know if I'd have an alliance with her, but I would I would get a good laugh out of her antics for sure. I mean, I always enjoy Cass on the podcast. I think that uh, she uh, on the show tends to like uh, she will like a uh, Tony like uh, says at one point, he's like, uh, look at her. She's sitting there. She's got the same look on her face. You never know what she's thinking. Uh, and she will be like uh, just just like, uh, yeah. So uh, what are you going to do about it? And and then she, like the, the person on the other end of the conversation will be just like screaming like, uh, no, you don't understand. Why? What am I doing? I'm not doing anything. Not doing it. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Like, no, that's what she does. <laughs> it's so good. I, mm-hmm. I just, yeah. Yeah. I have, I have no complaints. Yeah. Uh, Tony is going to get into it with, with Cass, among others. Trish gets into it with Cass. But yeah, as uh, was mentioned, uh, Spencer, a great foil for Cass. Uh, Dave, uh, what do you think about Spencer on the rewatch? Uh, so I wonder if any other viewers or listeners would have this reaction if they're around. Like, I, I was maybe two or three years older than Spencer when the season came out. I couldn't believe how young he looked. I mm-hmm. it now just, you know, nine years I'm removed. You think he's 21, 20. I, I couldn't, be, I don't know. I just, it, that, that was so striking to me. And I think that's, that's a weird experience when you watch survivor seasons later on and you're just older in general, but man, he, he's great on the rewatch. I think it's, you know, I understand. I think Jeff was extremely harsh in this. You're never going to win to a 20, 21 year old, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think Jeff was wrong. I think he maybe should have kept that to himself, but uh, maybe it worked because I think the whole thing with Spencer is that when he's an underdog, he, he plays way better. Uh, and, and not to say he wasn't an underdog on second chances, but I feel like when things aren't going his way, he's much more sympathetic to the people around him, including a jury. So uh, I think this is, you know, a, a really good run for him. And I actually think it's possible he could have beat Tony in the end too, because he had just a lot of, uh, a lot of, people who are maybe more sympathetic to him on the jury. I don't know if that's a hot take or not, but I just feel like Spencer, uh, it, it's just really enjoyable to watch here. And, and you are rooting for him despite yourself. You know, even if episode one, you go, this guy's a, a dweeb, you end up kind of loving the dweeb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I think that he came into the show, like trying to be a character. And then uh, because of the way that circumstances went, then uh, he had to rely more on uh, just like being himself. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the first episode he talks about, I tied for first place in this chess tournament. I'm, I'm calculated. I'm ready to go. He gets humbled immediately. He gets put on the outs on his tribe. Is struggling there. And honestly, you know, it's one of those things where he is clearly the underdog, and I, I remember rooting for him as well. But there was something about how he would take an L at every side, every corner that was very enjoyable to watch for me. Cause he, he does that. He's yeah. so animated and he's so besides himself that everything is going wrong. He goes in for the advantage in the auction, doesn't get it. <laughs> it's like he gets, no, he wins nothing. And it, it, the fact that he made it all this way far was very fun because there was still a chance. It was always that little little flame of like, maybe, just maybe, if he gets to the end, he can make something happen. But it was very fun because I do feel like I saw a growth to him 
from the first scene we saw in in the uh, premiere to where he ends up going by the end. And one of my favorite cast assessment moments for Jeff Probst is the the B-roll of Spencer doing one of these. And as he looks to smile, does Jeff's voice in the background be like, Spencer has zero chance of winning this game. And it's just like, Spencer looks so happy to hear that in the B-roll. And I just, I never forget that image. Well, I've always wondered, because I remember that vividly. And then that was, that was before the, you know, the preseason. And then during the season, he says, oh, Cass, 0% chance of winning this game. And I have to wonder if Jeff, in their conversation, told him, zero percent chance because it felt like he's mm-hmm. projecting it there yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> either way the clips match up nicely together yeah. uh but i also I, I you know going back to his reactions i to me it looks like you could put it in black and white put some music behind it and it's the silent films that are a little bit sped up but you don't have to speed it up because he just kind of like throws himself around and flops everywhere mm-hmm. and it just looks he, like when, some when kind he wins, of wins he, uh, he's throwing himself on yeah. the ground also yeah, yeah. He, there's one moment when uh, they win and and Jatia just throws herself on him and he's just like it's like floppy noodle, but he barely catches her. It's it's great. <laughs> Dave, uh, what was your uh, reaction to Wu uh, going back to watch the season? I I still I love Wu. Yeah. I think. I, I just really, I just, and I, you know, everyone, you, I don't know, you can't, you have to have a heart or cannot have a heart if you can't like feel bad for him in that finale show. It's rough. He's just got his arms full. It's, I, I can't think of, <laughs> including All Stars, where Jerry gets booed off stage. I felt, I don't know, uh, maybe that's a bad comparison, but I just felt, I somehow felt even more for Wu there because I just, he just so dejected, but then he gives such like a sweet answer when Jeff says to him, how you doing? And he, and it, he's so, even then Just he's so composed give it up for Tony. He played a great <laughs> game and he's a class act. Great guy. I, it, it felt rehearsed, but in a way where I was, I respected it. I was like, man, you do not, I, I get it. Uh, so I don't know. I, I think he's, a good spirit. There's that. I mean, one of the all time gifts is him just saying like jumping up and down, you know, I love survivor. Uh, that's, you know, that's woo. So I think they got exactly what they wanted out of him. Uh, and I think he's doing well enough now that I, I don't, sure. you know, you know, a few years removed. He's I think he's, fine. it's okay. <laughs> I feel so yeah, bad. Movies. So fresh in my head again. Yeah. No, but yeah, uh, I found uh, woo, uh, even easier to root for on this, uh, rewatch. Yeah, I mean, the the fact of the matter is there's a lot of characters on this season. A lot of characters, and things get nasty between different characters. We've talked about a bunch of feuds in this in this season, but somehow in the middle of all of it, Wu was always composed. He was always the comic relief. Mm-hmm. Uh, his moments in the auction are my favorite. Watching him interact with the kids was great. Yeah. Um, and, and it's really one of those things where, obviously, the instinct – for a lot of the hardcore fans would have been to dunk on him. Like, dummy, you made the worst mistake you could have. And sure. like, I'm sure he's heard that to everything. But I genuinely feel like he was happy for Tony still. So, you know, good for him mm-hmm. if he's okay with it. He obviously gets to come back again for a future season to try and right that wrong. So he gets his redemption, potentially, to try again. But no, he's, he's just a nice guy. It's, just, it's hard not to root for him. Yeah. Uh, I wonder if it's a curse of uh, none of the second chances really go great for the Survivor Kagiyan crew. Maybe the best of the bunch you could say is Tasha, who ends up in uh, second place. But Dave, I feel like that uh, Tasha's second place in second chances is a quieter second place than she uh, has a sixth place finish in this season. 
Yeah, I think from both, I mean, I guess results oriented, yes, better. But from an edit standpoint, just all around, I mean, she, does she get four or three individual immunities in a row? Uh, I think it's one point, three in a row. And he says, you're, you're about to go for Kelly Wentworth's record. He basically gives like the Sports Illustrated cover yeah. curse. Yeah, yeah. Wigglesworth. Uh, and it, it, it doesn't, it, like, there's a moment when he says it and her face just goes like slack. And I go, oh no, now he's freaked her out. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, she, she has a great uh, showing in this. And I don't, I mean, I, it's second chances. I don't know. I, I just felt like either they did her dirty or she just didn't play as well. I don't know what it is. I, I think any interview you've done with her, I've, I've read, she just seems wonderful. So I just, mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it didn't go. I would like, I actually would like to see her a third time for that reason, because I, I would like to compare those seasons and see what, where the real Tasha is within that. Yeah. Anybody else want to highlight Puya uh, before we uh, go back and uh, start at the beginning of the season? Um, let me quickly give it a look over oh, well, how here. About Sarah? Because, of course, uh, Sarah <laughs> is going to be a big part of uh, Tony's future story. Uh, here she is here in uh, this season, the worst of her uh, three seasons as far as uh, placement goes. Uh, how about uh, Sarah 1.0? I mean, Sarah 1.0, definitely in watching this season, you do recognize that she had a pretty decent handle on the game already. Like, the reason Sarah ends up going out is because she's in this position where she's in the middle and someone else would like to be in the middle instead. And there's a five that need her, but then they can't trust her. So Sarah just ended up in a bad spot. And I think it's very clear from her other two games that she... More often than not, you put her on a season, she will do relatively decently. So that was very much, especially after having seen Game Changers and having seen um, Winners at War, looking back here, it was a fun reminder of, oh, oh yeah, you still have the same, same, you know, it's the same you. It's not like you, 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 she just had to get burned really bad once to be a little bit more composed and careful, really. Yeah. Dave, uh, how did uh, the origin story for uh, Tony and Sarah play for you? Uh, I feel like I saw somewhere either in response to your tweet about it or something that or on Reddit where people were like, see that this, this cops arrest alliance is never real. There's not a three episode arc or something. That's what people have said, but I don't know. There kind of is. I think that the problem is that Tony just isn't as into the alliance until winners at war. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but from Sarah's perspective, uh, there, she has that really funny line where the alliance still exists. He's just not part of it. <laughs> it's just a mm-hmm. one person cops or wrestle mm-hmm. lights. Um, yeah. I, I liked 1.0 here. I, I, I mean, that interaction is, is so funny where she knows he's a cop and, and he's like really not doing a great job of lying, but somehow she buys it. And then just an episode later tells her, I, I, I love how that all plays out. Um, I, I don't like to use the term swap screwed because Plenty of people make the most of a swap, but I feel like Sarah was kind of swap screwed here. Um, I think just circumstance alone, and Puya kind of alluded to it, really just kind of screwed her by the merge, where I think if she'd been with Tony throughout the pre-merge, she probably would have been fine at the merge. It just kind of didn't go her way. So mm-hmm. uh, She was merge yeah. screwed. Yes, merge screwed. That's right. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, and I do like the term merge screwed, so I'll use that here freely. Mm-hmm. You know, 
it's funny because I think that the Tony Sarah relationship uh, hits rock bottom, like by the finale, where she says she's not even talking to him. But I forgot about that. <laughs> when they yeah. go to Game Changers, that uh, I suspect that you know, and I think that she's like uh, talked about this that Tony would like call her up and like, "Hey, Sarah, come on, you 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 ready? You're out training." Uh, and then I think that like they sort of like rekindled this relationship, like fake or not, to go to Game Changers, and then. Tony was like out so quick that he never had to betray her trust in uh, Game Changers. So they were able to like maintain that friendship then over the next couple of years. And by the time they get to uh, in Survivor Winners at War, like now they've had like a good relationship now for years. So credit Tony going out early again for uh, them having a good relationship yeah. for Winners at War. I think it's pretty clear that if he had a chance to screw her over it really any time in yeah. those first two seasons, it was going to, and he did. Anybody, he <laughs> yeah, it didn't matter. He yeah. Okay. He'd swear on his cops arrest alliance for sure. All right. So let's uh, take a pause here in the podcast. Uh, we are going to uh, go back to the beginning of the season and uh, talk it all through here as uh, we were talking through the second best season of all time, Survivor Kageon. We'll be right back to talk more about Survivor Kageon when we get back. But first, let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. Those are our friends over at Theragun, makers of the Theragun Gen 4. Don't let the stress of daily life weigh on your body, whether you're an elite athlete or someone like me just trying to make it through the day tension-free. Theragun can help. Talk about brains, uh, brawn, and beauty. The Theragun is a handheld percussive therapy device that releases your deepest muscle tension using a scientifically calibrated combo of depth, speed, and power. And it's as quiet as an electric toothbrush. The Gen 4 Theragun, it doesn't just feel good. It gets to the source of pain by releasing tension using Theragun's signature percussive therapy which goes 60% deeper than vibration alone. Whether you want to treat your muscle tension from working out or an injury or just the stresses of everyday life, there's no substitute for the Theragun Gen 4. It's got an OLED screen and design to make you feel like you're holding something from the future. Just go to their site and check it out. And the Theragun app learns from your behaviors and suggests a guided routines. Uh, Theragun is a, a big hit at our house. Of course, uh, the first lady of podcasting uh, from all of her various uh, workouts, get uh, tight legs, hamstrings, uh, the back. And for me, after a long day of podcasting, get something uh, I like to call tech neck, working over, uh, staring at your phone, uh, doing all sorts of like, you know, the manual labor that I'm doing here, uh, putting out the podcast, uh, that Theragun feels great on your uh, neck and shoulders. You're going to love it. I do too. Theragun is trusted by 250 professional sports teams like Real Madrid and elite athletes like Paul George, DeAndre Hopkins, a great fantasy football uh, pickup if you can get him, uh, Maria Sharpova, hundreds of thousands of customers, and me. Try Theragun for 30 days starting at only $199. Go to therabody.com slash RJP right now to get your Gen 4 Theragun today. That's therabody.com slash RJP. Therabody.com slash RHAP. Let's get back to Survivor Kagian. The premiere of Survivor Kagian kicks off uh, Brains versus Beauty versus Brawn. We have a twist to open up the season, Puya. We've seen this a uh, couple different ways over the years. Uh, pick, your, pick your leader, and then your leader picks the weakest person. 
Yeah, which typically doesn't do much for me, but I feel like the leaders did make it worth it based on some of the decisions the leaders may have made here. Um, and specifically, I'm looking at you, David Sampson, with, with your pick out of nowhere that really sets up the start of this premiere for me. Yeah. Dave, uh, we haven't talked too much about uh, David Sampson or Garrett Adelstein uh, here, but I mean, I thought that uh, David Sampson, uh, he brings a lot to this first episode. That that's kind of gets back to what I was saying, where this whole cast delivers. I mean, mm-hmm. even you know, and and even David has that great sort of soundbite at the at the reunion show where he says, <laughs> you know, everyone but one person loses. I was just the first loser, uh, which is a, a good way to put it. But also, you know, I don't want a soundbite anywhere of me saying I'm the first loser. But uh, I, I really liked. I, I liked that he, he he also approached it where he you know it was an adventure for him and he wasn't too bitter. That's a big part of it too. Um, and I have so much to say about Garrett. I don't know if we're ready to talk about Garrett, but uh, I, yeah, David's move really made no in, sense as much that, as he justifies uh, it. We can talk about uh, Garrett, certainly. I just want to uh, bring up uh, the, uh, David Sampson has uh, now, I, I think, become a little bit more prominent in the media. I'm not sure if he's a podcaster or uh, has a YouTube, but I feel like that uh, he's more of a uh, baseball sports commentator. Well, he was he was technically fired I don't know if this is true, but he was fired via text. Is that right? From was he? Was he I think that the um from from what from the from, from the Marlins. Marlins. I don't, yeah, I think that his father-in-law it was like the owner of the team, and then I but I think they sold the team. They did. They they sold the team. Okay, no, I think it was that he got like a push notification that he'd been fired before they told him, ah. <laughs> which is actually kind of worse. Uh, but uh, yeah, he seems to be doing fine. I think he's in, like you said, he's podcasting. I, I don't know if it's, is it Bill Simmons? Something like that. I think he's doing all right. Yeah, I see he has a YouTube channel called uh, Nothing Personal with David Sampson. <laughs> so he's a sports yeah, commentator. His wiki says he's also a podcaster for CBS Sports. Yeah, no, that's CBS what it is. Well. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So still in the CBS family. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. Him and Cochran both. Him and, Co- him mm-hmm. and Cochran both. Uh, but uh, Dave, uh, so the David Sampson immediately identifies uh, Garrett. That's the, that's the weakest guy for, uh, you know, last third of the game. I, I think what he does here, it, it, I mean, in retrospect, I don't know how he would have known this or maybe he I guess his goal is to sort of sink Garrett's game. And he does that, but he sinks both their games like it's sort of he just in that moment writes their, yeah. you know, their mutually assured destruction. Episode. Exactly. That that's right. I mean, mm-hmm. it's true. And, and I so so in a way his plan worked, but he had to self-sacrifice. He had to pull the fail-safe key. So I, I don't know. I, I I think it's a great moment. It's a terrible move, but it's a great opening episode because of it. And as much as he explains it, I'll I'll never really understand it. I don't know if Puya has a better understanding of of a version where that works, <laughs> singling Garrett out. Oh, most definitely not. I was just there for the ride. I was like, uh, all right, you're saying pull out the popcorn? I got you, David. I'll just sit and watch this mess happen. Literally, that's think about it. That is the opening move for the Brains Tribe in this season. And it was just it was all downhill from there. It really was. Yeah, and Garrett really comes across as like a major douche canoe, right? <laughs> Oh yeah, oh yeah, king of the douche canoes. Right out of the gate, a wax douche canoe. That vibe. 
Yeah, yeah, because like that's the thing. That's the thing, uh, right, uh, Dave? We work with the uh, with the uh, with this whole like theme where Dave um, Garrett's part of the brains tribe. He's supposed to be brains, but then he's also jacked. And you're like, okay, so you're smart and jacked, and you're gonna tell us how to do things. You are king of the douche canoes, easily, mm-hmm. easily decided. Yeah, and it's very funny because I feel like we've seen players like Garrett where. There's a lot of promise there, and then you give them leeway to play, and then they mess up their own game, too. So it's very spectacular. I wonder if there's something like that where if you see somebody who, like, has, like, obviously, like, two of the three traits, like, uh, is it safe to assume that they uh, don't have, and I'm talking, I guess, like, uh, looking at, like, the strategic, the so, uh, the social, and the physical, like it's like okay, well, he's on the brain stripe, so he's uh, he's he's smart, uh, and then he's physical. Is it safe to assume he doesn't have the social? Yeah, I think that's pretty safe. I think Garrett was better served on the on the beauty tribe. I think you could have gotten away with putting LJ on the brain tribe instead, but they, I don't, I don't know. I think they just they really liked up until this point. I think Garrett killed it having a poker player. And uh, mm-hmm. it just they that never stink. comes into play. <laughs> they all, every single one, even in, to an extent, the Poker Alliance or whatever it was called in Winners of War, they don't they don't win. So I, I just don't know uh, how. I don't I don't know how that. I, I, again, I think he killed it. I think they finally said, okay, Jean Robert, Garrett, whoever else, this isn't working anymore. We're done with the, with this poker. They, it doesn't apply to Survivor mm-hmm. at all. Albert, yeah. Albert, Albert yes. They brought Anna Kate and then they brought Ronnie Barda, right? Ronnie Barda. Okay. Yeah. He didn't kill it. You're right. Water, yeah. I mean, Boston yeah. Rob yeah. like learned poker, I think, uh, after, uh, you know, after <laughs> he played Survivor All Stars. Like, I right. don't think right. he, or he knew it, but he didn't like, well, he wasn't like a, a serious poker player until later. Right. So, yeah, it's not great for the Survivor poker players. Enough. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, then uh, the other camps, uh, we have. The uh, uh, Sarah gets picked. She picks Trish. Uh, that's sort of like the most uneventful one. Uh, they have a decision to make of get a clue to the idol or get like a bigger bag of rice. Uh, Trish is the only person that's going to pick the bag of rice uh, for their team. Uh, on the beauty tribe, LJ is the leader, but he thinks Morgan is the weakest. And uh, Morgan can't trust her, Puya, because Morgan, she's... She's hot, not cute. The the other girls, they're cute. Trust them. Can't trust can't trust uh, a hot girl specifically. A hot girl with a grudge. Then, yeah, this um this from LJ gave me big bro code Barney Stinson vibes, and I was like, okay, it kind of works around that time. So yeah, you can trust cute. You cannot trust hot. That's a different level. That's no good. We gotta we gotta send Morgan out. And I do like that the three um, tribes, uh, Trish picks the rice, right? And Garrett goes for the idol, gets the idol, and Morgan goes for it and doesn't get it. I like that we got one of each result. It really does set it up where not everyone's guaranteed to get the same thing, which I did appreciate. Mm -hmm. You know, I I appreciate that. I I didn't know. I couldn't remember, but Morgan's lie does work until she confesses later. They kind of force out of her at the swap. But I can't believe it. I guess it's the one tribe it's going to work on where she and, and uh, she comes back and I don't know. I don't even remember the line she does. I think but she it, it works pretty effectively. Like, uh, like I chose to get all these supplies that we have. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Like, yeah. wow, okay. I guess more <laughs> I guess more Morgan is solid. I chose this sand right here. Mm-hmm. That was you're welcome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we have a yeah. house. We have a camp now because of me. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, two-hour episode uh, to kick off uh, Survivor Kagiyan. I think there was, uh, if I remember correctly, I think Winter Olympics uh, forced uh, the for for Survivor. I think they they didn't want to go up against uh, or launch Survivor during uh, the Winter Olympics in uh, the spring of 2014. So uh, they ended up uh, doing a two-hour premiere. Uh, two hours, I guess. Uh, this is going to be similar, I think, to what we're going to get here for the opening of Survivor 41. That's, Which I'm not mad at. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's serendipitous. Sorry. I, I think it works that, you know, uh, it's you immediately are establishing the theme of the first half of the season, which is the brains tribe doesn't have it together. That kind of works within that, that, that first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So ultimately the brains tribe, uh, they are going to be, uh, a disaster in, uh, these first couple challenges. Uh, they're going to lose, uh, the first one. And uh, ultimately, in this group of four, Garrett and Spencer, that's like a pair. Uh, then uh, they're going to team up with uh, Jatia and Tasha and uh, want to go for David Sampson, who uh, seems to have bonded with Cass, who wants to uh, vote out Jatia first. But ultimately, uh, David Sampson is going to be the one to go. David, anything else to say about the, uh, the vote out of, uh, of David Sampson? I don't, you know, I, 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 want, I wonder if there's a world where you have Cass and David. Like, if David played in a season where he's not out first, does he play well? Because he, I think he's at least a pseudo fan of the show. He seemed to understand what was happening. I don't know if he was someone that was watching it actively. But I felt like he was someone that, you know, I guess he was on the brain tribe, was smart enough that he could yeah. play this well. He just made a really kind of poor first move. And, you know, I... They didn't know what was going to happen when they called people out and he called on Garrett that the different things happened there. He didn't re- recognize that. So there was a little bit of a blind side to him. But I do think there's a version where David plays Survivor and does well. I don't think he should come back at this yeah. point, but I'm curious about that. Dave, I cannot imagine the world where David Sampson plays and does well. You can't. I would really struggle to to see that because I just feel like that he's always going to be like he's the same person who within five minutes to start the game like says publicly about that this guy is a this guy is a threat like I I just think that he's uh, just way too confrontational and uh, is like uh, looking like I think that him and Cass actually because they're both so blunt I think would have been an interesting pair to have in the game but I just feel like that in any world that he plays like maybe if you put him out there with like the all-stars of the all-stars like maybe he could get like under the radar but I think that he's just gonna rub people the wrong way no matter what season he's on I think that was my I guess that's my counterpoint but I mean you're right but I feel like if Cass can be in the final three then surely David can be maybe, maybe they can be a the world where, where people are like hey, we're gonna drag him yeah to the they're end. each other's blunt shields they just you know say blunt things left and right and it's too confusing you don't know which one to vote out and he would be good TV no matter what season that he was on but I just can't imagine yeah. uh, uh maybe a 26 day season getting <laughs> a little closer to the end 26 day season where also you, the game pace is going to be a lot faster. I think that is where he would thrive because, again, the move he makes is a phenomenal decision to make around the merge time. Not so great day one at the beach. So, obviously, that's one thing. And as far as the bluntness goes, I love that he couldn't let it – it bothered him when he was picked as leader. And he was like, 
just because I wore a blazer, which, by the way, a suit matches the pants. Yeah. This is just a blazer. You couldn't let it go. Well, Cass said, yeah, like, uh, yeah, I don't I never trust a man in, in a suit. He's like, it's not a suit. <laughs> Just a pants. Are, All right, well, then I trust you. Matching. It's a, a jacket and pants. Just a blazer. He goes out in blazer glory. Someone in a future season should wear like a blazer, no shirt, swim trunks. Some really throw them off. Wow. Um, pretty sure Andrew Savage had that look going uh, in the season True. I watched last week. You know, it's classy. I just picture him in a beanie now. That's all I can picture him in. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, Mike Bloom was saying that he wasn't sure if he dreamt up the Andrew Savage action figure on the podcast uh, last week, but people did dig it up. Wow. Mm-hmm. I was sure that was just a, a Mike Bloom pirate dream. No, it was <laughs> it was for real. Um, so after this tribal council, uh, we see that uh, Garrett and Spencer are going to try to pick up the swing vote cast vote with us. They feel like that they have a majority now. And so, uh, Spencer Cass, and Garrett, that, that is the threesome. And, uh, they're going to work together going into the next uh, vote. Uh, but meanwhile, uh, we have some stuff uh, going on at the other tribes. Uh, we should talk a little bit about the early days of brawn, uh, Cliff Robinson again, uh, RIP, uh, Cliff Robinson has, uh, passed away, uh, just in the, uh, I believe it was just in the, in the last past year, uh, that we lost Cliff. Uh, Dave, uh, we haven't really highlighted this, but you know, uh, fun to have Cliff as a part of this season. He's, he's definitely, I mean, not that there's a lot to choose from, but I think he's my favorite ex NBA player. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and, but I mean, more seriously, I, I really, you know, I, again, I, I appreciate someone that seems to at least, uh, if not know the game, really be and enjoy enjoy the game and want to be there. And, and he definitely wanted to be there because you get a lot of that, you know, the opposite with a lot of ex-pro athletes. Um, and I don't know. I, I wondered if it was a foregone conclusion that they were just going to vote him out the first chance they got. It really felt like it. I We didn't really – it just kind of seemed like every time it came up, oh, Cliff is going to be the guy. And uh, and they couldn't even do it against the brain tribe initially trying to throw the challenge. But I, I – you know, I, I, not until Scott Pollard did we see someone, uh, an ex-NBA player, make the merge. And I, I would rather have seen Uncle Cliffy out there. I think that would have been pretty fun. Well, uh, Uncle Cliffy really got hosed here because uh, he was on a tribe with Lindsay, who adored him. And then he was with Wu. And Wu just was like, yeah, I know who you are. I've got your basketball cards. You're Cliff Robinson. <laughs> you know, he, he loved uh, Cliff. It just so happened that uh, he was with Trish, who was salty, who said, like, uh, she did, we didn't want him out there. And then Tony didn't like I think Sarah was, like, indifferent about Cliff, where then Tony is like, uh, oh, my God, I heard Cliff. He said that he, he was saying he wanted to vote you out. And then Sarah's like, that's it. He's got to go now. He said my name. And really... Um, I just thought he got a raw deal. Yeah, I don't think he re- necessarily did anything wrong to, you know, get eliminated by any means. Genuinely, I think that it was a combination of Tony Inception Sarah, which actually works to his benefit here, and then that he was like maybe liked too much by other people. That's really where it goes for me. Mm-hmm. And it was very easy to see why, like who doesn't love a gentle giant. And that is the vibe we get from him from the minute we see him. Yeah. He just seems like a fun person to be around. 
Yeah. Dave, uh, his best moment in the season comes when the Braun tribe tries to throw the challenge and then it comes down to him just like uh, hitting the basket. And it's almost yeah. like that he's too tall that he has to like he gets has yeah. to get down on one knee. And then it, once he mm-hmm. does that, then like he's just locked in. He's like uh, someone, you know, when your kid has one of those, you know, short basketball hoops, he's like, all right, I'll just get down here and do it. And he just once he gets in the rhythm, that's it. It's so and, you know, that's a great moment, too, where Wu, you know, not unlike most of the season is really unsure about throwing it and then just decides, OK, I'm going to dive and get all these balls for him. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, I, I I think you're right. Pete. I think it gets a raw deal. I don't know. I don't know the world that he, he like can work around it. I, I think he had the social, which Tony pointed out plenty of times, but strategic. Uh, that part, I don't know if that was there to, to save himself. I, I don't know if he never seemed to look for an aisle or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I would have much preferred him making it a lot further. Mm-hmm. So uh, in this uh, second hour of the show, we also are going to get Tony uh, finding the idol. Uh, he finds a, he finds a clue to it. He knows exactly where it is. Uh, and we get the, uh, of course, uh, iconic moment. huge. I needed this. Uh, Tony reading clues, uh, tree mail, like, uh, you know, it really like, uh, comes back in, uh, winners at war. Like it's, uh, right. Yeah. He delivers it well. I'm gonna say, Rob, that sound drop in the entire like last seven years that you've been using it has never sounded like anything that I watch on the show. Mm-hmm. I, even when rewatching it, I was like, I am not. I, I know what I'm seeing. It doesn't sound like what I'm seeing. It sounds like something way different. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. it, I mean, only Tony would be able to pull something like that off. Can I just Great say, scene. I think that, that that's the sound clip that uh, that uh, launched the soundboard. Oh, and for ah. good reason. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Like, that was, I think, the, like, reason, like, for a soundboard was just to play that clip. Yeah, I, I think that kind of goes into the, the sort of, uh, you know, people who are like, oh, that season's not that great. I think there's just... I don't know if that's the right phrase, but almost a Tony fatigue because we've heard these clips so many times. But to me, they never get old. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like you've heard that woo, not well, woo too, but you hear that him just (laughs) whatever he's doing to the idol. Uh, And it's just, (laughs) I've heard you play that clip probably like as an average RHAP listener Mm a hundred times. So (laughs) I wouldn't say I'm numb to it, but you know, it's, it's in your head. Well, this is one of the challenges for me on this rewatch where that, you know, I've made no bones about that this is my favorite season of the podcast uh, to have gotten mm-hmm. to cover. And so I will always love all of these uh, characters and players from this season. So it, it's a, it's been a challenge for me to like try to separate like uh, my love of Survivor Kagiyan from like uh, placing it here in this rewatch because of moments like this. It's uh, just incredible. <laughs> I don't think you have to apologize for that, though. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's just. I, love I mean, it so much. Do you do you think they cast Tony and ever expect it? I mean, I, that's why Survivor's so good. You just would never anticipate that moment ever happening. <laughs> I want to say that uh, yeah, t- Tony. I think had been in the casting mix from one of the earlier seasons. Maybe it was Philippines, and then I think then 
did his wife uh, get have his first that part child? sounds right. I think that yeah. that sounds. Uh, that's I remember right. that. I don't know if it was Philippines, but yeah. I definitely remember the yeah. The, Dave, that, maybe there could have been another wife. universe where you and Tony could have been on the same season. South Pacific, maybe. Yeah, mm-hmm. man. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I think about it all the time. <laughs> yes. Um, that uh, who who was the uh, person? Uh, they wanted you to play like Fabio. Yes. So I was my whole you casting been the woo to Tony's. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so that's not untrue. I I, I pointed to uh, Cochran, Sophie, Albert were all in my group, and I, I pointed to Cochran and like at dinner or something. I said, "That's my Stephen. I'll be his JT." And they were really into that. I don't know what happened between then and and uh, the final decision, but I was prepared to be at least a, a jock type, whatever that is. But they were like, no, you're like Fabio. Like, just just take it easy. I'm like, all right, sorry. I'll, yeah. well, I'll get lost or Cass something. is going to compare Wu to uh, Fabio. Uh, I don't think yes. that Wu knew who Fabio was. No, I don't get any idea. I, no, I mean, I, is there any doubt that Wu's a recruit? Oh, I mean, the I, model? <laughs> the famous What do we have, to, we have to fight for it? Fabio and me? A fire challenge? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay, uh, Tony's gonna find the idol, uh, but uh, back at the Brains Tribe, uh, they will lose once again. Uh, again, an- another disaster for Luzon, and so Garrett says, "Hey, let's just sit here and let's just let's just talk it through, Puya." Yeah, very very early. You know, we just shaded David for making a decision way too early a bad decision this is an odd one from garrett garrett's big idea is hey you know how we're sucking just sit here and sulk in it don't even bask in the awfulness don't even go and try and find positivity somewhere else don't talk about silver linings with anyone else don't talk strategy and also he's doing this with people that know the game and want to play the game like you look at this brains tribe Tasha has a confessional where she talks about this. We already know Spencer's a student of the game. We already know Cass knows the game. And he's basically telling them all, just sit here and don't do that. How about that? How, a concept. Just hang out with me. I'm so fun. Just sit with me. And it's just poor. It's so bad that he ends up putting himself on the radar. Mm-hmm. So. Is there, and this is just as you, as you described it, Puya, now it occurs to me, it's like he was trying to do a, a you know, a, a really bad version of the buddy system. Uh, well, this is almost exactly like what Boston Rob does in Survivor 40, where it's like, okay, yeah, yeah. the vote is locked in. I've got my three. They've got two. If we just sit here all day, nothing can change. Let's just sit on it. Yeah, I think Adam should have, or whoever, should have thrown the rice out. That would have made a better impact. Yeah. I, I, Too bad Sarah uh, wasn't on this tribe. She could say, like, I'm not going to be in a playpen. <laughs> <laughs> it's a weird choice. It's a weird choice from Garrett because nothing's going to make people feel more irritated than if they just can't do whatever they want. It's like, I'm not going to, like, go far. But I would like for there not to be limitations for me to be like, I'm not, if Liana was like, you cannot leave the stream room. I'd be like, I wasn't gonna, but now that you've said that, I just want to walk out two feet. Like, what are you going to do? Like, that's, how, that's where I'm, my mind's going to go. Mm-hmm. So definitely doing that limitation, not good, not a good choice, not yep. a good look at all. All right. So eventually, Tasha is very upset. Uh, this is sort of like, hey, we're here to play big brother, not big baby. 
That's like the energy that she has exactly. uh, during this. And so we see Tasha and Cassa, they go, they're, they're going to have like a complaint session about Garrett. And then Garrett and Spencer walk down to the beach and then they realize, uh, wait, who is supposed to be watching Jatia? <laughs> It plays out like a sitcom. We could you could really add a few like a laugh track or a <gasps> to when they come back to camp because it, like it's big just... like Home Alone energy. It's like <gasps> yeah, just here. Oh my god, we left her. We left her. <laughs> they they have to use John Candy to get back to camp. It takes a while. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I <laughs> I just. I, I I love Jatia and I love all the interviews since with and I would love to see her back again. I I can't make heads or tails of of her pouring the rice out. I completely agree with her being upset, but I I I, I part of me wonder, wonders if the producer was just like, hey, you should uh, should pour out the rice because it just well, <laughs> I don't know where that comes from. So I I think just going back to when this is filmed, uh, I think the most recent season they watched is uh, Survivor, and I don't think she's ever. Uh, talked about this uh, at least uh, not with me but the most recent season they watched was survivor Karamoan, i believe uh mm-hmm. i'm trying to think of what because th- yeah this got filmed yeah oh yeah because some- brandon says he's gonna pee in the well, rice brandon or something. does jump out the beans in the rice uh okay. that, that, i mean he that's does, what yeah. sort of like okay. uh, leads to him getting voted out so it's sort of like that's a little bit like the mic drop thing to do like hey oh you're gonna vote me out all right well i'm dumping out the food that's it. Yeah. And the wild thing is she stays. It's the best part of the whole. That's that's the best part of, to me of the whole mm-hmm. premiere. Uh, even watching it back, you're just like, how did, how did it's it's less about her, I think, at least in this vote than it is about Garrett. Mm-hmm. Uh, just how poorly he plays it, because you have to just I mean, how do you top pouring out 90 percent of the right? Yeah. I mean, she herself uh, says uh, I'm I'm going in like a crazy woman, like a banshee. That's why they have people guarding you. I'm like the mental patient, and you left the mental patient alone, and I went crazy. It's what happens when you leave crazy people alone. I mean, she's uh, she, I mean, she's great in these confessionals, Puya. Oh yeah, and and Jatia really does add a lot to this cat to this uh, tribe with with this. I mean. Not many people can pour out the rice and then live to tell the tale of the next tribal. You know, like, they really can't. So it takes a special someone to be able to make that happen. But this just added more drama to it. Like, watching it the first time and seeing Garrett do all this stuff and then seeing Jutia pour the rice and then Jutia survive still was phenomenal. You can't. You cannot script it to be this good. You just can't. Yeah. Dave, uh, in the finale, Jeff says, I, we would love to have you back. Jatia. It is crazy they haven't had Jatia back. Yeah, I, I was, and I know that, I, I think you've said before in some podcasts that Jatia is a person that I, I think everyone will love her back. I don't know what happened. I, like She would have been a great second chance ballot, well, too. They had so many I, on those uh, Kageyan second chancers, true. but I feel like that, um, I don't know how she doesn't get the call on Game Changers. Yeah. Oh, she I would prefer changer. her over half that cast. She yeah. definitely is. She she put out the rice and stayed in. That's that's a, no one's done it before or since. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So she's gonna stay. Uh Garrett's <laughs> going to travel they go to tribal council and Cass and uh Tasha and Jatia, they're gonna vote they're gonna vote out Garrett. Yeah, and the cherry on top is Garrett left his idol at camp because mm-hmm. he didn't think he was gonna leave. That's how much he was blinded 
by his own reflection. He just thought he was killing it. And uh, they took him out. Mm-hmm. One swoop. Yep. I'm surprised he wasn't at tribal council in that, you know, that pose like this. That would have been really good if they positioned him that way. <laughs> yeah. <a> full screen. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has a moment. I'm not sure if it's the first tribal council or the second one where also like a like a bug crawls on him. And he like freaks the out. Spider. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, they're going to the tribal. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. OK. So uh, so much for uh, for Garrett. Um the third episode or the third hour of the season is uh, when we really uh, start to dig into uh, Cops Are Us. Uh, and then we get the whole back and forth of Tony can't decide whether he wants to tell Sarah he's a police officer or not, Dave. No, he can't. And I don't even think he really decides until he does it in the moment. Uh, mm-hmm. I think the following episode. Uh, it's just it's so good. And, and like, I think that's where you it's such a good um, interaction that you couldn't even like manufacture because it's no. just, it's showing these two characters and it's showing how sharp Sarah is and it's showing how funny Tony is. And just you're getting insights into both these characters through this re- interaction. And you know, it, whether or not you disagree or agree with this, it's the start of a three season arc and it's such a great start to it. And if you kind of wa- like, if you watch that and then you immediately watch the fire challenge, I think that's a really like interesting uh, just, you know, beginning to end type of situation where you could really just wa- like appreciate uh, how far they go in six years with that, starting with that moment. You're you're right. It's a great character study of the two of them, especially Tony Puya, because he's just like, he's a hundred miles an hour with all of his lies where he does not hesitate. Like uh, if you are going to catch Tony in a lie, it is uh, not going to be because he hesitates. Like uh, he is uh, talking before he even thinks of what he's going to say. Yeah, no, and, and I think that is, you know, the sign of a good liar, right? If you if you are so able fast. to without if you don't say an um and you just immediately respond, fire back, no one's really gonna doubt you. And I think he did a good job of it. And I think that he would continue to do a good job of it, obviously, once you see Tony once, now you're gonna doubt everything he's gonna say. But but when you don't know him, he's hitting on all cylinders because I feel like for him to get clocked right out the gate. And then to firm it the way he did and get past it, but then later, because by his own decision, decide to confess it. It was very fun to see, but I just I was very impressed with how quick on his feet he is yeah. anytime he gets asked anything like she's that. She's like, are you a cop? And he's like, no, uh, I work in tile. And, and then uh, she's like, because you seem like a cop. He's like, oh, I got plenty of friends that are cops. I got to do it. Look, look, I don't have a tattoo. Look, uh, I have a tattoo. I couldn't be a tattoo if I'm a cop. Uh, like, he's just like all over the place. And... Um, the, but then at the end of it, he's like, uh, okay, just kidding. I am a cop. Oh, just kind of psych. He's using your face. I'm not a cop. Like, uh, what is he doing? Like, who does this? What a maniac. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the thing. It's like the hokey. You put your leg in, you put your leg out. He's just, he's just playing with you at this point. Mm-hmm. He's playing with your emotions a little bit. And I think that he, the way he does it is so fast paced that you might even forget that you cared about what you were asking. And I think that's the key. Because I wouldn't say he's the best liar, but I would say that he has a good way of just taking you off script and, and throwing your defenses down completely just mm-hmm. based on this like quick back, forth, back, forth, back, forth that he does with you. It's like a magician. It's just misdirection. Look over here. Mm-hmm. We're, just, we're just talking. He's better at lying than he is at you know responding to Cass accusing him of lying. That looks more like lying <laughs> than mm-hmm. this does. It's so strange. Mm-hmm. 
We get uh, some very bad weather. I don't know if it's a monsoon or a cyclone uh, that ultimately uh, hits the beach. But uh, Dave, uh, this is harrowing for the survivors. Yeah, I you know that's that makes it a good season when it, it not when it dominates the whole season, but when you you have these just moments to remind you it's Survivor. And I think it's Jeffra. It looks like she's wearing gloves when they show her yeah, oh, it's hands. Gross. It's it's real gross. Uh, and uh, yeah, I appreciate nightmare. <laughs> what she says I, i'm excited to talk about jeffra she's 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 lovely i don't uh yeah, yeah I, don't, talk, I don't have like a hot take talk on her, about but. her well you know i just think she's she's part of what i'm saying it's a perfect cast like you have the, the the minor characters and the major character and i would i would call her a minor character but she's a really good supporting character in these moments where you know she just adds to it without being the strategic mastermind she's just the person really cold and giving a really confessional good confessional about how terrible the weather is and i, I just I appreciate Jeffra. You know, I think she's she adds to the cast as a whole. I don't I couldn't tell you much about any moves she makes in the game, but uh, you know, she's you don't really forget her, so that counts for something. Mm-hmm. Her name's Jeffra. Her name's Jeffra. Yeah, we've never had another <laughs> yeah. Jeffra along the way. And so um, we ultimately are going to have uh, this uh, challenge where they have to uh, throw buckets of water. Uh, the Beauty Tribe gets off to a big lead, uh, but ultimately the Brains Tribe uh, overcomes uh, seemingly never getting one drop of water into any of the buckets. They end up acing the puzzle, and then the Beauty Tribe is going to be off to uh, Tribal Council. So then we really uh, do a deep dive into everything that's going on at the beauty tribe. And so uh, we see some concern about Bryce from LJ and Bryce uh, seems to have a good relationship with Morgan. And then he also feels like that he can get Jeremiah. He can be like uh, Jeremiah's uh, wingman where it's like, Hey, like uh, he's like uh, Morgan's like uh, agent. It's like, Hey, uh, you want to, you want to talk to Morgan? Like, uh, like I I can make that happen. Yeah, I can facilitate that. I mean, and I think that is like having been blessed with the opportunity to listen to Bryce for so many years. Like it's he's just so easy to talk to. He's so easy to listen to. We've you know how many podcasts I've listened to him talk about anything? (laughs) Many, many. So for me, it's very sad watching this now, knowing Bryce and knowing who he is and be like, please don't go. Don't let him leave. It's sad because I think ultimately his big problem here is that he was with Morgan and Morgan was already on the outs from like day one with everything that had gone down. So it was a sad state of affairs for, for our boy Bryce here. Has I don't know if Bryce has talked uh, too much about the the first I guess the first two votes so episode one because we kind of get a brief glimpse into him and and like the lines with Morgan and everything and I feel like from episode one you're kind of going oh I think he's got this under control he seems to be in a good position and then yeah. again it's like two thirds through this episode when we find out Beauty is going to Tribal Council and it's suddenly he's on the outs and I just feel like there's a huge missing gap there that we really don't quite see. Um, I think numbers wise, you can understand it looking at it, but I felt like he kind of had a better handle on strategy. Um, and I guess kudos to LJ in that sense, but uh, you know, we're all, we're all Bryce fans here. So it's just disappointing mm. in retrospect. Yeah. I guess they do ID him as, uh, the potential best player 
in this group. It's just, it's frustrating to watch because like it was like tantalizingly close uh, to to him staying uh, by way of a three two one vote where. That um, for whatever reason, yes, I guess there's a possibility Morgan has the idol, but like a uh, bad read on Morgan to think she's ever going to play the idol on Bryce uh, to, for them to do this vote split. And they set up a scenario where if Jeremiah votes with uh, Morgan and Bryce, they're able to pull off the uh, pre-merge 3-2-1 vote in the six-person tribe, uh, which is uh, really incredible stuff. Uh, but for whatever reason, Jeremiah doesn't go through with this plan does yep. jeremiah maybe i missed something does he know that he could that he could make it a three two one blindside in that sense like or does he understand I mean, he must that, i mean i yeah. i don't know what jeremiah understands and what he doesn't <laughs> but he's gotta he's gotta know right i think he was too busy trying to figure out when he's gonna reveal he's a model he had to find the right timing for mm-hmm. that <laughs> yeah like i had forgotten about that too so <laughs> watching like Oh, and by the way, I was like, now, okay, yeah. like this is a reveal. Yeah, no, I think, I think ultimately with the, with the beauty of a six-person tribe too is of that beauties. if you get a three-two-one going, you're on top. Like, what are the people going to be mad at you? What are they going to do? They're outnumbered. Like, you have the majority. Uh, but ultimately, I do think that it's kind of funny that Jeremiah doesn't do that, and then ends up still aligning with Morgan later in the game and ends up on the outs with the other people that he was voting with. Mm -hmm. The duality is pretty funny to me. Yeah, I mean, the, this group ends up being like completely fractured. So I feel like that uh, Jeremiah definitely goes the wrong way here. Like he never like uh you know rejoins forces uh with LJ and Jeffra. So uh that he might might as well. It seems like that uh Alexis is gunning for him at the vote where she goes home. So no, it's uh, a, re- a real uh shame of uh what might have been. Yeah. I do I you know, uh, to say one positive spin on this, I we were saying earlier we don't know the story of every tri- or of beauty as a whole, but I think their story is that they're just so fractured. And that's what happens during the swap where they, you know, they see them they're all gossiping about each other. And I think that's kind of fun. I, I do sort of like that, you know, brains are they're not smart, <laughs> but they're organized. They're working together. Mm-hmm. Beauty is, uh, you know, they, they're doing okay. They're winning challenges, but they're not organized in any capacity. And I think that is kind of a fun, you know, uh, comparison between the two tribes. Mm-hmm. And so uh, ultimately, uh, Bryce is going to go out here at the uh, third tribal council. He has some, some good moments on the way out, though, Puya. Yeah, he did. We got, you know, we got the dot, dot, dot. Hmm. <laughs> phenomenal love that very I forgot much. how late that was and like, we, we barely got that and to me that's so iconic that's, mm-hmm. that's yeah how, that's yeah. almost lost it. the talk yeah. of the town sure uh, yes sure um so uh ultimately uh you know uh like we said with uh david sampson but uh times you know uh a lot more uh bryce doing great yeah oh yeah Bryce's thriving yeah yeah. Where, yeah, where's the rest of this beauty tribe? <laughs> Nowhere to be seen. LJ just got on social media before the show, if that's how I remember. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mumbles out some answer about that, and that's it. that's the last time we heard from him. That's it. Okay. <laughs> uh, so um, let, let's go to uh, then the uh, fourth hour of the show. 
Get a blindfold challenge. Never my favorite, Puya. No, I just feel like you're you're setting someone up to get hurt. And a lot of it's nut never shots. worth the payoff. Yeah, yeah. The, you gotta like. I don't like. Okay, so I don't like when. The McNuggets are in danger. I don't like <laughs> yep. when your head is in danger. I don't like when you're But Dave, you're that's big ripping... on TikTok, though, right? You know, not on my corner, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, <like that. laughs> I mean, any any format that has 15-year-old boys on it, for sure. But mm. that's what's weird is it feels like the challenge team that invents these blindfold ones. It's like they got, you know, Jeff Frobes' kids to be, okay, what do you think? is Yeah, that's funny. They're, mm-hmm. <laughs> Would that be a successful TikTok video if I just did all of the McNugget shots from the blindfold challenges on a TikTok? I, I I actually think it would be. I, I mean, I I don't know if I advise it or not. Like, but yeah. Ooh, that's gotta hurt. Uh, back in the day, <laughs> just like you have to add your commentary mm-hmm. to this, you know, green screen in front of it. Yeah. Reacting. Uh, but I do remember back in the day, I made I made a few vines around second chances, and one of them just was uh was just Steven doing the slingshot poorly over and over again, and those did well. So mm-hmm. uh, you know, maybe maybe that translates to TikTok as well. Okay, unlike Steven, you did hit the mark. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag. Yes. Okay. So uh, we see uh, Tony and Sarah talking, and uh, it might be in the previous episode that uh, Tony tells Sarah about how he heard the story that uh, he listened in on uh, Cliff and Lindsay talking and it's a very like detailed story that he tells uh to sarah about the fake conversation he heard between cliff and Lindsay. where then uh i i forget exactly how it went he's like he's like oh and then Lindsay, she was saying like uh hey cliff i don't know what i'm gonna do and he was like hey you gotta stay strong and then she's like hey we should get out sarah and he's like yeah i think we should do that he like went back and forth it was like a whole screenplay yeah, it was like a one-man show doing both sides, trying to do a bit of an impression on both. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the beauty. Like, if you can put it, make it seem a lot more elaborate and a lot more like you're quoting someone, that helps the believability of it. So I think the fact that he was able to try and do an impression and try and do both sides does help him here. Because, again, I feel like given Sarah's observations of him and her picking up on him potentially being a cop – she is going to be hard to pull one over on. And yeah. he successfully was able to do that just by doing his little antic here, which is a lot more funny to watch than I would have remembered. Yeah, Dave, in terms of like uh, these last couple of weeks of the countdown, I feel like that the lesson is that if you just come out on Survivor with just bold-faced lies, um, I think most people will believe you. Yeah, I, as long as you can convince yourself of it, I think. I I, I don't know if it's, there's kernels of truth and and how he was because you know the way he was describing the conversation was so just as you said detailed, but also just I don't know how you make that up unless you're just I don't know sitting there. I guess he said every night he was sitting there to himself thinking about everything that ever happened. So maybe he just wrote a screenplay in his head over the course of a few hours at night. But I don't know. I don't know how you come up with that. I think bull faced lies is definitely the answer though. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, we're going to get uh, some uh, conversation about, uh, we need to throw the challenge. Sarah's uh, getting everybody on board to throw the challenge, Dave. And she uh, goes to woo and says, uh, you know, t- we got to get, we got to throw the challenge. <laughs> woo goes, Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah, I, 
is my question for you is is Wu in these moments because it's the same thing happens when they're on a reward much later in the season and, and he kind of just pauses is he is he just like trying to figure out a way to say no or lie to them or is he actually like i don't know what's is he just kind of playing fabio on that is he sort of kind of trying yeah, to play I dumb wonder, a little bit i do think that like this point where i think it's when woo and Cass and spencer go on the reward and, and then they're getting frustrated because he keeps saying like all right, I'll, I'll consider it. Like, yeah. I'm going to consider it. Uh, but here he does come around and says, you know, Cliff has a fat bankroll. So, you know, he's going to do it. He's going to do it. And then yeah. he's all like, he's like processing, processing, processing. <laughs> and then he's like, all right, I'm all, I'm, I'm all in. And, you know, uh, this has come up like uh, during the Big Brother conversation uh, this uh, season of like uh, when somebody says I need to get back to you, like they almost never get back to you and say, "Okay, I'm in. But Wu does this sometimes. Yeah, I mean, he literally operates the opposite of Tony, where Tony immediately replied without like almost without thinking, you'd think where he had an answer ready for you. Wu took his time, and I think Wu sincerely was just trying to gather the data, figure it out, but not everyone's doing that. Because I feel like if you think about it, if someone messages you and says, hey, 8 o'clock Wednesday, drinks, you win, and you're like, I'll let you know, 90% of the time, I'm not hearing hey, back from you, and you're not you're not hanging out with me. It depends so, on the week, Puya. That's Survivor time. <laughs> I mean, that was a bad time to pick for the three of us mm-hmm. here because I think all of us MVP would be saying, time. I'll let you know, yeah. and then not doing it. But <laughs> yeah, so I feel like once someone hits you with the give me a little bit to think about it, more often than not, it's more of a write off. But with Wu, it's sincere. He's just trying to think it out. He's just trying to process the situation. Yeah. Yeah. He's just he's just thumbs up in the text, you know, just an emoji <laughs> react. <laughs> like, like react, yeah. 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 All right, Dave, the Braun tribe is going to throw the challenge so they can vote out Wu. Uh, but this one happens to be a basketball uh, challenge. And as my son said, like, oh, this is Cliff's challenge. <laughs> Can't throw That's, this one. He knew. That's so good. I, I mean, I... I hope that they didn't change challenges and it was just, it just worked out that way. But part of me, you know, the tinfoil hat theory is that they had this challenge lined up and they said, okay, we're going to put this out now mm-hmm. <laughs> just because they're trying to throw it. Uh, but I love it. I think that's such a perfect, like, okay, you want to, you want to throw the challenge? Try it here uh, with the guy who's actually professional at this specific challenge. So uh, I liked, I love how it worked out. And like I said before, I love that Wu, you kind of see the moment he goes, all right, I can't, I can't pretend anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't get yelled at by Cliff. Exactly. And so that the thing is, the brains tribe is just so bad uh, that yeah, yeah, Jatia and uh, Casa, yeah, they're not exactly like uh, Charles Barkley and uh, uh, <laughs> manning the boards uh, in the water. Oh yeah, the rebound game was weak, weak with the brains. Also. Spencer, I feel like this is where Spencer gets redemption in his tribe because Spencer literally breaks his back getting all of the balls and then ends up doing a lot of the shooting. And all he's asking for is, hey, just pass the balls back to me. That's all I need. And I I was watching this, and then I tried to visualize it, and I couldn't understand why they were struggling with it. And I don't know if it was just fatigue potentially is the only thing I can think of. Because it doesn't seem like a difficult task. Once the balls are being shot, you just 
take them, you pedal over, you hand them yeah. over, right? Don't so, forget, sure. uh, this tribe has zero rice also. <laughs> like, they could have been gassed. <laughs> Fatigue it is. Yeah. All right, there we go. I got my answer. <laughs> Certainly do possible, we, yeah. Do we ever get any kind of, like, coda to that? Is there ever, uh, you know, we're just really hungry because there's no rice? Or do they ever get more rice? Is so, there a, you know? I, I would guess when we get our tribe swap, so even though the brains stick together, I think that they go to, they go to uh, the brawn tribe, and mm-hmm. then uh, the other group goes to the uh, beauty tribe. So I just think that they just sort of like abandon ship on the Luzon camp. So the tribe that right. had no rice, that's basically like they get the rice that was at the other camps. So what's that? But I mean, that's still what six days at least of of no basically no rice. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I'm curious about that thread and just I think how they bad it was. Some of it out of the fire, like uh, like grain by grain. But yeah, you know, <laughs> I think that they probably ate better when they got to the other tribes. But yeah, um, yeah I thought that Spencer got some bad breaks on the like. Uh, it seemed like that he just like uh, did not get like uh, too many forgiving bounces of the ball there. And I don't know if that's just that he's not a finesse shooter. But like I feel like the uh, there was a bunch of times where the ball like uh, it seemed like he hit the center and the ball just bounced out. Yeah, the jumpers were not wet enough from Spencer. No, Obviously, that's what no. that's what it was. You put some yeah. backspin on it, I think. I think so. I mean, I think that's why it worked. Aside from the fact that Cliff is a literal NBA player. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I think him being lo- like him coming down helps because there's less bounce, right? If he's just shooting them direct, it might just. Hit, yeah. hit, go in. Whereas if you're going aerial, there's a lot more chance if it hits the side, it's just going to bounce right out. Because it did look like Spencer had opportunities to gain the control and win, but the bounce shots just got him. He just yeah. wasn't sinking him directly in. Mm-hmm. I think Cliff was Cliff was doing more of a free throw with his, and, and Spencer was doing a jump shot. Yeah. And I think that that alone yeah. was enough to kind of just too much. Right. energy coming out of that and dave i don't know if that this is something that they like put out of order but i will say that uh they also plugged this challenge in uh when we had in uh survivor co wrong also where uh scott pollard <laughs> was in the and we had like scott pollard versus nick Majorano uh in this matchup so it's like they will like uh have this competition like in the back pocket for when they have an nba player on yeah, they just what they need to do is have a, a poker challenge ready for all these poker players and get mm-hmm. that on the on the back burner. <laughs> Help yeah. those guys out. Yeah. Yeah. I also feel like that uh Puya, in Survivor Guatemala, they had like uh a challenge that was like almost literally some sort of like NFL combine like coconut throw, also. Like I feel like that they did they, that we haven't really seen uh, anything that's like it like for uh in recent seasons, but I feel like that for Gary Hogaboom there was something there also. Yeah, so, like, I'm confused when they do this because who wants to see someone in their element, right? Mm-hmm. Isn't the whole point everyone's out of their element? So when you give the basketball player a basketball challenge, am I not supposed to assume he's going to win it? And then when he wins it, am I shocked? So, like, to me, it's like, where's the excitement there? It's, and, like... Are you, if you wanted me to feel worse for Spencer, mission accomplished. Because when he's going one on one versus Cliff, I was like, just throw him back at Tribal Council mm-hmm. again. Like he does, he's not going to get this. All right, Brains Tribe headed back to Tribal Council. Dave, in hindsight, was this the wrong move to keep Spencer? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't even think that to a extent that. Cass regrets it as much as she kind of pokes fun at him. Yeah. I think, you know, obviously there's a swap like immediately after. And so, but 
like I said before, they remain strong pretty much throughout in some ways throughout the final seven. So I think that there's something effective there. And I do think Spencer means it when he says I'm with you guys. And that carries out because at least for a long time. And so I think, I don't know. I think it was the right move. I think there's just too much. There's too much of a, too many other factors with Jatia. Yeah. Puya, in just in terms of like for not this specific game, but do you feel like that this uh, and and logic's out to be the right call for future survivors, where it's sort of like uh, you're right before the swap, keep the person who might be better uh, in the challenges in case you don't swap, because I do think that we yeah, could we- see in this upcoming season of Survivor, mm-hmm. six person tribes. Jeff said we're going to be in small tribes uh, the whole season. Like I definitely could see a scenario where we have like a group of four potentially going to three and having to make a similar decision. Yeah, I do think that um, when it comes to this decision, obviously it's risky because if you vote out your Spencer here and then you stay in the same group, you yes, there's someone in the order where you believe, okay, we have another easy vote here that's good for us. But if the whole point is to try and survive and salvage some numbers you want to make that decision to keep and i think ultimately for them uh the other aspect of it is if they were to swap and they did get rid of spencer it's like yay we didn't need him for the challenges but then we can't rely on jatia potentially because we don't know where jatia is gonna go next Mm -hmm. jatia might find a landing spot with someone new and forget all about us by morning so that's not a good situation either that's not a solid guarantee either yeah I agree. I think that the right call here is to still keep Spencer because even if you get swapped with Spencer, if you're Cass or you're Tasha, like uh, chances are Spencer is going to get voted out before you are on the swap tribe too. So he's a good meat shield to keep around, I think, also. All right. So let's go to our swap. We get uh, two brand new tribes uh so probably the more interesting one to uh just talk about in terms of like the tribe makeup ends up being uh three brains three beauties and sarah dave uh they are going to be the uh new uh orange tribe yeah i i think this uh this is a you know this is the first moment where the brains maybe have a chance so i I, this is the the redemption part of of their arc Mm -hmm. uh so to speak and you know i think like i said this is where sarah you could say gets gets swap screwed but you know she survives the merge so it's fine um but yeah i i really like how this swap turned out sometimes you know the all-stars version where there's a little bit too many people clumped together but this i feel like you get split enough i like that you know, the beauties are split up. I, I really like how this turns out. Yeah. And then meanwhile, we have the uh, Solana tribe, which ends up being Jeffrey and LJ together, uh, Cliff, Wu, Tony and Trish. So four of, uh, uh, and Lindsay. So then it's the rest of the Braun tribe is together. Yeah. So it's five, uh, but like the, the, the reason this worked well and the reason this keeps the season on a good pace is because of the whole, we're really sketched out on having Cliff go far, which helps in this tribe divide because otherwise LJ and Jeffrey should have just said, good night, we're going to be out. So that works there because there's some seed of doubt ready to be sown there. And then obviously on the other side, you didn't have a situation where the brains were separated and like two are here, one is here, they're all going to be the first ones to get voted out. So it did keep it intriguing and it did keep you guessing on what's going to happen next. 
Yeah, uh, Dave, we did the challenge here of the uh, kicking and screaming challenge uh, that they call it, where you have to grab onto the pole and then uh, drag another person across the uh, finish line. This is a challenge that watching it, I'm going, this is... I don't. I, I'm not so sure that they should be doing this, but uh, playing it, I would. I would love to play that game. Oh, I would have. Would so you much be fun. the puller, or would you be uh, uh, grabbing the pole? I know that I could. I could be the puller. I could really. I could really secure that pole. I would have no issue. I'm. I'm pretty tall and, and got enough pandemic weight on me. I, yeah. I'd be fine. Uh, but um, I, I think the pulling part sounds pretty fun too. I mean, I have a lot of siblings. I, I've mm-hmm. played the version of this before. Uh, it's. It's just kind of. It's a little uncomfortable to to watch this on tv where you're just seeing people being thrown around that's that's i don't know yeah i, I think there's a reason they stopped doing it yeah but yeah i would not want to be pulled <laughs> no because i feel like when i if i'm getting pulled it's just no holds barred you're gonna get a knee where you you're not expecting right. it and like no one's doing it on purpose but it's just happening um i wouldn't want that that being said, I feel like I wouldn't want to be the the one pulling either because I'm worried about hurting someone. I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is a very complicated challenge to pick. I think ultimately, yeah. actually, to be honest, let me be the one that might get injured. I'll be the one that's getting pulled. I'm fine with that because I feel like, again, right. my weight. It'll hold me down. I'll be okay. Yeah, I on hindsight, I, I do think that I will uh, introduce this game to my children uh, tomorrow. <laughs> I think that that might be a big hit at my house. Uh, but the highlight of this challenge is uh, Cliff Robinson just uh, yeah. sitting there. Totally not. I mean, that's basically an uh, immunity idol within the challenge. <laughs> I, there's just no way. I try to. I was trying to pair them up in my head. I thought, like from any tribe, just who could who could maybe pull him? And I thought. Tony and maybe LJ could try, but I don't think they would still be beat by the other tribe. It would take them a half hour. He's just huge. There's yeah. no way. If Cliff doesn't want to go, they're, they're not taking it. <laughs> He's not going. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So uh, let's uh, stay on the Solana tribe. Uh, they are the ones that are going to go to uh, tribal council. Uh, we have, uh, you know, uh, Tony and Trish, they're a natural pair. Uh, and they end up uh, really befriending LJ, who has uh, Jeffra in tow, and there's a Boston connection between uh, Trish and LJ. Is is LJ from Boston? It doesn't sound like it. Doesn't seem like it, but uh, if if they say so, <laughs> take it. That was just strange because you you hear Trish telling you this in her Boston accent, and I'm like, is LJ just lying to you because the, he doesn't have that? It's not even like a close. horse rancher, right? What, what, yeah. yeah, he is, and he, but he, you know, I think that maybe he I, I, like moved there in high school because he went to a Boston high school. I remember him saying that to her, okay. but that maybe it's one of those things where he moved there when he was like 14, so his accent mm-hmm. doesn't. Yeah, really, it does say he's uh, uh, from Boston, Mass. So, no, I don't. Doesn't sound like it. <laughs> there, there you go. All right, so. Uh, he hits it off with Trish, and uh, there's a little bit of uh, some weirdness about uh, does uh, Trish uh, have a crush on LJ, and is LJ going to play that up, Puya? Yeah, no, there was a little bit of that for sure. Um, also, uh, Lindsay did not hide her feelings about this either. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like Trish was definitely excited to have someone from where, you know, from her neck of the woods, and maybe there were a little bit of, you know, crushes there potentially i don't know can't confirm nor deny Mm -hmm. um but definitely again 
more storyline added of hey the beauties we're gonna make our looks work for us we've got what it takes to yeah to you know get what we want from people yeah so dave uh there was a, a bunch of things that i misremembered about this season that i thought i knew and i thought i knew this season uh pretty well so i, I would have told you like a couple days ago i would have bet anything uh tony leads the charge to get out cliff robinson tony didn't like cliff he wanted him out didn't feel like he was the leader uh no Trish is the one really pushing for Cliff Robinson to go. Tony, I think, would prefer to see the Braun tribe stick together. Yeah, it's weird. I, I had a similar reaction where in my head there's a, and I think this is mostly true, but the, one of the main narratives of the season is Trish is, is holding Tony back and she's keeping him calm and she says this at Final Tribal. And I think that probably is true. But in this specific moment, the way Tony's talking about Trish is the same way Trish ends up talking about him basically every moment post merge. Mm -hmm. So it is, it is sort of strange that this is really the one time where Trish is leading the March and Tony's trying to go, well, let's calm down. And, you know, and to Tony's credit, I think when you have an Alliance member so firm on a decision, even if you fully disagree with it, just going with it because she's the one leading the March is, I I think is the, is the right move. Uh, Even if he really, I I think we got a pretty good sense that he was not in favor of this at all. And Wu, he's still on board uh, with Cliff, as is Lindsay. So uh, Cliff has his uh, tight three. So ultimately, uh, they're going to uh, go ahead and try to knock off Cliff. But but yeah, for Tony, he really feels like, uh, you know, we're really like uh, better off with Cliff rather than LJ because we don't even know this guy. (laughs) Yeah. and And I mean, like, it's funny given where they go right after this, but. For Tony, there's no reason, but also, you know, Tony kind of has stoked this flame a little bit with his with his tribe. You know, they were safe. And and the other thing to remember is they've been safe the whole way through. Like, they've not been to a tribal yeah, First yet. tribal. So, the, yeah, so they're at a place where there could be some feelings here of uh, unresolved, you know, voting that needed to happen that didn't happen the last time, especially when they tried to throw a challenge to get this mission done. Now they're in a place where if we get this done, we still have majority. We're still in a good spot. And Tony's just got to ride this out. Now he has no choice here. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, We're going to get ultimately Cliff uh, voted out. It's a four to three vote. Uh, Boy, Wu is shocked, Dave. (laughs) Whoa, man. (laughs) Yeah. It's funny that within that alliance, you have you have two different reactions. You have the shock, and then you have Lindsay's like, "I'm I'm done." Yeah, <laughs> this was a big moment in the real time because this was in the era of the hashtags, and so I, that I remember mm-hmm. a couple of moments during the season that got the hashtag treatment. The hashtags do not still exist on the Paramount Plus, but it was like hashtag like uh, was it blindside or shock face. It was blindside for this one because I remember using this GIF at one point yes. um, often. And it is, is Wu looking at us and then it just hits us with the hashtag blindside on the bottom. Which I feel like I'm okay with the hashtags not being a part of stuff anymore. Because they, they you know, they're not really unique or creative. Uh, but also they kind of do, you know, leave a little timestamp on where we were. So I do kind of appreciate that. I did notice in the reunion, I'm like, oh, yeah, look at these tweets from seven years ago. These are, you know, they're timely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the Survivor Archives. All right. Well, yeah. they go back to camp and Dave, Lindsay, who we have not really talked much about, um, 
And I guess we should do with our uh, final thoughts on Lindsay. <laughs> but uh, she's like, that's it. I, I can't. I can't with you people. I'm out of here. No clip. It's, it's so. No Lindsay. Uh, yeah. Uh, in memoriam, uh, she seemed nice enough. I, I just didn't. I, I don't know. It's like there's just I, I think what happens a lot, too, when people quit, you know, they just get they get purpled a little bit. And that's that's fine. Uh, I did appreciate that Jeff doesn't you know, it's not like an Austin situation. He's not shaming her. He's just like, you're quitting. OK, <laughs> we're barely going to show you on the show. Then sounds good mm-hmm. uh, oh, you think that she just got like no edit because she quit. I think almost definitely. That and I, but, uh, again, I prefer that that sort of no edit, but also not shaming them on the way mm-hmm. out kind of situation. I think that's kind of the best thing you can do. Yeah. Uh, you know, just make it so people don't remember her. That's fine. Um, but it is weird because like, it seemed like there was some underlying thing there that she was, that I don't know if she had, she just didn't want to react in a bad way. Like there's something in her that was like, I, I feel like I'm going to have a really bad reaction to this. I'm trying to get away from it. So I, I don't know if there was more to that story, but we just, we don't really get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the Lindsay's arc or lack thereof consisted of the closest person to Cliff in the season. Uh, she did it a couple episodes where she was making fun of Trish. She clearly did not like Trish. And then when Trish talked back to her after this vote or tried to justify it after this vote, she wanted none of it. And then cited, I don't want my daughter to see me like this on national television, which I was like, oh, OK. Uh, good to know. <laughs> I just learned that now. And then they let her leave and she's gone. There is a f- really fun moment in the, all of this where Trish uh, says to Lindsay, uh, Lindsay, do you think I'm annoying? And then she's like, uh, yeah. It's like, uh, now ask me if I care. <laughs> The Trish blowups are, that's what I, I have to say. I had completely forgotten about all of Trish one-liners. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just so, she's so, she just snaps and she alludes to it early on in the scene. She's like, well, wait until you see the Boston side of me. And, mm-hmm. and then we see it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> out of nowhere. Uh, Jeff is going to come and then he asks her, like, do you want to say goodbye to the tribe? She's like, eh, not really. <laughs> It sounds like not. it sounds like she was at a, a friend's sleepover, and he's like, "You ready to go?" Yeah, I just want to get out of here. I don't, yeah, <laughs> I don't want to say bye. In the boat. Yeah. Let's get out yeah. of here. Okay. Um, Tony feels like this was a twofer. Yeah, head, yeah. He's, that's what he says. He got the head of the dragon, and uh, now there, here goes the rest. So, yeah, mm-hmm. you're right. Yeah, double elimination uh, from uh, Cliff and Lindsay. All right. Uh, meanwhile, then uh, the other tribe is uh, the Apara tribe, and uh, or is it Apari? Uh, who cares? Uh, so, <laughs> Dave, uh, the beauty tribe is uh, rapidly falling apart here. It's magnificent. The I mean, this is this is really you know where, where I was taking back about you don't know about the beauty. You do know about the beauty tribe. They gossip. That's the that's their pre-merge uh, arc. And I I love uh, the way this is edited. This is one of the better uh, sort of like creative edits throughout the season. Of just <laughs> there's there's even a moment where Morgan's talking about Alexis and Alexis walks up and Morgan does this like <laughs> thing mm-hmm. and it's all it's great. Uh, it, and it you know, it's supplemented by all the other, like the brains basically talking about how 
you know, how they, they can't keep it together. This is going to be so easy. Yeah. Um, they are just loving it. So I mean, it's nice to see the Brains Tribe uh, have a moment. Uh, after uh, the reward challenge, uh, much like on last week's episode, uh, we have a um, a uh, the ability to... Uh, what what is this called? Uh, to raid the other tribe's camp. Oh yeah, a little uh, shades of Pearl Islands. Yeah, a little bit of raid. Go in, make the picks that you want. So, uh, Tony goes over with Wu. Mm-hmm. They're the the chosen ones. And again, you could not have picked a better person to make this somewhat interesting. So they take their comfort items, they take their fishing gear, they leave them a tarp, and then they get a clue to the idol, but. This is useless. They don't need this. What do they do? They decide, hey, um, and again, Rob, this goes back to what you said earlier, the whole using production as a strategy. He straight up was like, this is a clue that we get to share with one of you. They give it Mm -hmm. to Jeremiah, and they're like, all right, Jeremiah, you have this clue. You read it? Good. Now give it back. All right, bye. (laughs) And no one believes Jeremiah anymore because it's too ridiculous otherwise. So good. Correct me if I'm wrong, Dave. So they basically like uh, did like the Survivor China thing of well, okay, we, uh, we get to pick one person to give the idol clue, but but this was like an old idol clue that uh, like this was not part of the exercise. No, yeah, they used an old clue. I I mean, it's weird in, in real time. Even rewatching it, you're like, what's going on? And you don't really understand it until mm-hmm. Tony kind of explains it. And you know, to Jeremiah's credit, he quickly realizes exactly what they've done. He's like, mm-hmm. they, they totally put a target on me. This is terrible. And no one believes him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just, I, you know, it is a thing where like, should they be able to do this? I think again, it's okay. As long as, yeah. If you can ask production, is this real? Uh, I have but, no problem uh, with this. This is yeah. like in, uh, like in, in bounds. Uh, like I, I feel like that, you know, w- like, uh, we'll see people like give each other fake idols in the future. Like, I feel like there's nothing that says like, uh, Tony can't publicly give a fake idol clue to somebody. I feel like this is what they were trying to do on Island of the Idols when yeah. they when they made is it Jamal made him write a fake whatever mm-hmm. uh, poorly executed, Honestly, but I think that, it was the same that idea. Seems like uh, a better play for Jamal uh, should have been to write yes. a fake idol clue and then hand it to somebody in front of the group. Yeah. Like, like I got a go clue to the idol. I give it to somebody. I was like, that seems way more believable. Although I, I guess Dean did uh, somewhat, uh, and enough people did believe that he had a fake legacy advantage. Yeah, or real legacy. I do advantage. love. I do love. You know, I love schemes. I love hoodwinks. Sure. I love trickery. And sure. this, this, this hit the mark for me. Yeah. Okay. So, all right. Um, we're gonna get to our immunity challenge, and uh, this time around, uh, Tony's uh, Solana tribe is going to win immunity. But in their celebration, Tony exclaims, "Top five, baby, top five. And uh, they over here, "Wait, what did he say? What an idiot! How could he say top five, baby? We're six. We'll be six. This is where people like Steven and me were, were sounding the LJ is going to win drum. There's no mm-hmm. way like this is it. The And this goes this is just like the, you know, I needed this. Ooh, this is top five, baby, is such a both a soundbite and just something that I think we all just say in our life now. If anyone ever says top five in any context, I'm yelling top five, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And so it's iconic. It's it is a bad move. I don't think it's I don't think you can justify this at all. I don't know how uh, Tony really recovers 
so quickly, but he does. I mean, I think it takes a minute. I, I mean, he really doesn't recover at the merge. I mean, Sarah right. is not going to vote with him. It's only by way of like Sarah being out of the game. Uh, does Tony like, uh, and they get cast to go on, go along with them that he does right. recover, but this yeah. was, this is bad. Mm-hmm. Sarah's locked in uh, with the other side. At least for now. I mean, she's going to still flirt with the other side. Uh, but meanwhile, back at camp, uh, I think Puya, we get the probably the most boring vote of the season. Yeah, kind of the yada yada of it all. Um, ultimately, this is where Alexis goes out, <laughs> and with little to no, and this was what was this the most? Um, this was a unanimous vote, right? This wasn't yeah. a close one at all. So yeah, this, 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 nah, it happened. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Alexis, but it just happened. Yeah, yeah. Morgan says yeah that. Uh, that she's very tight with LJ. LJ uh, makes her twerk. Oh. Oh. I had forgotten I about, forgot that. about that. That yeah. was uh, weird then, weirder. Well, just weird. It doesn't, it's just weird. Uh, everything about that. That's mm-hmm. like that. And that's the takeaway. I feel like, unfortunately for Alexis, it's one of the last things you remember is that LJ liked that she twerked, mm-hmm. um, which is really a bummer for, especially because I, I know that she's, uh, a Survivor super fan, still, I think, pretty actively live tweets, things like that. Yes. And I feel like she, yes. she did not get live it. tweets, uh, just like uh, live <laughs> tweets, like, uh, like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> hey, we need those reactions. She's, she's just making reaction gifts via uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that's true. Maybe, maybe that maybe she did get an accurate edit. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's the pre-merge. I mean, uh, do you think that maybe it speaks to uh, one of the reasons people uh, regard this uh, season highly of that? Uh, it's a very breezy pre-merge. I mean, you basically have the two-hour episode, and then uh, there's four episodes after that, you're at the merge. Yeah, and I think it helps that um, you got a little bit of everyone leaving. So from every every tribe, someone has left. The dynamics are very much mixed up going into the merge. You don't necessarily... It's not like, okay, all the brawn are together, all the brain are together. All the, everyone is in their own element, doing their own thing, which is great. And ultimately, it's easy to consume. It's easy to understand where the votes went, why the votes went there. And there's some decent comedy there, too. And the quit, again, the quit wasn't as bad as other quits may have been. Wasn't as... They didn't put much of a light on it. They just kind of moved it on and made us forget it happened. So, yeah, I think it's very, very good setup for what was then to come later, which I think a lot of people really enjoyed what happens later more. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dave, any other thoughts about the pre-merge? Yeah, I, I would echo what Puya said. I mean, the fact is, what, it's five episodes pre-merge? That's perfect. That's mm-hmm. because I think any season in general, like especially if you're rewatching it, you kind of just want to get to the merge yeah. for the most part. So it's nice. It's well, a I perfect it's rewatch. Interesting that because I feel like that. So we have uh, the number two season this week, and I haven't uh, talked about this uh, next week on the podcast. We're like with the number one season of all time, it's going to be heroes versus villains. When Shannon, Gus and Chappelle uh, join me to talk about the number one season of all time, which I feel like is a very long pre-merge. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, somehow they get away with it there, I think, because it's returning players. Mm-hmm. But in this case, we're like, eh, I don't like these guys are fine. Like I said, they make a great cast, but when I'm done with them, I'm done with them. So it, it works out. OK, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a little bit of a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to get into the post merge of Survivor Kagiyan 
Don't go anywhere because uh, when we come back, we have all of the post-merge to talk about. Plus, uh, we'll get into some uh, questions and, of course, the answer to the feedback survey that we do every single week here on the podcast. So stick around. Uh, We will be right back after this. We'll be back in 30 seconds once we thank our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do. And I bet it's hard work, but you know it's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you already have so much to do around your home. Go to Geico.com and get a quote. See how much you could save. It's Geico. Easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. Now let's get back to Survivor Kagiyan. And we're back to talk about the second half of Survivor Kagiyan with our panel, Dave and Puya. How was your break? Terrific. Just uh, drank half the pot of coffee, so I'm ready. I had some ribs. They were succulent, juicy, (laughs) melting my mouth. Yeah. I don't know how Liana burnt a quesadilla and the house smells a little burnt. Um, But uh, she told me not to say anything. Mm -hmm. And I... Just and did. and you I, I, that was the first thing you said. So she listened to these podcasts <laughs> yeah. because you might be safe. We'll find out. We'll find out. You'll see. You'll you'll know if I'm not in the stream room come like three weeks on a podcast. I got kicked out. But until then, I'll be fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You got to act like uh, Tony when Cass tells Wu that Tony revealed the plan. Uh, and just uh, play it off uh, very naturally like Tony. <laughs> I think I can pull it off. I think I've got what it takes. Okay. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> Merge time. All right. There's a final six pack of the three brains, two remaining beauty over there, and Sarah. Uh, and they're going to target a weak player. But um, there's some disagreement, Dave. Uh, Cass and Sarah are not on the same page about how this vote should go. Yeah, I... <laughs> I, I, again, it's like where I love Cass, so I just support what she's doing here. I don't know if it ultimately was was the right move that that she made. Uh, I think you know it, it, Sarah later proves in the game changers that she's uh, she's probably a better strategist than Cass in some capacity, at least. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, yeah, as a viewer, it's great TV. <laughs> yeah, although you know, now that I'm thinking of this, um, like uh, there is like some cosmic karma. To how this all plays out where, you know, um, Cass ultimately does end up being like a, a merge vote uh, in her own future season. So while she does like uh, completely change the direction of this season with her flip here at the merge in Kagiyan, ultimately uh, she does end up uh, paying that invoice uh, in her next season. Yeah, and it's very spectacular to think about because... Deciding vote here ends up in the same spot that she landed Sarah in, which um, was very interesting for sure. You know, I, and I think what um, Dave said, I echo in that I think Sarah had the better idea here. Ultimately, if you think about the divide, the disagreement here, the top five baby versus the top six baby, mm-hmm. I feel like you want to be in the top six baby team because maybe in the top six baby team, you might have a better chance of making top one baby. So I don't know if I said this in TEOS, but. I chalk this up to 
that Sarah ends up, and maybe we did, the, we did this in Wiggle through time, maybe. Uh, but at that merge feast, uh, they get a bottle of alcohol, and you see Sarah like uh, chugging a bottle of alcohol. Like, uh, I think that Sarah might have uh, been playing this round under the influence. I, I think there's a lot. I, I think there's some evidence to back that up. There, some of her confessionals are the, you know, the very standard. Oh, this is in my control. I got this. I'm and the that's- president right now. I've got this. Everybody better kiss my butt. I shouldn't say that, but it's basically it- that. It's and it's possible, you know, not unlike what you said happened in uh, the Amazon Rob, where they got about fifty confessionals from you uh, from one night of mm-hmm. drinking. So I felt like all of Sarah's confessionals this episode were from the same like twenty minute span. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk this through because this is uh, an all timer uh, episode number six of the season, Head of the Snake. Okay. Uh, so everybody uh, is going to get together for. The merge. And so uh, Tony feels like, David, he's going to bring Sarah back into the fold. Yeah, I. that's the thing is, I don't, if I'm Sarah, you know, I don't, I probably don't trust Tony. So I get why she's skeptical. But uh, <laughs> I, it is a, another world where you want to imagine where, why didn't Sarah just go with Tony? Um, I don't know. It's tough. I, I, again, I understand where Sarah's coming from, but uh, it's just, I think at this point, the top five baby really did do the permanent damage that you said it did. Mm-hmm. Yep. Puya, that uh, Sarah's argument here to her alliance is like, hey, I am with you guys, but I, I'm not voting out this person. I'm not voting out this person. I'm not voting out this person. So, like, I, I am with you as long as, like, specifically go after my target. Uh, and Cass, basically, her argument is that, well, then that's not an alliance. <laughs> Yeah, it's like, no, the conditions you're putting in don't count. You got to be with it no matter what the decision is. And I don't necessarily feel like that's the way to go, obviously. You can't be, and here's the thing, right, with a self-interested game like Survivor, there are moments where you just can't be picky choosy. You got to go with whatever the option is as long as it's not your name. And I feel like the site was lost this round on that. Yeah. Interestingly, uh, yeah, this is uh, clearly like not the anybody but me philosophy uh, uh, really from either uh, Cass or uh, from Sarah. Yeah. Is there anyone I want? Yeah. (laughs) Which was like, okay, uh, like uh, I will vote with anybody, like as long as you are specifically voting out my target. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So. We get uh, yeah so much uh, dis- uh, discussion and debate here uh, that we see Tasha try to uh, be the person who is going to uh, be the intermediary uh, between uh, Cass and Sarah. And Cass really objects to Tasha takes Sarah's side. Uh, that as a parent, I definitely can uh, relate to how they're like, oh, no fair. Why? Why? <laughs> Why? Why do you always have to? Go, oh, you always take her side. <laughs> that is where you know Cass does. As as again, big Cass fan, she does have some some child childlike tendencies here. It seems where she, her reactions don't seem to uh, f- fully match the. I, you'd expect that maybe more from Spencer, uh, which I think is what makes again that dynamic so funny. That every so often. You have Cass, who's really stringing, like she knows how to string Spencer along and mess with him. But at the same time, Cass's or Spencer's reactions to Cass are so much like that's really the best part that he just he can't understand how Cass is acting this way. I think that's uh, always my favorite part within that. 
we have our immunity challenge. And Wu ends up uh, winning immunity. Uh, uh, Wu is going to bookend the season here with uh, first individual immunity and last individual immunity. Yeah, and I feel like obviously you see them come into this merge. I remember at the time I believed, oh, Wu is going to clean up in the competitions. And then he puts this showing out, which looks incredible, but then doesn't really get any more W's on his resume. Which was a little bit surprising, but also I was okay with because it made it so that Wu's storyline, you know, went other places as opposed to just winning things. So I remember um, this was the first time I had ever seen these water shoes that Wu was wearing. I had never seen them anywhere else before. Yeah, it's it's even uh, my son when we watched uh, this episode. He said, "Dad, I think Wu won because uh, he has shoes. Because I think his, his shoes uh, was was the difference here." That's the that's how you know this is 2014. I can't think of a more time capsule thing to really <laughs> pinpoint the time because that is the year. Dave, <laughs> did they you were have gone. shoes like that? I didn't, but I knew a lot of guys that did. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe I am a Fabio after all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, yeah, I definitely knew a lot of people that had those shoes, and then they didn't anymore. <laughs> okay, <laughs> um, so it's uh, five versus five. Sarah is very much in the middle. Uh, Sarah feels like that. You know, uh, siding with the uh, group that she just came from, that's like the weaker group. That's maybe might be better for her to go with. Yeah, which I don't think is a bad shout at all. I mean, you look at the makeup of the two sides, you've got three brains um, and two beauties. And then on the other side, you've got a lot of your brawn people. So really the choice was, again, the, the, the top five versus top six, you want to be in the best spot potentially that you can be, and one would have yielded better results than the other ultimately. Mm-hmm. So we're going to get uh, a meeting of Trish and Tony and Wu. Trish has an idea of, uh, I'm going to talk to Cass. Tony tells Trish, like, no, don't do that. That's a bad idea, Dave. Uh, don't, don't talk to Cass. Trish is going to do it anyway. Yeah. Uh, again, there's... A lot of these moments where you see Tony holding Trish back, um, in this case, I, you know, Trish did, did the right thing here. But it is, it is, I don't know. I don't know if I, like, if, if you guys remember the first time you watched, if you remember how much Trish was involved here. But I'm starting to understand why all these people uh, on Twitter, too, were saying Trish is someone, like, she's got to be the one to come back. Uh, so she clearly kind of uh, knows what she's doing here and has a lot more strategy than I remembered at all from the first watch. Yeah, she's a, such a great partner to Tony. And of course, ultimately, like we'll think of Sarah more as uh, Tony's partner. Um, but Trish is just, just such a great compliment to Tony because she does uh, so much damage control for him. And that's not really how I see the Sarah and Tony relationship uh, in season 40 play out. Yeah, because when, when Tony walks in, we've talked about his energy. He goes mile a minute. He's speaking. He's causing you know, destruction every which direction, every communication he does. But then Trish kind of comes in, picks it up, softens the blow, kind of is the, is you know, the good cop to his bad cop, mm-hmm. hypothetically. Yeah. Uh, where I feel like when it's Sarah and Tony, they're more similar than I think, you know, you might think on first appearance. Yeah. But having Trish helps him big time. Yeah. 
And I do think, not that anybody is saying that, you know, um, Tony 1.0's game is like anywhere near as good as Tony 3.0's game. But I don't think that Tony could have won this season without Trish. And then, uh, you know, uh, I think that he, uh, maybe you could also say he can't win uh, season 40 without Sarah. Oh, I think you can definitely say that. I mean, yeah. I, we don't know. We didn't see 24-hour day footage. But, I mean, from what we see at Winners at War, Sarah is definitely helping Tony out almost step-by-step, day-by-day. But it's a little bit of a different <laughs> skill set. But I guess there is some overlap where that I feel like that there are members of the Alliance that, uh, you know, Trish is, like, uh, keeping on board between, uh, you know, the Casses and the Jeffras and the LJs. Like, and I think that Sarah is, like, serving, like, a similar role but is not needing to do as much damage control because he's not doing as much damage in season 40. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And I think that is, you know, it's like 3.0 is a more softened up version of 1.0, right? Where it's not a lot of this just destruction in every which direction and mass chaos being caused. It's not a lot of that. So it doesn't require a lot of that damage control that he may have needed Trish for. Um, in 40. Yeah, the one time he or, does sorry, do a lot of damage in season 40 is then when he votes out Sophie, and then he sort of does his own damage control with Sarah, and then uh, I think that Sarah may reel Ben back into the fold, so uh, they don't need uh, too much of that. But here, he strikes out hard with Sarah. Davey, that he uh, takes her aside. Sarah's not interested. She's not biting uh, working with Tony. Yeah, and again, why should she? I, <laughs> I totally get it. I, I don't like I, you don't disagree with Sarah's reaction to this. I don't even think Sarah, I guess you could say it's somewhat of an emotional reaction, but I think it's also a strategic reaction that, Hey, like we, you yelled out top five, baby. I don't want to be a part of this. Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like I'm really with you. So yeah. I, I mean, I get it. She also says that Tony is uh, the most, the player that's the most like her in this game. And she's like, I would vote me out. Right. And that's true, I think. I think she is most like him, and I. And that's probably why they worked well together in Winners of War as well. But uh, he just – I think in Survivor, you generally don't want to work with people that are just like you. Uh, mm. I think you probably are scared of that because uh, – especially if you know how you lie. She's probably very wary of Tony's line. Mm-hmm. All right. Cass is going to pull Trish aside, Puya, And basically, uh, Trish says, uh, tell us who you want to get rid of. We'll do it. Free – Free pick. Just Throw tell us who. <laughs> yeah. Whatever you fancy. We'll we'll get that order for put together for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And of course, Cass has a decision she has made. Um, and that would be, uh, give me Sarah. I would like Sarah to be the option here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this is such a delicious offer for Cass that uh, she can't pass that up of like, uh, Cass, which of your enemies would you like to see <laughs> served on a silver platter tonight? she's that she's that gift from uh i don't know is it billy madison where he's steve buscemi's got that lipstick and he's crossing mm-hmm. out that's the sure. that's the top of the list yeah mm-hmm. but she's not crossing that's yeah yeah that's the enemy number one number number one uh so all right Cass is on board uh to flip and uh we go to tropical council and uh these tropical councils get very contentious uh this season Puyo. there's a lot of uh back and forth between tony and the other side yeah and it's been very interesting to watch this season uh with the tribal councils where they don't need a lot of driving done there's a lot of back and forth and there's a lot of 
I don't know, self-assured is the word. They just all sound very confident in that what they're doing is going to figure its way out and they're going to be completely fine. We're going to get some discussion of the idols also, Dave. Uh, the idols are going to be uh, lo- looming very large here in the post-merge. Yeah, that that is one thing that I think... I think the idols work well in this season and I, I like, I like how they're played or misplayed. I I'm all for everything there, but I do think this is the season that truly sets up the thirties in terms of Jeff getting really excited about idols all the time. Here they are. Go get them. He mentions this in the live reunion show at least once that uh, go out, look for idols, do what Tony did. He was the only one doing it. And I think that this really is the season that makes production go at idol advantage crazy. So Mm -hmm. I like it here, but I'm also wary of knowing what's to come. Well, Dave, I think that in a lot of ways, I think that this season is sort of like the high that Survivor gets. And I feel like that all through the 30s, uh, they're not just with the idols. I just feel like that they're chasing it in terms of like all of the excitement and unpredictability. And I feel like that in a lot of these seasons, like the advantages come up. Like if there is not a Tony in the season, well, how do we inject unpredictability into every episode of this show? Yeah, I don't. There's no way here. Exactly. And there's no way to manufacture this, which is, I guess, the problem. But I think it works best when, contrary to what Jeff says in the finale, when it is just a couple people uh, knowing how to play it. Not like a Ben Freebergen situation necessarily, but uh, where it's people are trying to look for idols, but it's not just this like everyone has an advantage in their pocket. Because then it's just as a viewer, I have no idea what's happening. And then suddenly Cerise's gone and I'm sad. So mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, Tony. Uh, ends up saying that uh, that th- there are idols. He ha- he has one, and Spencer. Uh, well, would you want to take it out? And uh, they go ba- they go back and forth. But finally, uh, Tony reveals his idol, Puya. Yeah. So I remember when this happened. I don't understand why he would do this. Yeah. But this is before I recognized Tony as Tony. This is before I was like, oh, he'd just be doing stuff like this all the time. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. Yeah, and I love the um, Jeff, could you validate this for me? I do like that line a lot. Yes. So that tickled me on the rewise too. Yeah. I think that he says that, you know, he's doing that because he's like, again, trying to read the room, trying to get the reaction. I mean, he will play the idol for the wrong person. He will play it for uh, LJ here. But, yep. Dave, uh, you know, something that I feel like has gotten lost somewhere along the way, like uh, Tony's going to wear the idol around his neck a lot. You know, uh, Russell started this. Malcolm is going to do this. But I feel like that you don't see a lot of players with uh, wearing the hidden immunity idol uh, at tribal council anymore. Yeah, I think only a big personality can pull it off, if that makes sense. I almost feel like if you have someone, let's say a Jeffra doing that, people are just going to be mm-hmm. like, what is she doing? But I think with, with Tony, he's just so loud on everything that he does. You're just, uh, whatever strategic reason he has for that, I'm sure he had plenty. Uh, you kind of just accept it. But it's it, it takes, I think, a certain type of personality to go to tribal and put it on and, and act like you're looking in your bag and don't do that all. And he does it every tribal, a different version of playing with his bag of bag tricks. Of tricks. Yeah. Yeah. Puya, is it too much of a tell in modern Survivor where it's like, oh, Puya is wearing the uh, the hidden immunity idol. Okay, let's vote for him. He's definitely not playing it. Yeah, I feel like there's no situation where anyone's going to be too spooked at this point. If they see it, the, um, you got to play it. Like, um, There's no world where you're going to be able to fake him out. I just don't think that's the case. Did And I, I have not gone back to rewatch this season. 
So, Rob, you have to help yes, me here. Sure. Did Ben wear the tribal? So the the immunity? Ben, I think I don't know if he if he wore it or if he took it out. And but then they said like, uh, well, then if you're going to play it, why don't you pl- why don't you play it now? And they got Ben to play it before the he vote. Played it, uh, yeah. So. And I guess so that he, I think he wanted to do that because the, so then they would have to vote out somebody uh, from their side. So uh, that definitely did uh, happen in in uh, season thirty five, where I guess you, if you do have that option, but uh, that had never happened before that. But yeah, all right, I- let's get to some idol playing. Tony, he is going to play his idol on LJ. <laughs> and then LJ is going to return the favor and none of that matters. Mm-hmm. He's going to cover <laughs> Tony's ass. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it's, I think that's one situation where like watching it is, I, I mean, again, like you, you're rooting for good strategy, but at the same time, this plays out just, you, I think you go back and forth in this tribal council, what, like three or four times where, yeah. okay, you think they're covered. They're not, but Oh wait, cast flipped. It's such, I mean, it's probably one of the best all time travels for that reason. Yeah, but yeah, I feel like that this was like super exciting in the real time. Uh, does it come across as maybe a ho hum in uh, the like that we've seen so much? This is like uh, maybe like uh, you know tame by today's standards. It's possible because there's a lot of bells and whistles now. There's a lot of like this and this, and then now we have everyone getting up and whispering and like the whole thing. But let me tell you why this this I think still hits Rob. So. Tony plays the idol on LJ. LJ returns the favor, now reveals his idol. They're like, ooh, okay. And they think they've got this one side completely fooled. Then the first paper gets read out. It's Jeffra. The faces drop. They're Ah, feeling very smug. Spencer's like, "Mm, you thought you knew it. I'm a chess champion, guy. You're about to get a taste (laughs) of the Spencer Blitz. He's standing there like this. Yeah. (laughs) Then the votes are coming in, and then it's like, Okay, it's 5-5. Five, five. That's fine. We got this. Nope. It's Sarah leaving. And because of how worried Jeffra is, she starts clapping. Tony starts clapping. They just lost two idols. They nearly lost everything, but they got the flip they needed. And it's the clapping with still like mixed in with the dead silence of Sarah mm-hmm. realizing she's about to she's gone. Yeah. And then Which just yeah. makes it for him. Is it Jeffrey that's like, oh, Cass, thank you, thank you. And Spencer's like, oh, yeah. Cass, zero chance. <laughs> I think it's all of that. And what, so, yeah, I think you're exactly right. Like, we've seen people misplay idols. We've seen all of that. We've seen people flip, but it's, it's totally the reaction. And yeah. not just that they're clapping, but the way they're, the way it's Tony who's, formerly of Cops Arrest Alliance, clapping in the face of Sarah. I mean, it's kind of brutal. There's a lot of things. When you're watching it, there's 11 people there, and you're basically wanting to see every person's reaction because everyone has a different, uh, like, had different uh, levels of knowledge of what was going to happen. So that's yeah. that's the best part. Uh, well, th- th- that's very well put, Puya, that I feel like that the the well-defined characters uh, here uh, really do uh, help define this moment. It's not just yeah, they- uh, the misplayed idols. Like every almost every person has something here, which is very interesting to see play out. Mm-hmm. And yeah, ultimately, I think this was and and it, no better way to start a merge by having this happen. Yeah, because then you know the rest of it's going to be fun. And this is the season in the post merge. Uh, we're really going to get a uh, wild vote. 
boring vote. Wild vote, boring vote. Uh, yeah, back and awesome forth all, all the way through. And so we're going to get the Morgan vote. And uh, Dave, uh, we're going to get Morgan uh, just, uh, it's like the roast of Morgan here in this episode. It's it's pretty intense. Uh, I don't know. It's it's almost like you don't feel that bad because she just kind of, when you finally get to the tribal by the end of this episode, she's just like, yeah, those are all true. And then she kind of goes, I'll. I'll do my best. Like I'll, I'll start mm-hmm. working in camp. It's this just non-committal. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It, as, as far as boring episodes go, it's pretty fun for that reason, because it's almost a foregone conclusion pretty early on. And it's just this sort of like, how do we get rid of her and who's going to vote with us? And, and so it's more of, it's more of the destination than the journey in this case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Morgan's going to uh, give it to Cass uh, pretty hard here uh, in this episode, but Cass is going to compare Morgan to like a 14 year old dog. Uh, Tony's going to compare Morgan to like, uh, she's like a pillow. Yeah. The, the dog was brutal. I felt the mm-hmm. pillow's weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like I understood what he meant by the pillow because, like, she's just she's like laying there, kind of like pillows go on beds. She's, like, sleeping. I got it, but I do agree it wasn't the best one. The dog really does put the roast in on this episode. But, yeah, pretty much, Rob, I think you said it, set it up perfectly where exciting vote, boring vote. Morgan was pretty much, well, you're not doing anything here either. Bye-bye. Like, yeah. just go. Everyone, like, sees fire. Yep. Uh, although uh, more connective tissue with last week, two weeks in a row talking about Morgan. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Okay. Outback Steakhouse. Dave, are you a a, a, a fan of the Outback Steakhouse? I would say there's Sandra, and then I'm like right below it. Right below. Uh, but more ironically, like probably most Survivor viewers, mm-hmm. I, I have a, I, a friend of mine. He used to be my roommate. He's Australian, and we used to go there. And he would, instead of his ID, he'd show them his Australian uh, passport. And then he would act. He's like, ah, nuts? yes, just just like mom used to make it, which isn't true. None of that food is authentic. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so so my version of Outback is uh, enjoying it ironically. But the steaks are really good. So yeah. I, so to answer your question, if I was on Survivor and there was Outback, I would give them every soundbite they needed. Sure. I'd be all over it. And Puya, looking ahead to next week, boy, uh, I'm wondering maybe if, it, if you want to be a top two season of Survivor, you got to get that Outback product placement. Get that sweet, sweet Outback take. Do not get Applebee's because I feel like you're yeah. not going to be making it top of the charts here. But yeah, I mean, steak is delicious and they got steak, so I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Much better than an Adam Sandler movie, for sure. <laughs> for sure. Puya, well, will you and Liana ever uh, frequent an Outback Steakhouse? <laughs> we really, you know what? We could. We used to, so when Leon would visit me in Montreal... We would go to this place called um, Baton Rouge, and it was essentially Outback-esque. It was like a little steakhouse um, that we would go to that's just, you know, franchised all over the country. So we definitely have our own version, Yeah, and we're not mad at it. We do like it, yeah. Okay. Uh, Well, this time around, the team of Spencer, LJ, Jeremiah, Morgan, and Jeffra, they're going to Outback Steakhouse, and Spencer is picking up a clue to the idol. It's all happening. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Really? I think that's this is the exciting Lita. part of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not even, I don't know. It doesn't, it, it kind of, maybe I've just seen this too much since. I don't know what it is, but I, I feel like the clue at the, the feast in the napkin, I feel like it was fun the first couple of times. And now you just, they're just looking, they're just, 
mm-hmm. looking in their napkins. It's not as not as exciting. Well, Spencer got it, and so uh, they come back, and it's a rainy day, and uh, Spencer is going to go off and uh, look for the idol clue. But I guess because he was going to go into the water, he takes his pants off and leaves the idol clue, <laughs> and here comes Wu, and Wu is going to activate ninja stealth mode, and he ends up. Telling Spencer, like, oh, here's your pants and the idol clue. And then he's off like Sonic the Hedgehog, Puya. Yeah, he um that was great. Again, this was this was a mundane episode for the boot, but this was the best part of the episode, so might as well bask in it. Because again, we had our misdirect here. So Spencer gets the clue, Spencer fumbles the bag, Wu intercepts the clue, and now there is a mad frenzy. For this idol, everyone is going to be, they end up telling their, you know, their companions, hey, this is the clue. Let's go try and find it. And everyone's mad dashing for this uh, idol, which is very fun to watch. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think low key, the funniest part about this, and it is the most exciting part of the episode, is just the way Spencer folds his clothes and then. I, I put like folds the clue in between them, but in a way where as soon as we fix it up, it fo- I don't know. For me, every time I watch that sequence of him just like folding his clothes and waiting yeah. for it, I, I just that's just it's so Spencer too. Yeah. It's such a character moment. Dave, did Spencer work at a gap at one point? <laughs> yeah, they're, it's really well done. Mm-hmm. You know, if he, I mean, maybe you know, if he's if if he needs to get a side job working at Gap, there's, this is his resume. You can just throw, show him the video. Here's a clip. Don't show him the second part where Wu chased him, but mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's maybe like that. They put the receipt in the bag. Like you fold the pants and then put the receipt in there and then put it, slide it in the bag. Like, did you need a gift receipt with that? No. Okay. All it's right. It's a digital copy instead. It's a mad treasure hunt. Everybody's looking for the idol. Even Morgan has gotten up out of the shelter to go look for the idol. That's, that's you know, it's serious. Puya. Morgan is looking for the clue. Over the yeah, when Morgan's on the move here, you know everything has hit the fan. Not one person is chilling now. Mm-hmm. Everyone's looking for this idol. Okay. Now, Cass, she is watching Spencer, uh, supposedly like a hawk, uh, but she looks away. Spencer sees it. Spencer pockets the idol. Gets one over on Eagle Eye Cass. I don't know if it's because we know that he's actively hiding it, but but I don't know how Cass doesn't see it. He's doing like that, like awkward locker lane. Mm-hmm. Just kinda, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ready to ask her to homecoming. And it's like, Cass, look at him. He's not acting normally. Mm-hmm. All. all right. Uh, yeah. And then Spencer gets on a roll. Uh, he's going to win immunity. Yeah. This is the rare Spencer W episode where mm-hmm. everything goes right for him. And they had us fooled in the beginning when he loses the clue, but everything looking up Spencer right now is a good place for him to be. Yeah, it works. It, it works out for him. Okay. All right. So uh, we're going to go to uh, tribal council and, uh, you know, Spencer is going to try to make a push for Cass to come back and uh, join them. But ultimately uh, there's no hope for Morgan, Dave. Yeah, I again, foregone conclusion. I think earlier I said, it, it, again, journey, not the destination. We all know it's happening. It just kind of, I, I'm sure it could have gone the other way, but I think we're all kind of satisfied with Morgan being gone at this point, including mm-hmm. the majority of the tribe. Uh, but I do like that they sort of sprinkle in this, uh, that Cass and Spencer still have some kind of connection here. And like, again, that is easily my favorite. You know, people talk about Tony Sarah, but at least for Kagayan, Spencer Cass is the best relationship for better or worse throughout the season. Okay. All right. 
Uh, Tony got a couple of uh, votes, uh, which uh, freaked Tony out a little bit. He got four votes here. Uh, and Tony said that he was so worried that uh, he pooped himself. This... <laughs> I forgot about it. this is the turn of the season. I mean, this for, for Tony, you know, before this, it's kind of Trish leading the charge or doing kind of maybe a little bit erratic. And then this is where it, it all flips. And from here on out, Tony is the one who's reacting to everything, uh, probably a little bit too extreme. Uh, you know, I, I understand that, uh, you know, two votes aren't great, but it is. I, I don't think it uh, quite matches the reaction there. Out of nowhere, Puya, LJ uh, is the new target for Tony. Yeah, so he basically now has decided I need LJ gone, but also I can't break my word to LJ unless he breaks his word first. So Operation Entrapment, full motion here for Tony (laughs) to get something going. But it is fascinating because I do think this from this moment on, like Dave sets up here, this is where I start seeing the the more erratic Tony, the more like Tony at 130 because he, and I know he's talked about in uh, interviews, obviously after the show and stuff where he never slept. He always was in thought. And this, you were watching it play out live on the show here from here on out. He's thinking on everything on like too many different levels to the point where he's landing on. Okay. It's time for LJ to go, which I'm not mad at because it makes it exciting because we went from again, exciting, boring, Top of the exciting yeah. episode here. Dave, in the real time, this was the move that I think we had the most of, uh, of an issue with here. Uh, was, was this too early to go after LJ at nine? I have to think, for me anyway, I, I know why the, strategically you can see the issue, but I think the real reason that I was upset about it in the real time was that I thought LJ was the winner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I thought, you know, you get in your head about not only do you think they're going to be the winner, but you think this is the winner I want, even if it's subconscious. So I think that's really for me, what I was actually mad about. I don't think it's too early. I obviously hindsight is every uh, whatever 2020, but I I think that um, I think it, I think it was the smart move. I think like in my mind, there's, it's never too early to blindside as long as you have everyone in agreement. But that might be my own little personal philosophy outside of this. Well, it's wild the way that Tony goes about this, because I I feel like that this is some like full on entrapment that happens to LJ where Tony wants to get LJ out and he, he makes up all of these lies about other people. But for whatever reason, it was like he needed to get LJ on tape, say, well, maybe we should go for Wu then. So he tells the whole story. He's like, you know, I'm really worried about, woo, he could have an idol, and I don't know, I'm getting really paranoid, and uh, I'm wondering, maybe we should, uh, you know, I'm starting to get really worried about him. And then LJ says, I guess we can go for woo. Is that what you think? It's like, well, great. I don't, know. I don't know, maybe, I mean, if that's what you think, LJ, we'll go for a woo. <laughs> I just want to keep, I, just, I don't want to stop you from continuing the impression. Mm-hmm. So, just- <laughs> Got him. Yeah, I mean, I, I I don't know. It's effective, clearly. I, I don't know that... I don't know how any other players that could technically pull that off. Yeah. It doesn't but it wasn't really, really effective because... The, okay, like, yeah. L- later on, L- like, Trish is going to say, yeah, LJ said you were trying to get out. He's like, no, 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 he said that. He's He was the one saying that. It wasn't me. But does Trish ultimately believe Tony or no? I feel I like Trish always errs on the him. side of... Okay, all right. Uh, maybe I'm thinking of other moves, but I feel like generally speaking throughout this season, Trish just defaults to believing Tony for some reason. So, or just, 
yeah. just agreeing with this nonsense. I mean, I feel like after the vote, she's like, look, Tony, I understand why you did it. He's like, okay, that, yeah. And he gives like fist bumps her. But yeah. it's like, she like really interrogates him. And she's like, no, this doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I feel like sometimes she says, I know why you did it. And then she just gives an explanation. And Tony goes, yeah, that's why I did mm-hmm. it. <laughs> like she could just, yeah. she it. wants to give him an out. You nailed yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, all right. Tony uh, kind of is, was working on uh, setting up LJ. Uh, he ends up going on a reward uh, for a spa day uh, with uh, Spencer and Jeremiah. Just was broing down on a spa day, Pooja. A couple of bros having a spa session. Yeah, I mean, we should have done this podcast a, from a spa. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That would be a vibe. I'd be very okay with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be very fun. Yeah. Um, yeah, this is a good play, landing spot for Tony, obviously. This reward with these two. Again, they're on the outs. They've got nothing. So why not be the person to give them a glimmer of hope? Why not be that guy? And Tony is that guy. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, they're going to try to work on Tony and basically say, like, hey, Tony, like, uh, if you ever want to do something, you got our number. <laughs> Call I'm on us. your Rolodex. Yeah. yeah. Let's work. Let's work together. <laughs> I, I wonder how much, like, Tony really entertains. I, I don't know. Like, is Tony? This is my question for Tony in every season, but I guess particularly his first and third is: is he really loyal to that core alliance, or does he? Is he going to entertain people outside of this much? Like, I, I don't know how much of him is actually loyal to the alliance versus how much is just in it for himself. Does that make sense? Yeah, I don't think he has any loyalty to the alliance. I think he's going to stick with a group as long as it serves him. But I definitely think that he's going to take other meetings with people outside of the alliance if they're interested. And then, like, he feels like, okay, well, that's always like another direction that I can go. But then I'll always be able to, like, no, I'm lying to them. I'm not, I'm not, I'm like, uh, I'm just telling them what they want to hear. Like, I'm not really working with them. Uh, But really, like, he's like, okay, if, 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 like, uh, like, I'll let you know if I need you. (laughs) <laughs> I, I mean we see that happen in winners of war also where it's sort of like you know he has like nick on the back burner and then ultimately like uh when he wants and, and, and basically like uh he sort of has jeremy like that also and then when he wants to make the move against sophie like uh like he dials them up and basically says okay and then okay now this is the real alliance now uh this is really what we're doing but then he goes back to the people that he was working with in the first place like uh he's just uh got like everybody on uh the like uh I was gonna say speed dial Puyo, but I thought I was like, oh, it sound like really old. Speed dial I mean, still exists technically. Mm-hmm. I don't use it, but yeah, <laughs> the, like the modern day, uh, maybe different. He, he has different group chats ready to go. That is probably the modern day. Yeah, the, the group chats um, definitely are in place. Yeah, and I think that's the thing with Tony's game is that it's messy in this edition, but he was very fluid in that he he'll, he's willing to pick up any pieces to kind of work with at any point. Like he's not going to shut people down and be like, nope, well, the line's drawn, and this is what it's going to be. No, he's, he's very okay with like hearing people out, which I think is not a bad spot to be in. I'll, yeah. I'll listen to what you have to say. I'll make the decision after. But Now, Dave, compare that to how LJ handles things because Tasha has a plan. Uh, and she's like, hey, like we could vote, we could vote on Tony. Let me get uh, LJ over here. He's like, hey, would you like to uh, meet me for a <laughs> rendezvous? 
That it's weird. I remember that so well while watching it, but I definitely forgotten it since. And the yes. way that Tasha is stood up is just, I don't, it's so mm-hmm. good. I, I, I mean, I, I wish we could have just had a full two minutes of her just sitting there in silence. Just how funny it is yeah. just being stood up by him. And that got the uh, hashtag stood up on the episode. I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, that's where the hashtags She's, work, I think. Huh. When it's a when it's a unique situation, that's very funny. When it's blindside every other episode, I don't necessarily love the hashtag, yeah. but here here it worked. Priya, Tasha was indignant. So mad. Oh yeah. I do we blame her? Absolutely not. He did the equivalent of he got added to a group chat, saw who was in there, and said, nah, I'm leaving this group chat. Like, that happened to me no the other day. Like, I got uh, <laughs> that I went on my phone, I touched it, and I got like ended right. up in a clubhouse room. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Quickly, before yeah. anyone jumps in, you left. Yeah. yeah and they're like, Rob, Rob, Rob. Oh, get out of here as soon as I can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I get worried when stuff like that. I'm always like, if I take my phone out of my pocket and the screen is on, I panic. Like, what happened? Hopefully nothing was posted anyway. <laughs> let's hope, like let's make sure yeah. it was locked. Okay. Yeah. I feel like this this directly applies to LJ saying he just got on social media right after the mm-hmm. season. Figured it <laughs> he, out. he just got into an Instagram live with Tasha. Was like, oh, I'm the only person here. I can get out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> David. But in fairness to LJ, he says like, yeah, like I can't do this in front of Tony. Like uh, Tony's already freaking out. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> It's, you know, knowing he's going to be out that episode makes it really hard. But I think, yeah, I, I don't know a way he does this without if there's a more subtle version. It's really hard for me on, on TV to understand to like, where can you do things without being seen by Tony, especially when there's shacks everywhere? Not that they knew about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, it, that is one thing where uh, I wish there was a better way, like almost aerial drone shots. This is totally wishful thinking where I could actually understand where people are in the island at any given time, because it's really difficult to like to understand if there's a situation where LJ could talk to Tasha in without him knowing and you know without her ever saying anything about it. Yeah. Uh you want basically like the island map on the bottom of the screen? Absolutely. Yeah, like you're in a video game or anything that, just like that, that on the like two a, dots. It's like on Among Us Puya. Yeah, that'd be cool. Like a, or like a Marauders map from Harry Potter, where like you're like, oh, these little steps here, like that's who that is. Okay, that's very cool. I would love visual. Vi- I love visual things like that, and I feel like if it doesn't take too much of the screen, if you have room for a hashtag, you have room for this little map. Is all we're saying. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do it on Amazing Race a lot when they're lost on a way to a checkpoint or something. They'll show the map and show where they're going. That's the complete wrong way. That's mm-hmm. always fun. All right, so uh, we said that the last episode was a good one for Spencer. This is a tough episode all around for LJ because uh, that uh, he uh, ends up getting framed by Tony. Uh, he, he ends up uh, standing up Tasha, and then Tasha ends up besting him in the memory challenge on uh, having the wrong tile. And then we're going to see then uh, LJ end up being uh, the target of tony's vote uh we see uh tony break the news to woo uh lj's gunning for you what lj (laughs) yeah how could he (laughs) i know i know it's i just feel bad for woo i don't know maybe that's just who he is but like that's his whole character for most of the season it's just tony telling him things yeah 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 Like, but it, maybe that works. Maybe that's what, you know, that's his, that's his role in the season. It's ooh, just constant. You, I couldn't believe it either when I heard it. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. Uh, but then, you know, we will get where, uh, you know, uh, 
Trish is like, uh, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> the sibling metaphor really works a few episodes later where they all just are kind of this weird family <laughs> and they're all kind of gossiping amongst each other. And, and Wu is just the, the son that Tony has, well, lying to. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, your Uncle LJ, you know, I need to do with you. He told me. Yeah. All right. So Tony's got that other group text going with Tasha and Jeremiah and Spencer, and uh, he's going to add Wu and himself to it. And ultimately, uh, that's going to be the group. They're not going to tell Trish and Cass and uh, Jeffra about what's going on uh, with the plan to uh, vote out LJ. And that's going to be it for for LJ, Puya. That's it. By a vote of five to three to one, LJ is gone. And I think um, we talked about this a little bit earlier, but Tony, one of my favorite things is Tony's explanations after these votes of like why it happened the way it happened. So right after this, um, his explanation to to Trish was that I didn't like we this happened because we didn't want you to have to be a part of it or to the to the people he left out basically. And they kind of like okay, maybe we makes get sense. It. Story maybe, checks out. Yeah, that's fine. I feel like no one wants to argue with Tony because I feel like they are not going to win that argument. It's just going to keep going and going until you fall asleep because he doesn't sleep. So it's it's very funny because I think he gets his way here. He only takes Wu over with him for this vote because he doesn't need anyone else. But then he somehow is always able to go back to his group anyway and, like, patch things up. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, he's going to be patching together the Spy Shack here. Uh, we saw Spy Shack earlier in the season, Dave. Uh, it didn't really bear too much fruit. Yeah, I was surprised at how little you get the spy shack. I think it was just so, mm-hmm. you know, like hardened into my memory that I, I was I was sure that there was more of it. But what we get is great. <laughs> I think he built the spy shack and the spy shack was like literally in the shelter. Uh, like he built like yes. uh, like a trunk on the shelter that he was going to sit in. I think that he tells uh, Sarah that that's when he overheard the fake Cliff Robinson and Lindsay uh, story. So it doesn't bear any real fruit here, but uh, he's going to overhear Jeffra talking with uh, Trish and uh, he's going to start to like uh, get a little bit of a, a, a bug in his buff about Jeffra Puya. Yeah, and I feel like it didn't need to be much for him. But all all Tony ever needed to hear was someone mistrusts him or doesn't completely want to roll with him. Mm-hmm. And that's enough. And I feel like he, again, got his reasoning, got a reason to now consider looking at Jeffrey moving forward as well. Yeah, and Jeffrey's going to go on the reward uh, with uh, Jeremiah Spencer and Tasha. So basically, uh, Jeffra is going to uh, be recruited by the enemy over enemy lines to talk about things. And uh, here is where they're going to tell Jeffra about uh, Spencer has the idol. Hey, uh, you should work with us. There's a there's a moment where Spencer says, "Let's all shake hands," and then they start to, and then Spencer puts his arm out, and no one shakes it, and he's just he's kind of. Mm-hmm. tucks it back in there's there's a couple of moments i noticed watching this throughout the season where he either tries to hug someone or shake their hand and he, he just gets no one does it <laughs> it's so good yeah another uh charlie brown with the football moment for exactly. spencer all right uh the, they get their letters here also and uh for jeffra this is the moment uh that basically these letters are telling her this is she's got to make a move 
Yeah, this was the sign from above she needed. The letter really does solidify her thinking, I've got to be a little bit more self-interested. i got to do something for myself. And now that LJ's gone, that was like her main link to them. So she's willing to jump ship and join the three on the outs. Okay. All right. Uh, so it's all set up uh, for the immunity challenge. And Tasha is going to be able to balance the ball on a stick. And uh, they've got this big plan in the works here at the final eight to blindside Tony. But Tony, he is uh, going to be out there hustling always. And Dave, he finds uh, the once mentioned previously uh, super powered idol. Tyler Perry's super powered idol. Tyler Perry's idol. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He finds it uh, and <laughs> he needed it. But though that's not the same direct quote but yeah this is the point of the season where if you're a tony fan you're super excited if you're not you're kind of going oh like this is totally unfair yeah uh but but really quick i before i forget and sorry to backtrack i i had paused the screen on jeffra's letter um yeah. it is uh i imagine it's two-sided but the side that we see is not anything that she says <laughs> what, what does it say it's her mom. It's really funny, but it's her mom telling her all the things that she's telling people that are asking where she is. And it's just all the places she's pretending that Jeffrey is. And she's explaining oh. to her, when, when you get back, don't be surprised if someone tells you, asks you about your, you know, journey in Tell the outback. The yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I imagine it's two-sided, but I, I was laughing at the actual letter is very funny. Uh, and I was also laughing that she said in her mom's handwriting and it was like serial killer block letter, but you know, anyway, mm-hmm. it was a nice letter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, sorry to back. Yeah. Back to the super idol though. Yes. Uh, the super idol is here. Yeah. That, the super idol, I guess, came by way of Tyler Perry, uh, who uh, tells us in the finale, oh, he thought it'd be a good idea to have an idol that you could play after the votes are read. Uh, Jeff volunteers the information that there shouldn't even be a clue for it. He says, if anybody finds it, they find it. Yeah, so I feel like I've forgotten about that aspect of it, where Tyler Perry's big spin on the on the idol is... It comes with minimal clues later in the game, right? That was kind of like what the highlighted part was in the reunion where they talk about it. I feel like if you put an idol out there with no clue, that is great for like an extra bonus idol outside of the ones that might be in circulation. But I mean, we've all, I feel like a lot of people have already shared their opinions on this. The super idol need not exist no more. It's, it's too, it's too much, yeah. it's too overpowered. The super idol with no idol clues, like it was buried underground, like in a season that doesn't have this lunatic on it. Does anybody ever find this? I don't even know if it's mentioned. I think they cut out the that they were even told about it. Uh, But yeah, yeah. I I think, you know, I will say the one thing they kind of did to sort of correct for things like this. They didn't specifically do it with the super idol, obviously, but the. You know, you can only use this for the next two or three votes. I do think in that yeah. situation, it's it still is. I, I think that's valid. I think that's fine. Dave, do you think that later on in the season, there would have been clues to uh, this specific idol? It depends on how much Jeff Probst wanted to impress Tyler Perry, which I think was a lot. So, so yeah, I think so. Do you think that uh, if this idea came up from anybody else besides Tyler Perry, would this idea have been greenlit? No way, because he just reinvented the original idol. I, I, unless I'm misremembering, but it's we, this is mm-hmm. like the Yule idol, basically, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't. I mean, I think Tyler Perry's great. No, it's not a knock on him. And I also think Tyler Perry's 
reaction to Jeff trying to bury him with it is hilarious. I forgot in the live show that Tyler Perry basically says, don't try to put this on me mm-hmm. <laughs> on my TV. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think it's, you know, he tried it. It didn't work. Yeah. I, I don't know if was the medallion of power also Tyler Perry's idea. Am I imagining that? I don't, that- I, I don't think so. D- okay. Dave, how famous would somebody have to be to give you a terrible idea that you would uh, do on uh, TikTok, all they have to do is reply to me on Twitter. I, yeah. It's happened. <laughs> yeah, I've I've been pitched ideas. I would try them if I thought if. But the thing is, I'd have to think it was a good idea, which I think a lot of terrible ideas are good ideas. So yeah. Mm-hmm. But what if there? If you knew it was terrible, like if how, I knew it was terrible. Like how? how fa- what, okay, all right. How, I, yes. What is the baseline for how famous the person needs to be? Uh, I think. So I'm going to give a numerical value. So it's a little easier. I would say on Twitter, they would have to have at least a half million followers half for million. me to go. Yeah. It had to be significant because I feel like at a half million, that's where you yeah. are. Whatever you do, you're, you're, you're important enough in it for me yeah. to go. Okay. Well, I can say that I, I can't even think of an example. Uh, whoever uh, <laughs> AOC told me to do this. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I think I would uh, take a terrible idea that I knew was terrible for somebody uh, far less famous than that. <laughs> uh, what's your numerical value? Yes. Hmm. I see. I don't know if I would go with like a uh, Twitter uh, as, as the, as the metric. Okay, like, are you saying you would go with like the gram, the Instagram for the metric? Uh, I'm, I'm again. I wasn't even thinking like social media famous. I, I was thinking okay. like, uh, like uh, what level of notoriety? Okay, so um, Arnold's um, what was it? Patrick Arnold's like uh, uh, relative. Patrick Schwarzenegger. Arnold's, yeah, I think I'd yeah. aim higher than Patrick Schwarzenegger. Okay. I just wanted to see where the baseline was. Yeah. So not Patrick Schwartz. Okay. Okay. okay, mm-hmm. okay. So all right. We'll we'll, we'll think. We'll, we'll we'll open this up. Um, okay. Anyway, we are going to uh, see Tony. He has the idol. Uh, Trish is going to work on reeling Jeff for back in. And uh, this is another round where Trish uh, really uh, do you know uh, moving the ball forward for her side. Yeah, again, Trish putting in work to make sure that nothing, none of these mistrusts are going to affect them and is able to kind of do what happened with Jeremiah earlier in the season and bring her back to maybe a side that she was not looking to stay with. So convinces Jeffra to reconsider flipping and moving to the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, uh, Dave, they get her all the way back. It works. Yeah. I, you know, again, this is the way that, I don't know, at this point in the game, in the season, Trish is kind of playing a better game than Tony All on pretty much every front. I think if you had a, a great card, you would have a lot more A's for Trish than Tony at this point. Hmm. Do you think that uh, Trish needed to vote Tony out here? Do you think that she should have flipped? I... I don't think so. I think, and again, it's tough. It's really tough to say, especially when you, this game is so like internal. This season is, is in my head, but I think that Trish, if she was like not as loyal to Tony, I think at the final five is the time she had the numbers. She just had to turn on him. Um, but maybe that's a little, I don't know. What do you think? Puya? 
Um, the problem lies with the fact that if you write Tony's name down and he doesn't leave, yeah. exactly, he can't handle it, and then you yeah. have to deal with him, right? Right. So, right. Because I, I was looking at the voting history. The, here. Uh, the, he does it like maybe the the last like at the Morgan vote really when they when he got four votes like uh, that Throw was the two round. More that, on it. Yeah, that would have been the round. Mm-hmm. That would have been because he doesn't get another vote after that until the uh, final six. Mm-hmm. So, again, it's once you put his name out there, it is a pretty terrifying spot to be in because you, a lot of you, I, I'm assuming, had noticed how he was, you know, feeling out there in the on the island. So, definitely at this point, it might have been difficult for Trish, but also if Trish was looking at her win conditions. She couldn't get to the end with him. It would have to be again someone else to take credit for some of his stuff. Potentially, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, so uh, we are going to then uh, see at the uh, tribal council. Um, Jeremiah is going to let the cat out of the bag here, Puya. Uh, that he is going to let Spencer Tasha know he's actually a model. This is the biggest. Yeah. Maybe when Tony. Like, uh, Jeremiah, I guess, has, like, three moments. Like, uh, he's big in the Bryce vote. He, uh, mm-hmm. t- Tony, uh, like, dunks on him with the fake idol clue, and then he uh, reveals that he's a model. Uh, he did um, kill that chicken. Yes. That's the fourth thing he did uh, mm-hmm. is that one. Yeah, it's very funny, because now that we talk about it, Jeremiah had what happened to him uh, he did earlier with Bryce, where... He had an opportunity to go somewhere else. He thought about it. He considered it. He backed out, went back to his other alliance and voted out. Um, it goes, you know, complies with that vote. And then here he gets Jeffra on his side. Everything might look good. Then he loses Jeffra and gets voted out. And that's honestly it. You know, ever since him, Rob, the only person that has been able to one up his reveal of occupation is Bronte in Big Brother 18. Mm-hmm. No one else after, no one else since. Yeah. Do you want to explain that for Dave? Yeah, please. Of course. Sorry, Dave. I didn't mean to leave you in the oh, dark on this. It's one. okay. Again, so, just a just a Big Brother nineteen fan, which was uh, <laughs> did not work out for yeah, me. This is Big Brother uh, eighteen. You just missed this one. Uh, yeah. So Bronte uh, in the Big Brother eighteen house revealed the week she was leaving that she's actually a math genius. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I emphasize this. Says this on the way out the door. So there's no celebration, no like, oh yeah, you no. It's like I'm leaving, but I'm a genius. Like that doesn't really fit. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, I I mentioned that Spencer told Jeffra he uh, had an idol. I don't think that happened. I think I might I might have made that up in my head. Uh, I no at the at the challenge. Or, at, sorry, at the, the reward. reward I, did I, he mention? Did he mention? I that? think he. I thought he. Did I, did he maybe maybe I mean, this is Mandela effect? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Um, not important uh, because uh, that uh, Spencer is going to waste his idol here. Yeah, which again, yeah. I don't mind a wasted idol. Uh, I wish Spencer had played it correctly because he's the underdog. But maybe that's part of it. Just Spencer failing until he almost makes it. Yeah. <laughs> I do not mind a wasted idol. Unless the front runner who already has another idol is the one who scoops up the that's, next one. That's right? a good point. Like, yeah. That is the problem. Everything else is fine. Because I like, you know, I, I do like the philosophy of if you know where the idols are and you don't use them, then they're just never going to go back into the game. So you're in a good spot. So it, had he held on to it here, 
we would have been in a good spot. But right. then also Tony definitely does this, and he did this, Rob, you mentioned this already. He does this on a couple of travels, but in this one, he kind of decides, all right, let me pull the whiteboard out and tell you, Spence, the young lad here, Spencer, really goofed by looking at me and making the wrong decision and using it on himself because he was wrong. Mm-hmm. And he, he likes to rub your nose in it a little bit of like, ha, 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 I fooled you. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. So that was the boring vote. Jeremiah, let's go to the final seven where we're going to see Tony swing back to the other side. Jeffra is going to go out in this episode. And so uh, it's just down to Spencer and Tasha. They feel like they're, uh, they're down and out. Now, I'm trying to remember, it, Puya, do you have any recollection of this? Was this Kagiyan or is this in Second Chances that uh, Spencer and Tasha not were not as close as the edit portrayed them? I want to say I feel like it's this season. I think it's this season, right? I feel like it's this season. Well, like in Second Chances, they were not together right out the Mm -hmm. gate, I don't recall. Yeah. Um, But they're on separate tribes, and they they end up like both being like allies of Jeremy. Yes. Yeah. I think Jeremy brings the two of them together into their, like, into the united front they are. Because here, again, they were just both on the outs and both winning things. But I think here there seems to be some camaraderie. Um, So Mm -hmm. it might have been second chance. Yeah, Dave, it's like they're on the same page, but I feel like that if I recall from my postseason interviews with Spencer that uh, him and Tasha were not actually like that much of a pair. Yeah, it's it always with them. It seems situational in in every way, you know, that that they were on a tribe of just basically they were two of the three. So they they had that together that bonding experience mm-hmm. but i don't i don't recall a moment where they ever really made a decision together at least on screen um and yeah it, it doesn't they don't seem to gel quite as well as maybe other yeah devices. and like with spencer he called garrett his main he called jeremiah his main it was like he picked every dummy before he was like tasha my main it was like <laughs> i'm gonna ride with jeremiah this this man is my answers to my problem mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, Survivor auction time. Pretty good auction. Love it. Yeah, this is this is probably one of the best auctions before they killed it. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I love I love the low amount of money. Like they actually pay the accurate amount for a, a steak. You know, it's mm-hmm. like twenty bucks or something. I, I, it's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Trish has to call them out for being cheapo depots. Too many people are playing for the advantage. <laughs> a phrase I haven't heard I, before since. Mm-hmm. I know, right? I So I wanted to ask you both this, and it's not an important question to the strategy at all. But which of the food items in this auction looked most appealing to you? Hmm. And I'll just tell you mine right out the gate. I Those ribs looked phenomenal mm-hmm. and always will look phenomenal. Yeah. So. Only 60 bucks. I, I had the same I had the same reaction that I think Spencer had, which was they looked much bigger once they were like near – the face, mm-hmm. you know, from far when Jeff pulls it out, I'm like, that's like one rib. That's that's all bone. Who knows? Mm-hmm. And then I don't know what animal they got it from or how big a cow. <laughs> Those were huge. Uh, yeah, I think the ribs were the they, they looked the most. But in general, like, I think this was one of the better sort of food auctions and that I felt like all the food they had looked like it tasted yeah. good. It, did, it didn't look like, you know, the pizzas of the early seasons that are right. just sure. the ingredients. And <laughs> the woo with the ribs moment, like they matched like the music to uh, Woo's uh, sultry description of the ribs mm-hmm. uh, in that moment. 
Yeah, that's where Wu shines in a in a non strategic narrative mm-hmm. sense. That's perfect for him. Yeah, that was good. Um, get a fat dip of that guac is always an amazing get a fat line. Dip of that guac. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. great auction. Puya, did you see if uh, Jeffra's one hundred dollar quesadilla was burnt? Um, I'm gonna say yes because if Liana's listening this far, she makes the best quesadilla. So this was definitely compared to Liana's burnt. Well worth a hundred dollars for Jeffra. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. If she this came was over. A great one. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Advantage time. Woo! I, I uh, no, Tony the only- Spencer. I don't know how Tasha. Yeah, and not Tasha. I uh, Tasha was, I was sitting out. She was waiting for a clue to the idol. I think. Uh, I think that's the lie she told herself afterwards. I don't buy it. I, I think she was. I, I, have you ever seen an auction that has two advantages? It, like, I mean, actually, I mean, this is an actual question. I, so usually, <laughs> like, uh, so, so I think they have done a clue to the idol and an advantage in the challenge. I think in Survivor Caramoan, okay. Caramoan. I think okay. Malcolm right. Malcolm buys a, a clue to the idol. Uh, Cochran buys an advantage in the challenge. Okay. All right, that's fair enough. Then, I, if, if and that's the last season they would have sent, I'll, I, I retract my previous statement. But I still, <laughs> I still, I don't know. Even then, I think I would have just gone for it. You never know. You know, it's yeah, no guarantee. It's, it's funny because I feel like if she and this is probably a good indicator of are her and Spencer very close or not? Because if they're very close, we just upped our odds to two thirds of keeping it away from Tony. But right. she went the self-interested route of if they both zero out and there's even one more advantage, that puppy's mine. No one's getting a shot on this. I have my full 500 sitting right here. So I like the idea, but I feel like it was, I don't know. I can't even say, though. I'm about to say it's very clear that that was the last chance to get something because mm-hmm. he was like all right the let's put the advantage out that you're both you're all waiting for let's talk about that now it didn't seem like there was going to be a second one yeah just take the advantages out of the auction i don't know how many times we need to say the same thing yeah no that that is that's what fixes it for sure and it, yeah. it's especially if they, if they mean what they say with these shortened seasons that they're really gonna starve them which is oh yeah uh, uh i that's food. bring back the auction without advantages i think that'll actually have some value again right what are we saying that was good in this auction woo eating ribs and having a fat dip of guac nobody's like oh tony and spencer uh drawing a rock for uh the clue to the idol that i mean that was great yeah you don't there you don't get excited for people who look really hungry and are really hungry intentionally like starving themselves for a piece of paper. I don't know. I, I don't, mm-hmm. as much as I love the strategy side of survivor, I, I don't, it doesn't make me really that happy. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, you know, I applaud Tony and Spencer in this instance of sacrificing everything for the betterment of their game, for the betterment of their positioning in the game. But it does suck to watch. Literally everyone got a bargain. Like Cass got this amazing steak sandwich for like 40 bucks. And these guys are just starving it out. I don't like seeing that. Mm-hmm. I'd rather see someone indulge in the food um, and not have the advantage to be there. That would be better. Okay. This is a good episode for Spencer and for Tasha because there are four women left in the game. And so uh, they are going to try to create some uh, paranoia. And again, hard to tell if they are on like parallel tracks or if they are working uh, like with each other for this. But, you know, 
uh, Spencer's trying to get Tony uh, worried about the girls. Uh, that, hey, just so you know, Jeffro was talking about how she wanted to vote against you. Just putting it out there. Yeah. And, uh, I, you know, again, good on Spencer. He's kind of, <laughs> I, I don't know. I, back to what I said earlier about Spencer, I forgot how young he looked. In the, I mean, he is young. He's 20 or 21. And he really, quite a few times, to some extent pulls a fast one on Tony. And I can't imagine myself as a, as a young lad being able to trick a, you know, 30 something year old police officer. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's easy to root for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tasha, she is going to be, you know, hanging out with the women. Uh, they're, they're all in the water, uh, really like uh, helping to sell this story of look at the four women. They're all hanging out. Uh Oh, Tony, you're in trouble. So he does finally go out and look for the idol. And he finds now his uh, third idol of the game is a uh, second idol in his possession. This is a regular idol. He says, come to Papa. I love you so much. <laughs> He's like kissing it. And. Yeah, this is a sign of look no further than a man who has two idols in his possession still playing nervous. And one of the idols is literally a one-up. You fall, you mm-hmm. get back up. Doesn't matter. And he still plays with this nervous energy the whole way through, mm-hmm. um, which is very fun. But, like, yeah, I do like that Spencer was able to throw the inception out. I do like that Tasha was able to add a little bit to it. And ultimately, this is the beginning of the end to Jeffra's game. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tasha is going to win immunity. Uh, that is the uh, third in a row for her. Uh, so what are uh, they going to do? Uh, Tony uh, wants to bring in Wu. Uh, say, look, we got to vote out the women. It's all, it's all about, look, if the women get a hold of this game, we're done for Wu. So, so there's something uh, within this that I, I think there's like post interviews with Tasha where part of the reason she didn't vote for Tony to win is she took issue with, is it this part or how Tony phrased it? Am I remembering well, this correctly? Say? What did he do? Uh, that he basically, him saying that the women are working together was sexist and that I, I, I might be getting like totally misreporting mm-hmm. this, but I think that was the the sort of reason that Tasha voted for Wu at the end was that it was a vote against Tony for what she he said at this moment against uh, Tony. I don't recall the exact uh, reason. I'd have to go back and, uh, and, yep. and look at what she said. Yeah. I had to go back too. but yeah, I was, I was trying to figure that out and square it with whether or not Tasha was like, yeah. you know, had hard feelings towards uh, Tony after yeah. this, after the season was over about that. Um, or about uh, for for some reason, and so uh, we're gonna see where now uh, they feel like if they vote out Spencer, all right, the women are gonna take the advantage in the game because they're gonna run away and hide, and so we gotta get a woman out in this round. So all right, so Tasha and Spencer are gonna work with Tony and Wu. But yeah, I was thinking about this today uh, for Tasha. Like, boy, don't you think that it's she's better off here if she actually does go with the women? Like, I don't know if that was on the table. Right. I don't think so. I don't think it was on the table potentially, but I do think it would have helped her big time because now she has a probably a more permanent landing spot. But I think ultimately it was, can I take people away from Tony? And mm-hmm. I 
think the answer was no because it was like the whole mission was stop Tony, but then Tony's the only one answering their group chat messages. Like mm-hmm. no one else is. Everyone else is leaving it on red because Tony's like said not to not to talk to them. So right. he had all the he had all the stakes, and and she really had no other choices. Not to mention Tasha has also won three immunities in a row. So they're like, why why do we want to go to the final four with you? Right, like you're gonna win, mm-hmm. so we're not doing that. Yeah, at least Tony's with us sometimes. Okay. <laughs> Let's uh, then uh, get ready for tribal council. But wait, Spencer's going out and looking for the idol, Dave. Uh, this is throwing a little bit of uh, like Tony's like, wait, should we should I not do this? <laughs> I t- Spencer could have done anything and Tony would have just made up a reason to be worried mm-hmm. about anything. I, I, I feel like at this point, I don't know. I, I, I don't see a world where Tony uh, reacts normally to anyone looking for the idol. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, ultimately, it doesn't seem to matter. If I'm remembering correctly, yeah, uh, they go to tribal council, and but yeah, I thought it was pretty wild that uh, like Tony, like uh, is like uh, going in on Jeffra a little bit here at this tribal council, which I thought was odd considering he's trying to blindside her at this tribal council. I guess yeah, he has all the idols. Uh, there's nothing she could do. <laughs> Maybe this is just like uh, pointing back to that thing you said where he's like uh, likes to rub people's face in it. Yeah, I think he likes to do the so today your lesson for today and why you're about to get voted out is this. Mm-hmm. Why you came up short is this. And I feel like I think it's a little bit of what you're saying too though. Two idols, it's hard not to feel like Thanos at that point. Like you've got all the infinity stones. What are you what are you going to do facing me, Jeffrey? Like you're gone. It's over. Um I think he just couldn't help himself in this moment kind of go in a little bit because I think he it's almost like he wanted her to know that he had heard some stuff and he didn't want her to think that she was being slick. I think that's what it was with him in that moment. Okay. All right. Uh, ultimately, Jeffra is going to uh, get voted out. Uh, four votes for Jeffra, three votes for Spencer. And uh, we're down to the final six. Dave, anything else on Jeffra? You said uh, you thought she's a, a good character. Yeah, I think she's just again like you don't need every character to be this this you know game bot strategist. I think she's just someone that fits well in with this cast. And I, I don't know. I just liked that we had people that weren't necessarily larger than life, especially in comparison to someone like Tony. Uh, not to say that Jeffrey's not larger than life in some aspects. I just mean that like it, it, she really is another reason that you just have a really great cast. Yeah. Across Which the board. aspect would you say uh, she's most larger than life? Her accent. Uh, I I don't know. Um, I don't know. I just, I think Jeffrey's just so pleasant and nice, and I just there's something refreshing about that. And I would say the same about Jeremiah and just a couple other people where they're not like they're there to play the game. They're excited about playing the game. They're you know they're fully emotionally involved in the game, and I think that's just something that you want when you watch a season of Survivor that everyone, especially post merge, uh, is contributing in their own way. That sounds so kumbaya, but mm-hmm. I don't know. That's how I like about Jeffra. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Jeffra has the unique distinction where her gameplay and her last name matched. So that was a very cool thing to see in this season. Yeah. You don't get that too often. I know. It's very rare. Very rare occurrence. Yes. Even better. It's like a, it's like a book where the characters are just, you know, it's like, a, like Harry Potter. So many of the characters sound like their names. Jeffra Bland, perfect. Hufflepuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so Cass has had it. That's enough, Puya. That look, uh, burn me once. Okay. Uh, uh, shame on you. Burn me twice. 
Shame on me. That's it. I'm out. Yeah, she, she got it twice. She's done with this. She's upset with with Tony because, like, once again, this is the second time where she's been left out of the decision. That I loved her confession where she's like, "If you didn't learn from what I did, you don't want to leave people out. That's not good." Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, this is the beginning. I would say this is probably the beginning of the uh, Cass versus Tony chapter of the season. Yeah. Okay. Here we go because uh, we talked about this scene earlier in this podcast, Dave. But we mentioned where there's one morning Cass is like, "I'm going to sleep in," and uh, that Tony's got like, uh, "I'm a police officer, AMA." <laughs> with uh, Wu and Spencer, and then uh, Cass, like, he's talking about me. Yeah, Cass was on a whole separate I subreddit. Me. I don't know. Do you know I, I don't. He's talking about <laughs> they do show him say something, but it's not. I can't remember it, but it's like uh, you know, Cass is sleeping, and that's it. That's all he's actually saying, and it's not even negative. It's just um, I don't know. But it sets up the episode so well that you have. I mean, that's like what five minutes into the episode, yeah. and that really is the driving force throughout uh this whole deal and how tony just becomes more and more unhinged and like i said i think cass whether or not she recognized she was wrong uh about what she thought she heard she recognizes that tony is quickly unraveling and she might as well just let him continue to do so uh and yeah i think i'm not saying she has total self-awareness but i think at that moment she realizes that i can just let him keep kind of digging his own grave for now Mm -hmm. all right they're gonna go back and forth and uh, Cass, uh, says that, um, you know, she thinks Tony's imploding. She says that, uh, Tony's having a tantrum and he's like, uh, Cass, you write down my name. You'll go home. She's like, wait, what do you, what do you mean? Like, write down my name. You'll go home. You, that you wait, you see, you're done. Um, <laughs> she's like, oh, and then it basically, he like comes out and admit that he has a special idol and she can't vote him out. Uh, I think later he'll double back on this. Reason number like 17 while watching this live, you were like, there's no way he wins. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it, you know, I, I think he's charming and he kind of gets he, every day he wakes up and he fixes his yesterday's mistakes, whatever he says. But uh, this just shouting that out is definitely just a thing he does in the moment. And it's mm-hmm. not at all strategic the moment. Yeah. And the moment's right. So, we're going to have a reward challenge uh, that there's a big come from behind uh, reward, a lot of come from behind wins in this season. And uh, it's going to be woo Spencer and Cass. Uh, they're going to win reward. Uh, they're going to visit an orphanage in uh, the Philippines and they're going to bring some supplies. And this turns out to be a nice moment, even though it starts off with uh, Spencer telling us how I really, I don't like children. <laughs> don't really want to be around them. Yeah, he, he, he goes on that monologue for a while before he gets to the butt. Just, uh, just I don't know. I don't know about this challenge. I don't really like kids. Mm-hmm. But after I got into it, it wasn't so bad. Yeah, but Wu, he loves kids, Puya, and the kids loved Wu. This was a very sweet scene. Um, this is one of those scenes where, like, if Wu was to win the season, winner montage, I would. Yeah, I would be thinking of this one. I'd be like, yeah, no good for him. Like, it was very, very amazing watching him communicate with those kids, giving them the backpacks, doing the backflips. And I think his athleticism really plays out here for the kids because they enjoyed it. He didn't need any special tools to show, you know, to put on a show for the kids. It was very upbringing, uplifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. They're going to pitch Wu on a new plan. Okay. Uh, it's final six. They could split the vote. <laughs> 
It could be Cass and Wu and Spencer and Tosh. And they could split the votes 2-2-2 two, two, two on Tony and Trish. Uh, and, and I guess they could potentially flush out the uh, Tyler Perry idol here. Uh, Rob, let me think about that for a little bit. I need some time. just to. Okay, how much time do you need? <laughs> just need a little bit more time. Hmm. Okay, yeah, I could do that. Uh, <laughs> the weirdest thing about that was that Cass was, she's like, I appreciate that he took his time. Like, yeah. Really? <laughs> well, I think that that confessional must have been after he actually told them yes. When right, they back, no. They, go, they walk back and he's like, all right, I'm in. So maybe yeah, that's she, why Cass it, appreciated it. It is, but I, I don't know. Watching it back, I thought like when he's hedging and not even really answering, I, and even when he says yes, I feel like he's just saying yes because they keep looking at him. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think he just wanted to give them an answer because they just they were like a hot light. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, fine. I'll go with your plan. Okay. <laughs> so Trish and Tony uh, talk. They they need to uh, have a one on one with Wu. Even though, but don't worry, Puya. Wu uh, told Spencer and Cass he is not going to divulge anything. Yeah, it's no. fine. Wu is going to keep everything under wraps. It's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Okay. So Tony asks Wu, "What? What? What were they talking about back there?" He's like, "Oh, <laughs> Spencer wants to vote out Tasha." Like Tasha. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. No, bless his heart. Woo, not a great liar. Um, not a great liar. I feel like he could have come up with literally anyone else's name and it would have been more believable than it, Tasha. It sounds like he's hung over and trying to remember what happened last night, the way he delivers it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tony's like, right, that doesn't wait, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> What'd you guys do? Yeah. All right, so uh, Tony, uh, he isn't buying it. Uh, we go to our immunity challenge. Uh, Spencer ends up getting uh, the immunity here. Uh, this is the one where they're like running around trying to count things. Hard to play along at yeah. home, Dave. Yeah, I I, uh, I like when I can play along. I can't hear. Uh, this mm. is one of those times where I was 1.5 speed, just doing my best to, yeah. <laughs> to where, follow there, along. Yeah, there's 25 <laughs> or 26 crabs in there. <laughs> Who could say? And mm-hmm. how do you really know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Tasha, you know, she's bummed out that she uh, didn't win. Um, Tony uh, feels like that Tasha doesn't seem uh, as concerned enough about uh, going home here, Puya. His spidey senses yeah. are going off. Yeah. And, and he feels like, and here's the thing. This makes sense to us because we have seen Tasha talk about how she would like to play the game. When Garrett kept them in one spot, she was like, I want to go talk to people. I want to do one-on-ones. And the feeling here is that, well, that's not really happening. So something's got to give. Something's got to be going on here. But no, Mm -hmm. not really. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so uh, this vote, ultimately ends up being a uh, four uh, to one to one vote. So things uh, really kind of fall apart. So uh, it seems like that uh, Tasha, she's still on board. Uh, She votes for Trish Spencer. He uh, will still uh, vote for Tony here, but 
Wu and Cass uh, come around to the point where Cass feels like, hey, I think I could beat Tony in the end. Yeah, I don't know where that came from mm-hmm. for her. She says uh, he's our Russell Hance. Yeah. I I mean, I can see where she would believe that, but I mean, if I'm looking at the people around me, Tony is still like one of the last people I want at the end. I think mm-hmm. Cass could could maybe in certain scenarios beat Trish or Wu. Uh, there's a there might still be a path for her here. Uh, I, I might be totally off there, but like it's not Tony. Tony is not the final three that or, or final two that she can beat. Yeah, Puya, do you think that uh, Wu might have told Cass he's not in on the plan anymore, and then uh, Cass like trying to save face and like have some agency of that? Basically, like, oh no, no. I, I'm I'm just uh, I changed my mind of uh, what I would like here at this round. I don't know. I don't know Rob, because like to me, it definitely this whole theory of she thinks she can beat um, Tony does start amplifying more in the later episodes too. Mm-hmm. I think it was a combination. I think, and I can honestly feel like I can pinpoint it. When she like shakes him enough that he reveals that he might have a, something bigger, like a special idol, I think that's when the realization sets in of like, maybe I've got this. Maybe this is possible. And this is also um, uh, she is also the the one person who has cited other survivor players in her confessionals. So I could tell that she was actively trying to compare people to people mm-hmm. and like try and put them in different boxes. Like, okay, this is our Russell Hands. Okay, I feel like I can beat him potentially. Mm-hmm. Now, is this a misread? For sure. But also, Tasha, on the other hand, has won three in a row. Competition wise, she's got um, uh, cast beat, right? So that's not going to be good. Uh, but yeah. Okay. Uh, ultimately, Tasha is going to get voted out. Uh, nobody plays an idol, nobody flushes an idol. Uh, Tasha goes out at the final six. All right. Anything else to say about uh, Tasha's run here, Dave? I think it is her best compared to second chances. This is her. Yeah. This is a much more favorable run for her. By the Mm -hmm. time she's out, you're like, oh, man, I would, but you know, obviously, second chances, everyone wants Jeremy. So, yeah. uh, In second chance, she actually has some good moments uh, when she goes to the swap tribe at Angkor. uh, But other than then, she's like, has a pretty quiet uh, post merge game in Survivor Second Chance. Okay. Yep. All right. We're down to the final five. Great episode of television here. The straw that broke the camel's back, not the llama. <laughs> and so uh, we're going to uh, see uh, Tony and Wu go for uh, go in their boat. And Wu tells Tony everything. And Tony's takeaway is, we have to vote out Wu now. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said before, anything could happen. Like you could just do a random generator, and Tony's reaction is just also a random generator. There's no mm-hmm. yeah. correlation because he told Tony the whole plan. Then Tony feels like that he's too honest. <laughs> Got to get rid of him. And a bad read, bad read that Tony can't beat Wu in the end. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know why. It seems like the last few episodes here, everyone has a bad read. From every direction. Wu thinks he should take Tony to the end or maybe could beat him. Cass thinks she could beat him. Tony thinks he should take Wu. There, there's, it doesn't make sense, but I guess it makes good television. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm not complaining. Okay. That's Tony's plan at the start of this episode. Uh, we get the reward challenge of uh, put as much mud as you can on your body. 
Well, yeah, would you like to do this challenge? No. no me neither. <laughs> like, I'm okay. I feel I'm like good. getting in there and like lathering it on myself and then like rubbing it off on myself. It doesn't appeal to me. Now, if the reward is juicy, I'll do it, but I won't love it. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob, would you do this or the pull challenge? Um, I think I'd rather do the pole challenge, to be honest. Like, I feel really? like that you, uh, like, I mean, you're in the mud in like your shoes and everything. Like, uh, like everything is just ruined at that point. But, okay. But wouldn't it already be ruined? <laughs> I mean, after 33 days or however. That's like, it's, fair. It's ruined, but I, I just feel like that. Okay. My shoes are never wearable again. Like it's still like, I still have to wear these shoes for five more days. Okay. Okay. I would do the mud challenge. That's what mm-hmm. I'm really trying to say. I would yeah. definitely, I'd be fully into that. I don't know why Tony's so good at it, but right. He's really good I, at I, it. Is I, it surface I, well, area? I don't know, know. In going in, in survivor winners at war, um, that Tony wins the challenge for, uh, for patience, uh, that, that he has to like, he wins the challenge with like the stacking the blocks. And he says that, uh, can you believe I won a challenge that was patience? Usually my speed is fast and sloppy. And so that 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 is his mode. And this is a challenge that is is clearly sloppy. I mean, you'll see him on the slide puzzle in this episode. He can go fast. He can be sloppy. Uh this challenge rewarded fast and sloppy. So I think that, that was this was a good one for him. Yeah, and I think he also didn't have any any inhibitions from the start either. It mm-hmm. like immediately he just did not care. Mud all over me. All over my head, yeah. whatever he had, it, he he was ready. I mean, yeah, Tony Kagiyan is uh, definitely the mantra: uh, all gas, no break. And so, and this was an all gas, no break challenge. <laughs> yeah, very much so. All right, Tony wins, takes Trish to go for pizza. But yeah, I thought it was a slightly poor taste. Uh, they said, "All right, Tony, who are you going to take with you?" And he said, uh, "Anorexia." <laughs> yeah. So this like. <laughs> This whole thing with Trish came up a couple times mm-hmm. this season, which I did not remember. Malnutrition, but also, I think Lindsay calls she, her. Yeah. yeah, like Trish calls herself malnutrition, but I don't know slash remember enough to re- know if this is something she joked about first or people said it and then she started saying it to like, you know, m- go in with. I didn't like it. It's obviously uncomfortable yeah. a little bit. Um, but yeah, he picks Trish for the spot Yeah, to go with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah not great um yeah i think i think i think she did i think the idea was that she was owning the insult but Mm -hmm. regardless but but i think that's for her to own not for tony then to also use it again (laughs) if that's if that is not something that she is actually uh uh, dealing with then she probably uh should even if she's saying it about herself uh probably probably should leave that alone yeah (laughs) very true yeah Yeah. (laughs) all right so uh, they're going to go for pizza delivered by helicopter. Uh, a little extra, but we'll we'll take that. <laughs> you know, I support. I'm it. okay with it. It's yeah. the it's the Statue of Liberty of, of Survivor. The the taking the votes, Pat. That's those moments. I I'm fine with. They don't make sense. We don't need them, but I like it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Spend the money. Um, Dave, how do you think this pizza looked? This one looked okay. I, I have a I've had one bad pizza in my life, and I, I'm not very picky, but uh, this one looked okay. So yeah. I think pizza. I understand why pizza is their uh, one of their go to foods. What I was confused about was that there was like burritos too. 
Like there's a moment where you see Tony just stuff his mouth with some kind of maybe it's a cow. You guys know what I'm talking about? Was, I think that Tony is I just like taking slices up. of pizza oh, he, and oh, he's doing them the, and inhaling them. Like a New York yeah. slice kind of situation. Maybe. Yeah. I I'd have to go watch it back. I was sure I saw him just bite into some like random burrito and I was very confused by that. But e- either way, the way he eats is unreal. Yeah. Here. No, it's insane. <laughs> It's fast and sloppy. Fast and sloppy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So that's I feel like, you know. In, in Winners of War, he would have eaten with a knife and a fork. <laughs> yeah, this is true. It's probably the it's best true. comparison you could make to the two. <laughs> but yeah, still quickly. So much sauce on his hands. You'd think he was eating a lasagna by hand. Like, I was like, where's all this sauce? It's a pizza. It's contained in a slice. How are you eating this messy? Guy was hungry. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Trish said he had pizza coming out of his nose. He could have. Yeah. I've, that's happened to me before. I ate spaghetti, came out of my nose. Maybe that happened no to Tony. Way. Yeah. Was Did that you on TikTok? Off or something? I, haven't been, I haven't been able to successfully film it. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, that's happened to me twice, actually, with two different foods where I was eating and then I sneezed and then it came out. Oh, my God. My nose. Oh. oh. No, I don't know what the deal. I have. I broke my nose forever ago, and I think there's something there that's... <laughs> That's uh, allowed this to happen. So that's or my special not there or not there. Yeah, yeah, that's probably more. That's probably closer to it. Uh, years from now, when I when I when they're looking at my my corpse, they'll they'll go. They'll OK, that's it what out. it was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> OK, so let's see. Uh, Chaos Cass, uh, she's back. Um, she's going to then uh, have a conversation with Tony and uh, Tony says, hey, look, who told me everything on the boat? That, that, look, that was stupid. He shouldn't have done that. But look, just so you know, let's go to the end, me and you. I'll look past it. <laughs> Cass, yeah. I think, uh, kind of hits on uh, 19 here. Like, wasn't this, like, good enough, right? Yeah. Isn't this what you wanted? This is this sounds perfect for you. Just take it. <laughs> take the deal. Yeah. You're, you're there. It's not a bad offer. The banker is on the phone. Uh, yeah. he, he wants to offer you final two. No deal. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> open the other suitcase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think Cass is always going to open the other suitcase. I, no matter what. I, mm-hmm. I think that the whole, it's not really chaos cast so much as contradictory cast. That's really what she wants to do. What and why I love her as a player. Contrarian cast. Contrarian. Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, even better. She literally yeah. said in the last episode, boy, uh, I'm thinking the move might be go to the end with Tony. Tony, next episode. I want to go to the end with you. No, nah. not gonna happen. Um, it almost happens, but uh, not by this way. All right, so she's gonna blow this whole up, uh, the whole thing up. Uh, she's gonna tell Wu, "Hey, Tony, tell me everything." Yeah, immediately. And then Tony walks in. Hey, uh, Tony, we we're just—I was just telling Wu how you told me uh, hey, what you said in the boat. Yes. What, 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 why would you do this? <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> thus begins Tony being incredulously mad towards Cass. Mm. And again, Cass, the thing is, Cass has this superpower that Tony cites in the tribal later where she responds in the same tone with the same face yeah. to everything. Mm-hmm. And it's phenomenal to watch because I think it gets more of a rise out of people yes. when she responds that way. Mm-hmm. 
it feels a little bit like it's the good place and they've all been brought together to torture each other. Like all of them torture <laughs> each other. Especially when you get to that final four, yes, they yes. all torture the other person. Yes. <laughs> we have been, uh, maybe that's how the season was casted so perfectly. I think so. That, that's really what I was saying. When I say well-rounded cast, I mean everyone just had a person to torture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, Tony is just uh, getting uh, apoplectic uh, at this point. Apuya is uh, so mad uh, that uh, you see there are people that have secrets and there are people like you that go and blow things up. She's like, so we're not, so now we're not going to the final two now, Tony? (laughs) She just winded him up and he's falling for it. He just can't handle her. Mm -hmm. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and this is where uh, we end up getting the uh, famous uh, llama talk. I think this is the one we get here. <laughs> that's <Yeah>. the one. <laughs> yeah. And that's become a staple in the best of the year for RHAP mm-hmm. every year. Mm-hmm. Phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, that This comes from that Cass didn't tell everybody that uh, she was a lawyer. She said that she was uh, working with, uh, she uh, worked on her family's reindeer farm. Something like that. Yeah. 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 It's yeah. definitely a, yeah, maybe it is reindeer. But yeah, regardless, Llama was in his head. I, I think that my favorite part of this is that even Cass, but Spencer is just openly laughing <laughs> like mm-hmm. at this moment of, I, and I don't know if, if what if Tony's trying to do is break the tension a little bit, but it kind of does anyway. And that's, it's just, I don't know. It's just, it's the perfect balance of like people are arguing, but now I'm going to do a llama impression. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so let's see. Uh, I don't even know where, I don't even know where we go from here. Uh, <laughs> We, uh, this is going to change a bunch of times, but we got over immunity challenge. Uh, this is, uh, Tony has a huge lead in this challenge, Puya, and, uh, that he has like a couple of minutes on Spencer, but then again, uh, fast and sloppy, uh, that Tony is moving the pieces of the slide puzzle, uh, about 90 miles an hour, uh, but gets absolutely nowhere. Yeah, fast and sloppy is one billion percent the wrong way to go with uh, the direction to go with a puzzle because if you mess it up one too many times, just to unjumble it and then refix it is going to be a problem. And if your opponent is Spencer, you can guarantee that if someone's going to catch back on a puzzle, it's Spencer. So mm-hmm. the combination of these things, and this, I don't think this was the only time this season where Tony had a lead in a in a um, immunity challenge. He's pretty good to get to the end of it, but he can't clutch. He's not clutch on him. Mm-hmm. At least not in this season. And when is at war? He's going to be, uh, you know, very, oh, yeah. very strong in these challenges. Uh, but all right, Spencer is going to win immunity here. And and Dave, this is when uh, Cass and Trish get into it. <laughs> Just because they're there to torture each other. There's no mm-hmm. other reason. I, yeah, I don't know. Uh, wh- who, who instigates? Can you remind me? I'm trying to remember how this argument starts. Okay, uh, so I, I have in my notes here, uh, Cass opens up to Trish. Uh, do you think I'm stupid? Yes, okay, that's right. Okay, and it's and I what Cass later says at Tribal is that Trish was waiting to see what would happen at Immunity to, to blow up on her. Mm-hmm. I think that is true. Uh, it, <laughs> it doesn't make it less funny. It actually probably makes it funnier, but it does have the same effect where when you're watching it, you're kind of taken aback because you get that 
you know, the scene we've seen a thousand times of them walking back to camp and, you know, oh, great job, Spencer, blah, blah, blah. And then Trish just just blows up on cast. Trish goes <laughs> off. Trish goes off. Yeah. Uh, she says, uh, you don't want to argue with me. I'll rip you apart in 30 seconds. Uh, you could cry. You turn around with that big poop eating grin on your face and I'm going to uh, that I'm going to win everything. And you're not. I think until poop eating, it was going pretty well. Mm-hmm. And then, then, then I lost. Uh, uh, yeah, You're <laughs> a vicious, cruel human being and everybody sees it except for you. And it's really quite tragic. What's funny and tragic about that is, is no one goes, oh, that's not true, Cast. They're all just sitting mm-hmm. there, kind of not nodding, but not, uh, you know, not breaking it up either. Mm-hmm. In their head, they're nodding. Yeah. yeah. In their head, they're nodding <laughs> in agreement. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to see Tony Wu and Trish talk. And, okay, uh, Wu gets promised by Tony uh, that he will promise on his wife and child that he is now loyal to Wu. But that's not good enough for Wu, Puya. Yeah, Wu kind of, you know, he's in a position where I think the way Wu sees it is he's seen first up. How? Because he's been for pretty much any time Tony has flipped, he has taken Wu with him. Wu is the only. Is is that right? Do I have that right? I feel like I do have that right. Where Wu was a part of every single one of the blind sides with Tony. I yes. think in the, yeah. in the merge. Yes. Yeah. So he knows firsthand that a lot of these people had stuff lined up with Tony that didn't necessarily get it. So it's a little bit of a. I'm gonna mm-hmm. be a little skeptical on you at this point. Yeah. He doesn't feel like that Tony will uh, side with him at the final three. He feels like that Tony will take Trish uh, to the final two. Right. And like the, and that's a, I think that's a pretty decent read for Wu because the only person Mm -hmm. that, you know, he, Tony's closer to than him would arguably be Trish. Yeah. Very clearly. All right. So then Wu, he's ready to flip uh, to the other side. He's going to ultimately uh, be voting out Trish uh, with Spencer and with Cass, even though uh, Tony uh, swears to Wu. And uh, we get this is a very eventful tribal council, Dave. <laughs> it's it's all around great. And I think this is the one where I think they're, they start saying this is the insane asylum. This is one floor over the cuckoo's mm-hmm. nest and we're yeah. all. Yeah. Yeah. And then you get a gr- <laughs> What Trish, someone quotes the line yeah, from that Trish, movie. Trish. Yeah. yeah. And it's just, it's so good. I, yeah, I think w- w- the best tribals are where everyone is, you know, actively a part of it and it's funny, but also the jury is just in this case, just laughing at the, I don't know. I, I like when everyone involved is enjoying themselves and that's, that's definitely the case here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Tony like resets the whole thing uh, with uh, talking llama to Cass uh, and uh, uh, says, <laughs> "To Jeff's credit, he knew he was he just was trying to tee it up. So what? Oh, yeah. yeah, he was just waiting for for Tony to do it again. It seemed like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, ultimately, uh." We're going to see uh, Trish uh, get voted out here. Now, this is an interesting vote. It's a four to one vote here against Trish. uh, Now, Tony, had he uh, not voted uh, for Trish, it would have still been three to two. He would have been on the wrong side of the numbers. But 
Yes. He he has two idols. He could have mm-hmm. played an idol for Trish and saved her here. And then uh, Cass would have gone home. He did not. Yes. Because he could have used the regular idol on her, right? Beforehand. And, and then yes. sent Cass home for sure. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting because he clearly opts not to do that. Now... Is this to enable for him to sell the next idol as his move? Like the whole final four idol thing? Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know. I feel like if he uses this idol, he still has the other one. So, like, what's the problem? Well, I, I think that in asking uh, Tony about this from, like, uh, back in 2014, he felt like he yes, needed to put Trish on the jury. To advocate for him? Yes. that was, I think that, okay. that was his biggest reason why... He didn't mm. save Trish. He wanted. He needed her on the jury. Okay. I mean, I. He seemed like he was fine without her advocation, but we'll take it. Mm-hmm. It's fine. And I don't know how much that he was worried that uh, Dave. Do you think that Trish would have beaten Tony in the final two? No, I don't think he was. Yeah, I. I think if what he's saying is true, that makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah. I, I, again, you have to kind of take it like they make that up later after the fact, but it makes sense. I mean, take a look at the makeup of the jury. I, I mean, I think that there's potentially uh Trish votes there. If it's Tony versus Trish, eight people on the jury, you think LJ, Jeffra <laughs> kind of feel like that's at least, that's at least two. Uh, Trish might've lost Cass's vote. Uh, but I don't know. Sarah, it's possible. Sarah could be pretty upset with Tony. Uh, I don't know. I, I might have a wrong read here, but I think only, she, you're only getting LJ's vote for Trish. I really mm. don't think Not people even like Jeffra? her as much. I don't think so. You know, Jeffra's my girl, my bigger mm-hmm. than life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Um, anything else on uh, Trish going out here at the final five, Puya? No, I think that um, upon rewatch, maybe when I first watched, I don't think I had the lenses I have now and I had maybe on my other rewatches, but Trish is a better player than I think I recognized the first mm-hmm. time watching. And and it's very clear that she has some social capabilities that really help put Tony's game over and help him navigate the game in moments where I think he was a hindrance to himself, she was able to untie those knots to help him proceed further. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, no, she was uh, ironically not a cop, but the great good cop to Tony's bad cop. Yes, very mm-hmm. much so. Okay. And I think she has the best uh, jury question in the season. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's really, <laughs> nice good, in the, she's really good in the final yeah. travel counts. All right. Let's go to the finale. And Dave, live finale... Jeff's there. Jeff's always uh, telling everybody, uh, call your friends. It's the Survivor finale. <laughs> get them on the couch. Get in that group text. Tell them we're, it's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I have to wonder, you know, I, at some point, Jeff, and I mean this, it's wholesome, but he became very family oriented in how yeah. he markets Survivor. And this is like definitely where around the time that began, where he's really focused on the idea of all these families are watching Survivor together. I think a lot are but i i think the majority of us are watching on our laptops or something <laughs> well it's interesting that jeff talks to like a gaggle of kids at one point uh during this live reunion show and we, i'm pretty sure that the those kids are on uh this season of survivor <laughs> honestly i thought about it i was like at what somebody point look are these we gonna kids get up 
Yeah. Because at one point, we're going to get someone's introduction confessional to start the season, and there's going to be a shot of them in the audience. I know it's going to happen. Yeah. It's just a matter of which season that's going to be. And they don't even have to be that good in casting. Jeff is just going to be so excited about the fact that they were on the live show mm-hmm. and he talked to them. That's all That's all that matters. Yeah, this was and the kid from the Survivor You remember? Reunion. Yeah. <laughs> I um there was a moment with when when he was surrounded by the kids where this one kid was like yeah I like to go on iTunes and watch old seasons when I'm mm-hmm. sick and I was like that dates the show for sure mm-hmm. was like who's buying the seasons on iTunes that now? kid was <laughs> that one kid who now has to still watch them there because he got he bought them there mm-hmm. yeah he owns them yeah okay. all right. So uh, let's talk about the live uh, finale. Okay, final four. And so um, Tony is going to be setting up his idol here. And we uh, talked about this in the very beginning of this podcast, Puya. But uh, Tony has an idol that's worth bupkis, going to still play it. Yeah, and I think the key to having this plan succeed is... To follow it with full confidence, never yield, and just act like it is the most matter-of-fact thing. I'm safe at Final Four. You have to decide what you're doing because I am okay. And and we also discussed in the same podcast that this is something that not many people can pull off. Mm-hmm. Again, it's not easy to affirm such a decision and keep a straight face and not have people call your bluff. Mm-hmm. And so, Tony, he is going to try to pull one over on everybody. Uh, Cass has her doubts, Dave, that uh, this is actually a uh, valid idol still. Yeah, I think at this point, whether however Cass feels about it, there's really no other outlet. You know, Wu or Spencer aren't, at this point, they don't care probably too much what she has to say, or they're not going to... And I think Spencer, to your point, Puya, uh because he believes it's a final two, I think he's actually, I think he wants to believe Tony because he's pretty sure of this final two at this point. And I think it confirms his suspicions. So believing Tony then confirms what he already thinks there. I think that there's something sort of satisfying to him about that. All right. Final four immunity challenge. Love the ones are here. Puya. Ooh. Yeah. Again, in a surprising way, I feel like, what are they Not doing often. here? What was what, the, the concept here of uh, let's bring the loved ones in for uh, let them watch a challenge and then leave? Yeah. And, and it's like, let's, oh, oh, is that your husband? That's your husband. Oh, my God. Okay. Yeah. This was fine. I feel like comparing this to more modern loved ones visits, I feel like the modern ones are better. Maybe it's because Jeff adds his own commentary to it, which can be pretty funny. <laughs> What's it like having a person in your life? Uh, mm-hmm. That yeah. is your brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell me about that. Mm-hmm. You've seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was sweet seeing them. It was sweet seeing them. I, I, it was very clearly they were happy to see them. Um, but yeah, they were just essentially there to watch one comp and leave. Like there was not much else there going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to have this challenge. Uh, this is the one where we see this in a lot of the different seasons where you're standing up like on a really high perch. You have a bucket, pull the bucket down, and then uh, you got to fill it up and, re- and read your key. Cass is so far out of this challenge. Uh, she ends up, she's uh, like everybody else is working on their puzzle. Cass is not even close to being in it. She ends up having a massive come from behind victory and uh, winning this one in front of Mr. Cass. It was very impressed. 
It's a great comeback. I, I um, part of the reason I sort of really like this loved one visit. Uh, I, I don't, I understand like, Oh, just coming for the challenge and uh, not, you know, not as maybe fulfilling, but I like when it's a surprise, not unlike winners at war uh, in some way, but th- when it's a surprise and that they probably thought there's no more loved one visits so for that for them just to show up. I really liked, I don't think they got the dramatic moment mm-hmm. that they were hoping for. In fact, you just mentioned this, but I, Tony says that's her husband, like very matter of factly. Yeah. I don't know how he knows, but he knows what Cass's husband looks like. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, but anyway, I like, I like that it, I think it is true here that Cass's husband really did kind of, help motivate her to, mm-hmm. to come from behind and win. I think that's a pretty cool yeah. little mini story. With I mean, this. Cass has a great finale. She does. She, she, you kind of, you know, well, I did and not everyone, but I definitely was rooting for it to an extent yeah. at certain points in this. I, I kind of like, she had a, an underdog narrative going. And I misremembered this as well, that I thought Cass was going to win the final three challenge. And then, I, and then Wu won. I'm like, oh yeah, of course Wu wins. I like, I don't know what I was thinking. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I guess I, I thought that she won both the challenges in the finale, but that doesn't, that doesn't make sense. Uh, but I had forgotten she had won the final four challenge here. And so she wins and she talks a little bit about how uh, that she feels like uh, that she already has it uh, figured out what she's going to say to the jury. And, and Puya, this is also interesting because just to have like the connective tissue with her and Sarah again, uh, Sarah sort of like, uh, like actually does like uh, bring this up in front of the jury in season 40. But she talks about how that uh, she feels like that there is some sexism to how her game is viewed and how that if she played the same exact game as a man that she would be rewarded for that game. And that's what she was going to say to the, the jury. Yeah. Which I feel like is not an unfounded uh, thought or narrative that we've seen on this show and many other shows. And I think this has been talked about in many different places, way better than how I'm going to summarize it in this podcast right now. But I feel like uh, with, with dynamics in these games, there's a lot of, you know, very easily, it's like, oh, she she should probably, she's like the mother figure, so you feel more betrayed by the move mm-hmm. she might make. Whereas this man who you don't really give that kind of assumption or value to can get the same move over on you, and you're like, okay, it's just game. Like, the betrayal levels will feel harsher depending on who's doing them. If everyone does the exact same move, it's like if the three of us do the exact same move, one of us might be respected for it, the other two might be looked at negatively. And then specifically here, um, what Cass is saying, I don't think is unfounded and I think has legs. And I think Sarah's also bringing it up later. Definitely, depending on who the person is, the perception of the moves does vary and is treated differently. Mm-hmm. I think what I like so much about Cass is that she, in a way, breaks the archetype of the the mom on survivor and and not to say that everyone was like this before her but she's she while a lot of her moves we may not agree with she's very unapologetic and i feel like that's a nice contrast to a lot of what we'd seen before that and so i really respect that she's not she's not really going to like let anyone trample on her regardless of whether or not we think she's playing a good game i I really respect that aspect of her that would have been really cool in the final jury speech as well. It would have been wild to get that final two of Cass and Tony, where then she does make this argument and it would have, because they ask in the, um, 
uh, or I think they ask what uh, Wu versus Cass in the final uh, reunion and show, and everybody says uh, they'd vote for Wu. Uh, but it would have been very interesting to see uh, Cass in that spot and see what the jury would have said. Um, but let's go live back to the green room here. And please, this cracked me up because uh, Jeff ends up telling us he's like. Wow, like uh, we're here with this group. And, you know, the great thing about this group is that there's no hard feelings. This group, like this, this group of people hates each other almost more than any other season of the show. How yeah, many people don't even talk to each other in this cast? Like, oh, they're all such great sports. Everybody here loves each other. Yeah, that's why I love this group. Um, <laughs> He's twenty minutes later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, twenty minutes later, we find out Sarah's not talking to Tony anymore. Mm-hmm. Like they forget hard feelings. They had feelings and a lot of feelings. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was you know that was very cute of uh, Jeff to try and cover that. Cute, up. not hot. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Definitely. All right. Um, so uh, the final four, uh, they are going to go to tribal council and uh, they got to figure out what to do. Uh, Dave, uh, Spencer is going to, you know, talk to Tony and say, like, hey, I think uh, I clocked this thing. And this is a final two. Yeah. And, you know, Tony, for his part, believes him. Uh, It doesn't really help Spencer out in the long run here. But, uh, you know, I I think that was the right move by Spencer. He did what he could do there. Uh, It wasn't a ultimately didn't work in his favor. But I do think kind of taking Tony aside and making these arguments and then, you know, uh, as Tony later says in the final three tribal council, what Spencer said came true. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think it's a really smart move by Spencer and, and really astute. Uh, you know, I'd like to think when I was out, if I was out there, I would, I would be able to count the days and figure it out. But it seemed like Spencer was the only person who was fully aware that a final two was happening. Mm-hmm. The thing that I just can't help thinking of, if it was a less interesting player with said Tyler Perry idol, and I don't even know if that player exists on this season. Uh, that, uh, you know, Jeremiah gets to the final four with the Tyler Perry idol. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think they're letting this stay a gray area? Or did, because it's Tony, they're like, uh, boy, well, let's, let's, uh, let's see what happens. Boy, it'd be a shame to lose Tony point. here. Yeah, that's not a bad point, Rob. I feel like... I feel like that theory does have a bit of legs to it, you know. I really do. Because obviously it's a situation where we know and very clearly we've talked about different levels of could they step in here, should they step in here? Yeah. We're like, no, not this one, not this one. Oh. Here it's convenient to leave it alone because, again, Tony's holding Yeah, it. although in fairness, um, that Jeffro with this Tyler Perry idol, I think they feel like oh, that's our new JT. We've got him. Like, uh, let's bow. Like, uh, so I don't know. Pick the person that they that, that they would think would be the undesirable here. Uh, Dave, what do you think? Well, my only problem with with this hypothetical is that I don't know that a Jeff or a Jeremiah even thinks to pretend mm-hmm. that in a no. Final Four situation. So it's sort of like you make a good point. I think production was rooting for Tony, but I don't know that anyone else is bold enough to pretend this anyway. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they'll allow it. Uh, Spencer goes home. It's not a game for Spencer. It's it's a passion for him, Dave. <laughs> I guess it's like uh, it, the same episode. His, uh, his sister says he just gets really excited about things and then calls me later. Really yeah. excited. Nobody uh, is more obsessed with survivor than Spencer was at this point. Yeah. No, that might be I true. Mean, 
Mm-hmm. And I mean, look no further than both in this tribal and then in second chances. When he's so close to the end, he doesn't care what he has to do to get there. He was literally like, I will tell you in front of the jury, don't vote for me. Jury, don't vote for me. Let me just get to the end. I don't want your votes. At the in the final four, at second chances, he does a similar plea of like, he pushes everything to get there. He really, really cares and is very competitive and loves this game, at mm-hmm. least in this timeline, where he was willing to do whatever it takes to sit at the end there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're going to the final three. And in the final three, uh, Wu and Cass talk. And before they go to bed, Wu uh, says to Cass, we've got no shot against Tony. <laughs> this is it. This is the final two. I, he also, doesn't he say something about, I'd be stupid yeah, to take said, Tony. I'd be the stupidest oh, yeah. survivor player ever taking Tony <laughs> to the end. Man, one on one survivor. Don't give him that soundbite. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> yeah. But kudos to Tony for uh, yeah. like uh, like uh, getting him to do the one eighty here. Uh, final three challenge comes down to what would you say? Steampunk, sort of like a like a gear crank. Uh, half second between Cass and Wu, and then ultimately Wu wins the final immunity. I love this challenge. I, I'm I'm usually I think my eyes kind of glaze over sometimes with certain challenges at this point. They a lot of them feel very same. But I, I like I always like a maze one and I love that some of the things don't work. I like that we have an aerial view so we kind of see what they're trying to do and the gear is very satisfying. I was very into this challenge on the rewatch, even mm-hmm. knowing the conclusion. Yeah. Jeff said it was one of the best. <laughs> I believe him. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> um so uh, they go back to these uh, kids, Puya. And they ask, they ask a, a young man in the audience, uh, like, what do you think Wu should do? What's the right decision? And, and this kid says, uh, Wu should take Cass. Uh, nobody has any respect for her. Yeah. Kids are savage um, and unfiltered. They say what they want to say. And this kid did not hold back. This kid was like, I'm starting the roast of cast tonight. I'm the host. It's happening. <laughs> and, yeah, I mean, the thing is, was he wrong? No. Mm-hmm. The kid was 100% on the mark with the assessment of the season and where everything stood. But, damn, it's hard to hear. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Tony realizes he's in trouble. He's going to take Wu uh, for a walk. And, uh, Dave, it's time for Tony to go to work. Yeah, this is, I mean, this is why it's such a, I mean, it's an exclamation point, like I said four hours ago on Tony's game that that he's able to convince Wu. I, th- I think it really, I mean, I think people do appreciate it, but I think it's usually more chalked up to Wu made a bad move versus as opposed to Tony said all the right things to convince Wu of this. And I think and I, I might just be too much in Tony's corner here, but mm-hmm. um, I do feel like, Tony does feel like make these relationships. So he understands what to appeal to a certain person, a certain time. And you see him bring up uh, Wu's passions, martial arts. He knows exactly what to say within Wu's um, uh, uh, like moral code yes. that could convince him to do this. And I think like that really deserves a lot of credit. He knows exactly what to say to Wu in that situation. Yeah. 
But yeah, um, one of my favorite things that he says to Wu uh, that he says, uh, Cass has stories. She did stuff. Even though they were the wrong moves, she played. Uh, <laughs> you know, she, that she didn't, she made the wrong moves, but she still made moves. Yeah, moves are moves, whether they're good or bad in, in this uh, situation. It's very, and I do think I kind of have to echo what, what Dave is saying here. I do think that um, it was the combination of using the whole moral code of it all and then maybe highlighting that if you want to win, would you rather win against the best or no? Because you might lose against Cass. And that's not where you want to be. If you want to lose, you might as well lose to the better person as mm-hmm. well. Like it just he somehow was able to package it in a way where the guy who literally was against him is now like, no, 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 this is the right ending for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't know if Cass had the closing argument uh to woo either. Like I think she had the sort of like the logical, sort of like uh just like blunt approach uh, that she says to him, uh, Tony's gonna win if you go with him. Yeah, I I was confused about Cass on this rewatch where I was at Tribal Council specifically when he votes for her. I don't know if it's just just Cass not having, you know, a reaction to anything, but she didn't seem super surprised. Is that like, would you guys agree? I I thought that was strange that she was. I don't know. I just thought like this is such an obvious thing to convince Wu of. Why didn't she work harder again? Mm -hmm. All retrospect. But I just felt like Cass wasn't that surprised. Hmm. Yeah, I don't think she's gonna give the satisfaction. Yeah, that's probably true. Hmm. Um. Ultimately, uh, we're gonna go to tribal council. Uh, get the jury out here, and um, it was uh, we're gonna go over the challenge. Everybody, uh, give their uh, their their pitches. Uh, but Wu, please, he doesn't want to hear it. I'm ready to vote. No. Yeah. <laughs> Who hits them with the listen? No offense, but I'm done. Let's just get this. You don't want to hear with. from them? No, I'm done now. It's I'm it's, good. It's kind of what you do when you when you know you're probably gonna make a bad decision and you don't let your friends <laughs> give you advice. You know what I mean? You don't go in, you don't go in the group chat to say, I'm gonna go do this thing because mm, you yeah, already know they're gonna tell you right now. Okay. Yeah. 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 Okay. Uh he goes to get the vote. It is Cass. Um, Cass says, uh, some people will hate me. Uh, she had had a little hell of a time. No lies detected. It's true. Mm-hmm. it's true. Also, Spencer's face here, phenomenal. Spencer cannot believe Tony just made it to the final two. Mm-hmm. Now, Dave, this is uh, the most celebrated modern season of Survivor here, I mean, this is an epic, epic moment here. We have uh, this final two that every Survivor fan knows about. Do you think it's wild that Survivor has never even considered another final two since this point? I, yes, I think it's crazy. I don't, I think like, so my second favorite season, and I don't know, I mean, I it's not because of a final two, but my second favorite season is Token Sheets. So I think... It just always works for me. I do understand where if I'm production and I'm looking at this, I'm going, well, <laughs> uh, in most worlds, Wu would have been smart in taking Cass instead, and, and this wouldn't be. So I think they probably recognize uh, this final two could have been really mm-hmm. not what we wanted. But uh, I just, yeah, I don't know why you don't bring it back. Like, if you have, a, especially, you know, these 18 
person cast. I think it works really well there. I think it works that it's random. I think that is smart, mm-hmm. especially, you know, fans versus favorites. Another example, like it works when you surprise them. So I don't know why we don't see more of that. I mean, I think a lot of Sarif fans uh, wouldn't agree with it works uh, that it's, it's <laughs> sure. random. But, you know, it, I mean, it, that it is, uh, you know, I, I feel like that the, they do it in the international versions, which seems to work uh, just fine. Uh, please, do you think there's any change, anything change with a cast? uh Tony Wu final three. Does that change the equation in a meaningful way? I feel like the the voting equation, not really, mm-hmm. but it, if I think Cass is going to sit there and just let Tony say what he wants to say, no. Yeah. And I think it would, from an entertainment standpoint, it would definitely give us a little bit more oomph into the yeah. final. I, I do think that she, Cass does have like a little bit of like Sandra upside potentially in the final two where she's just like, uh, could like if she's like calm and composed and then has Tony like r- spinning in circles, uh, in front of the jury. Like I'm wondering maybe if there could be a couple of votes there, it's an eight person jury. Maybe she inherits the one Tasha vote, uh, in, that woo gets, but I don't know if she can find three more. Is there is there a world where Spencer votes for her at the end just out of like because she saved him in the very beginning? Is that crazy? I think it's probably uh, he is such crazy a Tony because Tony is such yeah. a, you know, he he's so like over the top for Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah, end. that's true. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Should we go to the final travel council? Anything from, from day thirty nine? Uh, the mirror. <laughs> the, the fact that Tony yeah. thinks there's going to be another advantage and there's mm-hmm. no other. That was very funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've seen a few of these. Uh, let's give them a mirror here on day 39. Uh, it's a big time filler in the finales. Yeah. it's yeah. That's exactly what it's meant for because mm-hmm. otherwise they're just going to be sitting around talking about what their speech is going to be. Mm-hmm. And, okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let's go to uh, final travel. Council. Uh, what are some of the, uh, uh, more interesting moments from the final travel council. So this is still clearly the old format, right? Yes. Where you walk up, you throw your statement, you leave. Uh, you've already highlighted Spencer becomes the uh, pulls the half Murphy. I feel mm-hmm. like just saying you know, completely goes. It's Tony's game. It's Tony's world. We're all living in it. So that was fine. You've also mentioned already Trish had probably the deepest of questions, yeah. the heaviest one, probably the best one. But beyond that, um, what other highlights did you find, Rob? Because I feel like, again, the other thing for me is at this point, I was convinced Tony's got it, right? So it didn't give me a lot of change in how I was feeling. Yeah, you're feeling uh, really good about Tony's uh, prospects at 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 this point, I don't know if anybody else gives you anything that's uh, super memorable from the final uh, travel council. But as, as far as like uh, Trish goes, um, when she really just like, uh, you know, has Tony on the stand and she talks about how uh, she has a hole in her heart. She lost uh, her two brothers and Tony swore on his relatives and her questioned him like, uh, was it worth it? Like, what was it worth it to you for a million dollars? And hey, Tony says yes. Yeah. And um, I don't think she's surprised by him saying yes, but I think, you know, not unlike him trying to get Wu or LJ on record against Wu, I think she just wants to get him on record saying yes to it, mm-hmm. knowing she's going to vote for him. But I, I think it's great. I, I like 
I, I like that it's it's sort of um, it strips down or or encapsulates what has been Tony's game, which is he will do anything, he will swear anything to win, and he will win because of it. But it is, I think, what Trish is effectively trying to do is like this is what you did to get here, and you're going to win. But I want the audience to know how you got it. Uh, and and to you guys, I, I feel like the only really two people I needed were Trish and Spencer because Spencer kind of is, it's the first time that you basically have a jury stand where he turns and addresses the jury and tells them what to do. Uh, I remember at the time that being a pretty iconic thing as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's a little hard on woo. Puya, right. Um, yeah, potentially. I mean, listen, ultimately this was, this was always going to be the way it's going to go down. So, I feel like it could have been worse, but also could have been better. Mm-hmm. Like this was a runaway to begin with. Uh, like it was a, li- a little hard on. Wu. Like uh, I think we all got it. Like Wu got duped. Uh, like <laughs> didn't need to get uh, Spencer uh, stepping on his neck here. <laughs> yeah, calling him. Like what did Wu what was- do to Spencer? <laughs> Uh, nothing. And I think that was the problem. He did nothing to, towards Spencer. But this is the second iteration in this season where someone calls someone a dog and they heard both times. I feel like they were both too much both times with Morgan and then now here with Wu. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um, cut to the live finale. And uh, here we go. Uh, Jeff says he loves this season. The players came to play, Dave. Yeah. Uh <laughs> You know, an interesting life finale. Uh, I, I, it's easy to make fun of Jeff in these finales, and he certainly gets off track, and it's just whatever. But I, I did, I did like the questions he had specifically for the the cast members themselves, and I liked the Spencer exchange uh, and that sort of apology. But you know, I, I just don't. It's not totally satisfying reunion unless you kind of hear from everyone, and I, I think it's probably an impossible task, though. So yeah, we uh, well, we're gonna get uh, you know Tony's win. And, um, you know, we hear a little bit about the uh, reaction to Tony, uh, how hard he works, uh, that uh, he can't even put any masks back on. Yeah, he's been trying. (laughs) Mm -hmm. He uh, had parasites since he came back and he's been struggling. Uh, So, yeah, he definitely and I think we I we heard about this extensively postseason where like Tony had a long road to recovery after his first time playing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, We get into the uh, back and forth with uh, Tony and Sarah. Uh, Congratulations to uh, Sarah, who is pregnant. Uh, And then uh, they talk about like uh, what happened and she references how Tony went off on her on Twitter uh, when she did her uh, post-game press. Uh, Do you remember any of this? I found the post. I found the podcasting world yeah. at the finale. Okay, so I had Tony was a legend higher. on Twitter. I I remember this quite well. Yes, <laughs> and I remember to at a point I had to stop mm-hmm. just because it, it was spoiling everything. Yes, uh, left and right. Well, I don't even know if it it, it was like the opposite of spoiling things, Dave. Because I was like, oh, this guy must be out soon because nobody who won the show would act like this. <laughs> that's that's true but there was little like kind of easter eggs and, and i can't think of a specific reference for this one but it also it happened again at winners at war where i saw him comment on one of sandra's instagram posts that he was now the king of survivor and this is before 
Oh, the, really? The season even started, and I went, <laughs> and, and I thought I was like, I hope that doesn't mean he wins. And because she then replied, Yeah, you're now the king. It's some some exchange like mm-hmm. that, and I just. So Tony well, on this social is media. The first I'm hearing of this. I mean, it seems I, uh, regrettable. It was very yeah. regrettable. It was, mm-hmm. and I think it was like days before the premiere. Uh, I'll, I can try Ooh. to go back and find it, but I just remember going, "Well, that that's what that means." <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, but Tony was uh, more unhinged on Twitter than any other Survivor contestant that I, I've ever witnessed. Uh, of course, famously, Dave, uh, that he went off on Stephen Fishback after the, I believe it was the Survivor know-it-alls when LJ got voted off and uh, that uh, we thought it was a bad move. Famously, we were wrong. And uh, Tony uh, went just like went on a Twitter tirade on <laughs> Stephen Fishback and then chalked it up the next day to that he was at a sleepover with friends and someone commandeered his phone and made those tweets. It wasn't him. It's my favorite all-time Twitter excuse that people use in in all walks of life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That wasn't me. That was my intern, whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, I, I think it's kind of proof that Tony, and I'm not trying to necessarily compliment him here, it was pretty harsh, but his charisma is kind of what works in real life and that he can like, he can read someone. And if he's being too harsh and he's actually hurting them, he kind of finds a way to sort of make the situation funny or break the tension. But on Twitter, it was just, mm-hmm. <laughs> and, there's, and, and no, no cushion. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he would feud with Cass and Spencer and uh, ultimately Sarah Lucina to the point where then in San Juan del Sur, they had to institute the social media ban. Right. Uh, which I, I don't know. I, I was I was sad about it at the time, mm-hmm. but also glad I wasn't going to be spoiled anymore. Mm-hmm. So yes, okay. Well, yeah, they didn't have it for winners at war. No, um, <laughs> yeah, they, they have uh, Tony's uh, cop friend Nick here. Yeah, who who basically, and it felt like the whole time Jeff was trying to yeah, like so like was everyone mad at him? Like everyone he worked with, were they mad at him for like swearing on the badge and doing this and that? And the cop friend in, like, four different ways was like, no, he said he was going to go win. He won. He got what he was going to do done. Like, that's it. That's really all Mm -hmm. it is. I feel like there was a lot of push to maybe get, like, did he get more backlash from, like, his coworkers, which was never really going to be the case here. Mm -hmm. We also heard the story about how Tony uh, saved somebody's life. Yeah, his neighbor who was there, <laughs> he he kind of quickly goes over this part, but his neighbor was at his house helping him with something, and then he like just yeah. passes out yeah. and he gave CPR. Okay, uh, but it, it was kind of I don't know. I I felt like Booyah. I, my thinking was he was trying to get the the friend to bring that up, and it just never happened. Mm-hmm. And finally, was like anyway, yeah. <laughs> look at this. <laughs> yeah, so look at this article. Look at here. Look, look what we have over here. Yeah. <laughs> so. We get to the woo uh, conversation, and we referenced this earlier in the episode, but uh, it's very uncomfortable when they talk to woo because uh, it's like, woo, are you okay? And uh, like, he is not okay. No, he like does his signature pause for a second and then says, oh, yeah, I had the best time, amazing season. And he's like bigging himself up. I'm like, you look heartbroken. You're allowed to feel sad. It's okay. Mm -hmm. It is fine. Especially because now he also knows that he would have won if uh, he went with Cass. So, and he had the choice. So that it sucks. It's not yeah. easy to swallow that kind of sadness. It just isn't. Yeah, he's in like a trance, Dave. But uh, it's like we need to somehow like uh, figure out how to like save Wu. 
Yeah. Am I remembering the order incorrectly or just, I think Jeff asks him, are you okay? And then he goes, and then he does the vote, like the mock vote. Is that right? Or does does he do the mock vote beforehand? I think he does the vote first. Uh, okay. So, uh, and All right, that's goes, less harsh. Yeah. And then he goes, goes to <laughs> woo. Are you okay? And then like after like a pregnant pause, he's like, yeah, I'm feeling fantastic. Let's just give it up for Tony one more time because it was like one of the greatest games ever. Man, poor guy. That's all I can say. Mm-hmm. It does feel like it does feel like they just, you know, they snapped and they, okay. Remember the line? Go. Yeah. Again. Yeah. Also, uh, great to see. Woo seems to be doing wonderful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is no. Uh, I the guys this, in a million commercials for sure. His Instagram mm-hmm. is Santa's like the happiest feed I've ever seen. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, he's yeah. good. Good for Woo. I guess Santa's summer home. Sure. Um, <laughs> let's see. Um, we get the uh, like uh, really. I feel like uh, we, uh, Jeff uh, like bends over backwards to get Cochran's tweet into the show. Oh my God! Pigeonhole this, and like the worst part is earlier in the reunion we uh, we see or earlier in this crowd work. He's clearly sta- talking to someone. I think he was talking to a veteran who fought in uh, Afghanistan. And Cochran's clearly behind him, so we know he's there, but he doesn't acknowledge him. And then later he's like, and this tweet question for two. I was like, this Stop it. Stop here. it. Stop it. Yeah. But you got to get Talk it for the bingo Bryce. card. Enough. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. Yeah, please. He's really he really wants that the you know the Leonardo DiCaprio pointing meme of the viewers to be like that's Cochran behind him like they really <laughs> yeah. want you to notice him yeah and Dave uh, so we get to talk with uh, with Tyler Perry the prolific uh-huh. storyteller Hollywood powerhouse uh, and uh, like Tyler Perry what do you what do you like here uh, yeah he. <laughs> Again, I love that Tyler Perry basically calls Jeff out for trying to put the, you know, put the super idol blame on him. Uh, But I also think that, like, I wonder if Tyler Perry, because of this, didn't want to show up in a live show again. It did feel a little bit like that's the last time we, I think it's the last time we saw Tyler Perry Mm -hmm. in a Survivor live show. Yeah. I think the only other idea that got chalked up to Tyler Perry was that Tyler Perry said, don't give the contestants their bathing suits anymore. I was gonna say the sequel to this idea was the the underwear only rule. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no more bathing suits mm-hmm. that yeah. uh, they put on him, which yeah. I don't think was disputed. So we're just gonna keep it credited to him, I guess. Mm-hmm. I want to hear what Adam Scott. I, I want to hear his ideas. He, I feel like he's always at those. Live he's shows. there, but I, I don't think he rates enough to get like uh, Jimmy Fallon gave the idea for the booth uh, for Rob and Sandra at Tribal Council. Um, it seems hot like, take. I yeah. think that's a great idea. It was but, a good idea. Yeah. That, that was yeah. a pretty good one. Yeah. That hit. Yeah. So, you know, like maybe go to Fallon more than, uh, Tyler Perry. <laughs> okay. Um, let's see. Um, well, uh, anything else here from, uh, the survivor finale? Uh, did you catch, uh, with, when he was reading one of the tweets, it's all lowercase, but the username is Peanut Tom, and he got Jeff says Peanutum says Peanutum. <laughs> yeah, that was the person who uh, said uh, they wanted to see Tasha play again. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and then he uh, closes it out with uh, LJ. What's been the reaction from the ladies? Uh, you know, I guess social media, it's, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, that's Survivor Kagiyan, baby. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. That's it. it. Over four hours of it. 
Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean, I feel like, okay, I'll be candid. I feel like I've been a little bit out of my element tonight on this podcast, but what? getting to rewatch this season again, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. think so. If any, I, oh, thank you. I, I'm, thank you, I feel like you've saved me a hundred times, so I'll mm-hmm. give you that. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate you. Appreciate you. This has been, yeah, getting to watch this season back was phenomenal. It was a great reminder to why people still recommend this season to people who are getting their first fill of Survivor. And I think, Rob, dare I say, I still think it is it is still the, that recommendation. If you're coming in newcomer, watch this season. Yeah. I So uh, just to do my uh, rewatchability rankings a little yes. uh, out of order. Um, so I feel like that I, I've had like the last three weeks. So like basically like I feel like the the, the last four, like I kind of feel like that we have the, the Mount Rushmore there of heroes versus villains. Kagiyan, fans versus favorites, and Pearl Islands, but I, I think I would have them in a different order, I, and I think I would have this one. I, I think I would have it third behind the other two that I've watched the last couple of weeks, where I just feel like that, especially post merge, that I feel mm-hmm. like those other two seasons like don't take their foot off the gas, and I feel like that this season, while still great and iconic. I feel like goes, you know, sort of like, you know, uh, one for me, one for you. Uh, it's like a, you know, oh, yeah. a big episode and then not as big of an episode. And I f- kind of feel like that there are uh, less drop offs uh, in those other two seasons. So I think I would have this season third uh, behind the other two where I had fans versus favorites one then Pearl Islands too. And I think I would have this behind Pearl Islands just because I felt like that. And it might be the nostalgia factor too, where I feel like that those other two seasons, just uh, everything feels a little more important. And I do think again, for me, it feels a little less special having seen Tony again. And where I feel like that this was the, the one season where we got to see this crazy person run around and do this. And it's like, this isn't even the best Tony game anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that's a very fair assessment. I think that's fair. What I would say related to what, if I was going to watch any of the winners who played in winners at war of their seasons, I obviously Tony wins. So it's easy to say, but like to me, the best pairing for any player uh, including Sandra is Tony. If you watch Kagayan and then you watch winners at war, I feel like that's just a really satisfying <laughs> and just mm-hmm. forget game changers happened. But mm-hmm. uh, I feel like that's just so fun to see how he adjusts to play a better game. Seeing Sarah again. I think there's that to me is just really satisfying, but I, I think I would actually kind of agree with your rewatchable rankings there. Yeah. I mean, he gets so much better in, uh, winter. I mean, and he's le- not as fun in winners at war. I mean, I feel like that he's, uh, you know, uh, much more fun <laughs> here because he's just like, uh, such a maniac in this season where I, like, I don't know. You get, you get the ladder, you get the extortion. Yeah. I, I, uh, yeah, yeah, but yeah, but he's just like uh, so all over the place uh, all the way through here in True. Survivor uh, Kagiyan. And so I feel like that it's probably for me, uh, you know, it, it's still up there. It's an all timer for me. Still a super important season, uh, just like in my own Survivor fandom. But I think I would probably have it just uh, a tad less iconic than those other two seasons uh, for that we watched the previous two weeks. But let's take some questions from the listeners. Eric Kessler wants to know, if Wu cuts Tony and wins, what happens in Winners at War? 
Winners at Woo. <laughs> Woo's at War. Winners at Woo. Mm-hmm. Yo, that's very interesting. So yeah, so he he's the winner, and then he'll does then does Woo take over the game changer spot then, Rob? Hmm. Yeah, he's not in second chance. Tony plays in second chance then. for sure. That that is yeah. hot. That I'm mm-hmm. sure of. Yeah. Hmm. And then Wu and uh, then Tony gets voted off first and second chance. I think Wu kind of doesn't do well in game changers. And then I, I kind of think he's not invited back for winners at war. Hmm. I, I think, but if he's in winners of war, I think he makes the merge and that's, mm-hmm. that's about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Ross has a question about cast. Do you consider cast to be a villain? If so, uh, where does cast rank as an all time survivor villain? I mean, this is an interesting question because uh, I think that you could also say that Tony is the villain of the season. I, I think if you're doing a Heroes vs. Villains 2 and, and cast on the villain tribe, no one's surprised. But I don't think she's the tra- traditional villain. She's just, again, like, uh, how'd you put it? Uh, the contrarian. Uh, yeah, contrarian cast. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's It's not so much that she's like actively putting the rice in the fire or something, but it's, it's easy to archetype her that as opposed to hero. Yeah. I feel like causing chaos often will to some people equal as villainous, but I don't necessarily see it like that either. I feel like villain is the one who's like crushing all your favorites and the good guys and the, and taking all the like nice people out. And that's Tony. Tony's literally one by one chopping the feet off of every person mm-hmm. here. Uh, with no remorse, even turning back on his own. So he's 1,000% the villain in this equation. Rory Smith says, is this still a top 10 season if Tony gets voted out at the final three? So a Cass versus Wu final two. I think some of that depends on how well Cass does against Wu. I mean, I know we saw that it was going to be an 8-0 if, if Wu took Cass, but maybe it's a little different and we have a interesting mm-hmm. performance well, from cast in the final two it, that which outcome makes the season more popular a cast win or a woo win i think a cast win oh, i think but a cast I might, win i think uh, i think yeah. the season is probably uh still in the top five if cast wins the season yeah 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 i think so if woo wins how much does it drop from top five is my question i think it makes the top 10 but not, but just barely. And it's not against Wu. It's just that you, you kind of root for a more strategic active player to win. Mm-hmm. I think that's where it kind of lands. But I do feel like that they could have done a lot with the hero edit for Wu. Like, I think that Wu becomes True. like a very beloved figure as the winner of the season. Like when they really like highlight more of the, the best parts of Wu. Uh, I do wonder if they ended up like uh, could have made more out of Wu. Yeah. That's totally possible. And they had plenty to work with. I mean, that, that one reward alone, it's just, I mean, Wu's incredible there. So, yeah. Okay. Um, how about, uh, let's see, if Trish isn't on this season, does Tony still win? Seems like he would have struggled a lot more without her. That's from Garrett. I think for Tony, it's about finding a Trish. He seems to have at least a level of self-awareness where he knows he needs someone <laughs> Mm-hmm. there like with the same way he talks about his wife and he's taking his wife's advice uh mm-hmm. i think it's that like he knows that much so if he can find them it works out i don't know who trish's replacement is but i think there's a there's a path for him no 
<laughs> no, I'm just reading the the, the next question. Uh, no. Maybe Sarah could be that person for him, but I don't know if there was that person uh, that uh, that person uh, existed in the game for him to be that other version of. I mean, Sarah, uh, I guess, became that for him in Winners at War, uh, but I'm not sure if Sarah was ready to be that person for him in Survivor Kagiyan. Uh, let me I, ask one one last question. Alex Kim wants to know how would Jeffra fare in Winners at War? Dave, this one's for you. <laughs> Tailor made for you. She'd make the merge. Uh, it'd be you know it, it wouldn't would not be a bland season. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> get some great edge confessionals when she's inevitably voted yeah. out. Uh, All right, yeah. Jeffra, she- let's bring your mom out. Like Jeffra, you're not going to believe what we have to tell them this time. I had to tell everybody that you were hitchhiking across the country and left your phone home. So if anybody asks you, you were hitchhiking. <laughs> Top five season, baby. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my now my my ultimate fear now is uh, instead of being known for sticking around for five hours, it's just going to be. Is that the guy that thinks Jeffra's <laughs> really good? Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's your thing. Yeah, I'll own it. That's fine. Okay, I, I, there, there are worse things. <laughs> All right, so let's go to our survey. Let's see what the listeners had to say about Survivor Kagiyan. All right, who's the MVP of the season, Puya? It's Tony. Yeah, it's Tony. Yeah, it's yeah, no way. And you'll yeah. like this also. Uh, Tony with uh, sixty-nine point sixty-nine percent of the vote. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Double 69? Double 69. Those are weird. Double 69, yeah. yeah. Is, is Spencer second? Spencer second. 18.33%. Uh, Cass is third with 6.8%. All right. Which one-time player would you most like to see come back and play again in a future season? Can I guess the rankings? Yes. Uh, one, Trish. Two, Jatia. Three, LJ. Okay. Where's Bryce? Yeah. Uh, oh, I, I didn't factor in how much. Uh, I'm thinking too much of like a survivor subreddit. Okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I'll put I'll, I'll replace LJ with Bryce. Yes, uh, in uh, a runaway, forty-seven percent of the vote uh, want to see man Bryce come back wow. and play again. Good, I support that. We got you wrong. Yeah, uh, and in all seriousness, uh, I think he will play again. And I think he's going to do great. I don't, I don't want to put that evil on him. Uh, but I do think that Bryce... That. Uh, I think Bryce will play again, and I think Bryce will do very well. Uh, then Trish uh, was second, uh, 21.96%. Uh, Jatia had 9.47% uh, percent of the vote. All right. Which name in the list made you pause and say, wait, who's that? Puglia, who is it? Oh, um, um, what's it called? Exactly. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. This, yeah. Um, honestly, if not for the tweets game that has made this pot, that has become popular on these podcasts, yeah. Alexis would have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Lindsay, I had forgotten about for a hot minute. So yeah. Lindsay is also in the mix. It's got to yeah. be. Um, Lindsay, it is. 45.45. I guess there's a lot of doubles in uh, these rankings. Uh, Alexis Maxwell, 22.26%. Uh, and David Sampson, 10.76%. Okay. Uh, who's the most underrated player of the season? What do you think, Dave? I think they're going to... Well, man, now I got... I'm going to go with Trish. That's my instinct. I think they're going to say Trish. Puya. If not Trish, it would be Spencer, but I also think it's Trish. 
Uh, Spencer didn't even uh, make it to the podium here for underrated player. Uh, Trish, 36%. Tasha, 19.56%. Cass, 17.9%. All right. Who got the Natalie Cole Award for best pre-merge boot? What do you think, Puya? It's got to be our boy Bryce. Otherwise, this is a wild, wild game. You're right. Bryce, it is 46%. Jatia of 25.68%. Cliff Robinson of 15.24%. All right. We ask the listeners every week, rate the winners from 1 to 40. 1 is the best game. 40 is the worst game. Dave, where do you think the listeners ranked Tony 1.0? And this is the, so the average of what they said, right? The average of what they said. And then I will tell you what the play set is overall. I would go, I'll say like, I know what you've. I know that. Can you tell me what Kim's average was again? Is that so, cheating? Yeah, that uh, so Kim is currently number two on the list. Uh, she had a five point eight eight ranking. Okay, I'll just go an even five average for for Tony. Mm-hmm. What twelve? Ooh. So we'll split the difference. Eight point zero nine. This is the third overall. This is that's way too high. Yeah, y'all I think are being if you, like you way think- too kind to Tony. Like Tony, <laughs> Tony two is number one. No problem there. No problem there with Tony two playing the best game. Uh, but this was How not would you- the third best winning game of all time. Before rewatching, where would would you think you would have ranked him a little higher? Uh, well, uh, that I would have had like uh, I, I would I would say go with I would say lower uh, in Sorry, in, in, the, in the rankings. Uh, I'm not sure where I had him in the evolution of strategy. I think I probably had him at like seven or eight, and I think I was being kind there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just there's so many mistakes that he makes, uh, and so so many like uh, that. You know, I feel like I've said about Tony before. Like the guy runs like uh, you know a uh, hundred miles to go like forty five feet. Uh, like I guess he gets there, but it's the the efficiency is just like uh, brutal. I think also the god idol, also like the yeah, fact that, that he sort of benefits from like the, the he has elite skills, but makes so many mistakes along the way. Like it's just the game is so sloppy, you know. Uh, that I don't think that he should be ahead of Todd. You know, I don't think he should be ahead of Jeremy. Uh, I don't think he should be ahead of you know Yule. Uh, Boston Robin, Redemption Island, you know, Tom Westman, Natalie yeah. Tyson, you know, I, I think it's, it's, it, the game here is just so messy, fun, <laughs> extremely fun. But if you're going to go rank it on like the, the, the strength of this particular game, I mean, he doesn't win any immunity challenges along the way here. Yeah. It goes zero. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is this season... Too high, too low, or just right? What do you What do you think, Dave? Oh, they're going to say too high, just based well, off of the tweet say? replies. What alone. do you say? Oh, what do I say? I say too high by about one. I really do like Pearl Islands, I, mm-hmm. and I know this is contradiction to what I said. I, Kagayan is my favorite season because of how I experienced it in real time. So it's mm-hmm. my favorite. Like, I don't know. I just feel the best about it. But if I'm t- thinking about storytelling and everything else, I would put it like third or probably third. Mm-hmm. Right, Pearl Islands second. Yeah. We have a thought on this. I co-sign too high simply because 
and and y'all know this, but Cambodia is my favorite. So ah. Cambodia was my number one. Uh, however, I think I mean I I still think the season's good. On the rewatch, I was like, oh, I think I liked it more before than I do now. But also, I'm watching it after a, like a three, four years in between of watching other seasons. Potentially, that's kind of changed some things. Seeing Tony play again has changed some things. But I think like it's still in the top five conversation, so that's easily done. So when I say too high, I don't mean like extremely high, but just a little higher. Okay. Uh, the audience says just right, fifty-eight percent. Thirty percent said too high. Eleven uh, percent said uh, too low, and uh, way too many people in my mentions uh, <laughs> said that they have a major problem with it. Not my list. Yeah. Uh, that's yeah. my list. That's yeah. a, that's a really I mean, good I example. I guess I told you my list. I guess it is my list. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, yeah, that proves that Twitter is not really, uh, you know, the accurate mm-hmm. uh, version of what's going yeah. on. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Uh, you know what we're doing next week? It's the final season of the forty-week rewatch. Uh, it was uh, thirty-nine weeks ago that we started this journey. Next week. We're bringing it home. Survivor heroes versus villains. Uh, Chappelle, Shannon, Gus should be a a great panel. Uh, This week on Wednesday, I will be live with Jordan Kalish and Christopher Lyons for the continuation of our Survivor Kagiyan feedback. Uh, You can find that in our Patreon, uh, robswebsite.com slash Patron. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about, about what else is going on uh, these days besides the heroes versus villains. Uh, next week, we have been previewing the Survivor 41 cast, and uh, Mike Bloom and I talked about the last batch of six uh, Survivor contestants. Uh, get ready for that. You can listen to our interviews. Dave, you pumped up for season 41? I'm so excited. Like I said, it's been 15 months, something yeah. along those lines. So I'm ready. I, you know, I. I'm excited about the cast. I, again, the 26 day thing, I'm going to have to get used to it, but you know, I, like It'll all things, fine. I'll, I'll see how it goes. I, yeah, you're very pro or generally pros. I, I'm not, but it's fine. I'll get It'll over it. Fine. I'm not used to change. Dave, don't worry about it. You're not going to notice. I'll need like a daily, you know, therapy tweet from you. That's going to be okay, but I'll, I'll do my best. Yeah, you'll be, you'll be fine. <laughs> okay. All right. Survivor 41. Uh, that podcast is up now. Uh, check that out. Rob's website.com on uh, Wednesday night. Uh, we will be back together for big brother 23. It'll be uh, Melissa, uh, Denny, Brian Scally, Asia, and me talking about uh, Wednesday night. The Zingbot is going to be uh, back on uh, Dave. You know about the Zingbot? I do know about the Zingbot. Yeah. That's yeah. Yeah. The the one season I watched, I watched it thoroughly, uh, too thoroughly. Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't recommend you, 19 as a starter. Yeah, you may have gotten one of the best zings ever on that season. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you did get to see that at least. That's good. That's good. Yeah. All right, check that out on Wednesday night. Of course, uh, this week on The Slop, uh, Frail Mary joined me to talk about everything that was going on in the sloppy world of uh, Big Brother, including uh, many of the complaints uh, that Kylan had on social media. Uh, had a lot of fun with Frail Mary. Check that out in our patron podcast feed at robswebsitecom slash patron. Then we also have uh, coming up, oh, The Circle Season three is back. Taryn and I got to talk about the premiere of The Circle season three. Uh, There's a bunch of uh, new players, uh, a couple of catfishes, some twists. 
We'll talk about that all, and we'll get together again uh, this weekend for our roundtable panel. Uh, we'll be doing weekly roundtables of The Circle after uh, we discuss the premiere coming up on Wednesday. Then, Puyo, tell me about the latest uh, 90 Day Fiance where Kirsten McKinnis stopped by. The, like yeah, Kirsten, like uh, the uh, ex husband of one of the couples. Yeah, comes in like Leandro. No, Kirsten loved the show. So it was her first experience with it. She watched two episodes, came through, talked to me about all of it, which was great. Rob, I don't know if you've started yet. I'm I telling watched the you, first episode. Is... I haven't seen the second episode yet. And are you enjoying yourself? Was it a good first episode experience? I, I liked it, but I don't have a favorite couple yet. That's good. I'll I'll wait to find out that. But yeah, no, it's been it's been lovely. And Kirsten joined me and talked about everything, and it was a good time. She did. She genuinely did enjoy the show, which was great. Check that up. Check that out in our wrap ups feed or the ninety day uh, fiance podcast feed to hear from Mister Ninety yeah. Day Fiance. Of course, uh, we got so much going on over on Patreon right now between everything with Big Brother and then also everything that we have coming up on Survivor, including uh, the Survivor Q and A, which is back. We'll be answering all your preseason Survivor questions. Rob is website dot com slash a patron for all of that. Great time to uh, get in on all of the fun here at the start of the new Survivor season. We're back, baby. Of course. Check Check out robberswebsite.com slash offers for everything from our sponsors. And then click the subscribe button on uh, YouTube. Uh, We're getting closer every day to uh, six-digit subscribers on uh, YouTube. One day, with your help, we may get there. Uh, Then, of course, Robin's podcast on Twitter, at RHAP Grams. And then even on TikTok, at Robin's podcast. Dave, we need to do more. Uh, yeah, I, I, you know, happy to be a, you know, consult for free on that. Maybe I'll uh, have the Washington Post follow it for a day and see if anyone notices. Mm-hmm. I like to, I do that sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Dave. Uh, that I have, I have ideas about th- uh, things to do on TikTok, and I say, you know, I can't do cool stuff like Dave is doing. But you can, you can. It just takes. Is there, it, it just is there a the- resource that that's out there that I that would help me be able to? Wow. What a great yeah. question. Uh, there's this book <laughs> I wrote called yeah. Make a TikTok Every Day. Yes. Uh, yes. So you could, you could certainly go here for that. Uh, there is 365 ideas within this book. Um, but again, I'm here as a Survivor fan, so I don't, I don't want to promote it too much. But you can also just tweet me. If you have an idea, uh, I'm, I'm an open book, and so is this. But mm-hmm. uh, just let me know, and I'm happy to, like to give any book. advice. Yeah. Or and yeah, that's, that's, that's a good point. If you have half a million followers, you'll do it. So <laughs> that's you're <set>. right. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. it's even an idea. I'm in. Yeah, <laughs> I already. And we said it. That's that's the level. Okay, uh, Dave. It was so nice to have you here. Uh, I'm sure that uh, now you've made uh, even more new friends after spending uh, so much time with us. Uh, where can people keep up with you? Uh, first of all, thank you so much for having me. I hope I I hope I uh, Anytime, kept the energy Dave. up. Uh, this was fantastic. Okay, I hope I hope you I hope you meet it because uh, I, I you really want to talk about Survivor Forty One. Yeah, of course. You guys, one hundred percent. You you let me know and I'll be there if, if I assuming I can and I can. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, but uh, if you want to hear my sometimes Survivor hot takes, which confuses everyone else in my Twitter feed, I'm at Dave Jorgensen. I do that like once every couple of weeks just to throw people off. Uh. So I'm there, and of course, you know, on TikTok, uh, I am on TikTok as at Dave Jorgensen as well. But you can also follow the Washington Post. I don't. Uh, I don't post too much my personal account. There's not enough time. <laughs> not enough so, time. Okay. Uh, yeah. Not time to make two TikToks every day. 
Well, I, I do make two every day for the post and that's oh, uh, even good. that is, uh, yeah, a, a third one. That's yeah, I can't do it. You know, I can make a five hour podcast, but I think it would take me about uh, four weeks to make a 20 second video. <laughs> I think you could do it. I think, you, and I, I told the same thing to Tyson. Like, it's really, you just got to find mm. your thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Dave, uh, then I'm up to try it. Okay, good. All right. And Puya, where can people keep up with you? Uh, people can find me on Twitter at Puyaism, but I do stream on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Puya. I try and stream about three, four times a week. We have good content going on there. So definitely come through, give a follow, give a view will be appreciated. We've already talked about 90 Day Fiancé, so you can find that 90 Day Fiancé wrap-up, of course. And in about two weeks' time, Mass Singer is coming back. Me and my partner and everything, Liana Boris, will be back once again to cover Season 6 of The Mass Singer. They're already doing too much with some of these rule changes, so you know we're going to be outraged just the appropriate amount for everything. And then, of course, Big Brother still has a couple weeks on it. I will still be there Friday morning to talk about all the occurrences on the live feeds with Taryn Armstrong at 11 a.m. Eastern over on the Big Brother wrap up feed as well. Mm-hmm. Puya Fridays have been uh, incredible this uh, season. Thank you, Rob. Appreciate that. Yeah, this Puya Friday is yeah. going to be Nicole's birthday also. Ooh. Ooh, I will make sure to shout her out. Extra special. Extra special day. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, Puya, great to have you back here. I'm glad that we were able to uh, work this out after uh, we didn't get you on your favorite season on Cambodia. Which you and Christian rocked and did more than justice to. Yeah, I was moving, so I couldn't make it. But I got to be here, and I got to be here with you and Dave, so I win. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. All right. I used that podcast for an entire week of workout. I worked out, like, and I don't (laughs) normally do this, but I worked out five times that week. Swole now. Just, yeah. So if you guys really, like, if you're looking for a workout plan, just commit to listening to that podcast mm-hmm. for a week. Mm-hmm. If you do that, it'll, it'll be great. All right. Well, thank you, everybody, so much for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday night to close the book on this thing. We talk Survivor Heroes versus Villains. I'm so excited. All right. Uh, take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye. Support for this podcast comes from our friends over at Geico. Do you own or rent your home? Sure you do, and it's hard work, but you know it's easy bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your home and car insurance. It's a good thing, too. You're busy enough. Go to geico.com, get a quote, see how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit geico.com today.